Right, esteemed listeners, here we are then, live from the Legends Lounge, Swindon Town Football Club, for today's Vitality FA Cup second round clash. Swindon Town Women Football Club versus Plymouth Argyle Women's Football Club. And I am delighted to say that we are kicking off the show in superb style with a smorgasbord of talent. <laughs> I have got the captain, Alice Hello. Bowden. Hello, how are you, Alice? Okay. I'm very well. I've got um, the a fellow member of the Goalkeepers Union, Emily McGrogan. Hello. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, very well. Thank you for joining us. And I've got Twinkle Toes herself, Helena Diaz Butcher, the lady that puts all the chances on a plate. How are we, ladies? Good, thanks. Well, so okay, like it, we're in that lovely spot, aren't we? Before a an enormous game, it's the calm before the storm. But what a backdrop for you, ladies! What a backdrop! What I mean, look, what does it mean to you know when 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 Clem took the club over? I think one of the first things that he said was that you were, you know, the, the, women, the women's team was a real priority, bringing it under the umbrella of Swindon Town Football Club per se. Um, and for me, as a fan, I was like, well, that's got to mean games at the county ground. And before he'd even sort of said a word about it happening, here we are, your second one in a matter of weeks. How's it feel? Oh, it feels amazing. I've been at the club 10 years, so for Clem to actually want to have the women's team as close knit as he has done has been amazing. And it's just dri driven the girls to try and play better so we can have more games here. Mm -hmm. So it's a good atmosphere today. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's almost like it's a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy for, for you ladies, isn't it? Like the, the, the harder you work, the better you play. Um, you know, the more, you know, the more people are going to want to come and watch you, the more people, obviously, after the, the, the fun and games of the Lionesses in the summer, the more and more people in this country taking the women's game seriously. And you've got this golden opportunity where you've got this owner that's like literally flung the doors open to you and gone, right, come on in. And now he's put the challenge out there to the to the fans as well. And so, yeah, like it's it's a really interesting point you make there, Alex. Like he like you, you know, by being here, you've got. You've got a team of, of, of people. You've got to kind of almost like want to earn the right to do it more and more and more. So it's not just a pretty backdrop, is it? It really is about lifting performance. It is. Obviously, we've got a big squad. So the girls are not only just competing for places from the squad, but it's also trying to compete to be able to play games like this. So I think at training, our training's gone from zero to 100 very quickly because everyone wants that opportunity not only to play, but to be able to play in big games like this. So it's only beneficial for us. And that's all down to Clem, really, just trying to drive us to get to the next step. So, Alice, you like you say, you've been at the club for 10 years, all right? So, try and, for people that might be new to the Women's Football Club, myself was a prime example of that. Try and try and give us a, an idea of the sort of step change in, 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 I guess, in performance levels, in attitude, etc. What are the tangibles that, that you've seen? So, 10 years, 10 years ago, coming into this club, obviously, there's still people around like Roger Martin that, who are in the committee, were still around. But it was like, we only had a manager and assistant manager. Whereas this season and the last season and a half, maybe we've had assist we've had not only assistant managers, but we've had backroom staff as in physios, um, strength and conditioning coaches, making plans for fitness. Whereas 10 years previous to that, we didn't have anything like that. Mm -hmm. When I came here, I was playing for a club that we would just do five a side for training every week. Mm -hmm. Now we're training twice a week for not for about an hour at a gym at the gym before and then an hour and a half after mm -hmm. with the ball. So it's not only getting that physical work, but it's also getting the technical side as well. Yep. Getting match day planners before a game, knowing what your role's responsibilities are, what's expected of you before you even turn up. So you know 
on a Sunday, you're in the mind frame already, knowing what we have to do, what we have to, where we have to be, and things like that. So it has changed dramatically. And how has that? How has that been for you, Alice? Like making that adjustment? Was it for you? It's almost like you've almost been that kind of caged tiger mentality because you've always wanted that, or has it been something you've had to grow and adjust to as as time's gone on? So previous before I was before I was captain before, and I actually left to go to uh, Oxford. For a period of time. But going to a club like that really showed me that they're only the league above, but showed me what a club should be like, so yep. what training should be like, what um, game day should be like, how we should be expecting players to turn up to training. Like, mm-hmm. And when I came, I only left for a few months. I came back due to like personal reasons. But coming back, that was something I said to the manager at that time. This is what we should be like. This yep. is what we need to be like. And they tried to put that into the club. And James and KP this season have really instrumented that. Yep. So people that have come from higher league clubs or clubs that were starting to do that have really seen that we are a professional, starting to become such a professional setup. So uh, so I'm, I'm a big one on fr- what I refer to as frames of reference, Alice. Um, so you've kind of seen, you've seen these massive changes, but I mean, to come to you, Emily, you've, you've stepped into this as like, you know, a, a new sort of fresh face into this football club. So what's the perspective like for you? So you, you obviously arrive at this, at this club as a, um, as a young, very talented goalkeeper, um, you've not got the kind of historic references that Alice has got where it's turn up and father side for training. What does it feel like for you coming into Swindon? What's your perspectives coming into Swindon Town? Um, I still think it's a massive step. Obviously, I played youth football. So, obviously, you turn up, you do a few jogs around the pitches and you'd start your game. Um, but here, you know, you've got every, like, backroom stuff you can think of, making sure that, like, you're in your best sort of shape, ready for a game. So, mm-hmm. it is, like, professional in that sense. But... I still think that we've got a bit of a way to go, but I still think that we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. So, again, for you, this must be like dreamland, really, Emily, because, I mean, you know, tender tender age that you are. You're an imposing figure. For Are you still 17, Emily? You, I'm you 18, 18 now. You're 18 Woo! now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we could take... The bar is open, Emily. The bar is open. But so, right, so look, 18 years old, but you're an imposing figure for an 18-year-old. You know, you've got the height, you've got the presence. What... um you're, um, you know, you you sort of you arrive at Swindon Town and like literally within a matter of, I guess, again for you, a matter of weeks after the season starts, you're suddenly playing in front of a sort of fifteen thousand capacity stadium. Like that must be quite a journey for you. It is a crazy thing from going to like just a few parents on the sidelines. Obviously, everyone like screaming and shouting, and you do feel that when you're on the pitch. But it is a massive step. Yeah. What was the noise like for you against Poulton? The 10 nil well, game. I don't talk on the pitch anyway, but I bet they didn't hear me. <laughs> 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 I, I, that must have been quite something. So, you know, obviously pushing 800 people in the, like you said, you go from a few parents on the touchline to 800 odd people in the stands. That must have been a hell of a sea change for you because, I mean, the, the noise for me was surprising and I was sat in and amongst it. So, again, like for, as a relatively tender aged goalkeeper, to suddenly go from youth football. <laughs> to this incredible sort of... I mean, Alice has been on this journey, but there you are, you're out on the pitch. I mean, what must that feel like? Are you a town fan, Emily? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, please I don't. don't. even watch football. No, no, no we'll take that. No, 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 we'll take that. Hey, listen, Emily, I'll tell you for a fact, I work, I've worked in football for a very, very long time, and there are some footballers that you would not believe if I told you don't like football. There are people that literally couldn't get two hoops. It's just their job, so don't worry, you wouldn't be alone. But... <laughs> So, and lanes. 
Twinkle Toes herself. Lanes, lanes, lanes. So, um, again, similar for you. You've been on a similar journey to Alice in terms of you kind of had a very, very different perspective on what Swindon Town women were like before mm-hmm. you've got what you've got now. What does today like mean for you? You know, the, if you will, there's no double header. Everyone that's going to be here is coming to watch you guys. Like that is, that's quite something. You're making me nervous. (laughs) (laughs) You're making me nervous. (laughs) Um, I think there are nerves. I think we're all a bit nervous. But I think we're all so excited. Like it's our second time Mm. as well. We've been for breakfast as a team. We've been for breakfast. Yeah, so we're ready. I've done a little surprise for the girls in the change room. So it's just trying to boost everyone, like get the nerves away. Calm. It's a normal game day. Yeah, and let's get rough some. Play the game, not the play the game, not the occasion, as they like to say. But so, but I mean, it's it's an interesting one though, Lanes. You mentioned there, obviously, we've had a game here before, so you've played here before. Poulton was obviously uh, it was an absolute thumping, but you girls really put on an incredible show for us against Poulton. So thank you for that, genuinely. Uh, There's a couple of things I'm going to mention about that, about uh, you know a, a personal journey, personal opinions and stuff. And I tweeted about it last night, but. To, to what extent does Paulton help you today? Because you've kind of, if you will, you've you've sort of broken, you broke the ground, didn't yeah. you? You broke the ground. Does that help you feel a little bit more settled, a little bit more comfortable in the environment? Or, or does this feel like home? Because, hey, you're swimming town, right? It's well, It is weird playing here. Like, it is it is an occasion for all of us. It is different. But then we also obviously played here before, so we know that, like, you can't do as much running because it is huge. Like, I was puffing up <laughs> 20 minutes. I was like, breathe. Like, but, I don't know. Just excitement, I think. Nerves. So, interesting thing, I mentioned I tweeted about it last night. Um, it would be fair to say that a year's a long time in football. All right? A year's a very long time in football. Um, it would be fair to say that I wasn't necessarily a hater of women's football, of which, I've, having, of having worked in the industry for a long time, there are certainly people that feel that women's football has been forced on them at the moment in a way that it's a bit like, well, look, you know... I you know, if I want to follow it, I want to follow it. So um, I, I don't think I was quite as kind of militant in my view as that. But I was a little bit, listen, like I live on the London Kent border. To come and support Swindon Town is, is a big step for me anyway. To then double my workload to come and support, for want of a better word, to come and support Swindon Town. You know, that was kind of where my mind was at. But lo and behold, here we are. I could genuinely last night. I was so excited to get here. And I'm talking as a fan, not somebody that's broadcasting. I promise I'm not just saying this because I'm I am brought I'm recording this and broadcasting this, <laughs> you and you to. lovely ladies are sat in front of me. I'm being totally sincere. I think the thing that really gets me is um, you guys have been brilliant in terms of letting us understand and get to know the personalities. You know, Lane's obviously us as a show. We sponsor yourself and Annie, yeah. and that gave us a kind of nice window to sort of, or if you will, almost like a, a door in a foot in through yeah. the door. And then, obviously, Alice, we had you on the show this week, and you were you were at your ebullient best. You were you were great. You were great, great fun. Um, so, I think really what what is in, increasingly dawning on me when I break down what I love about Swindon Town, the football actually what I see out on the pitch is actually a relatively it's a decent portion of the day, and it is really important. But it's all the other stuff around the outside. It's the communities, the personalities, it's your stories, it's the journeys that you're all on. It's getting to go on that journey with you. Um, do you get a sense that more and more people are waking up to that sort of train of thought? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Like, but I think even we are, like as a team this year, we like you said, like it's not just about what's on the pitch. Like collectively as a team, we've really come together this year. Like mm. I don't think it could have been worse from the back room that we had last year, really. It was a little bit down by the end of the season, but this season we've all really pulled together, and that's 
half the reason we want to come is not just to play football, it's to see each other, it's to have the camaraderie, it's to have the banter, it's to enjoy being with each other. And working well on the pitch is just reaping the reward from what we enjoy to be with each other all day. Mm. Well, I think, I mean, listen, the, the, you know, Poulton was the last game that I saw. Um, you guys have been, unfortunately, blighted with quite a lot of call-offs and postponements, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Um, so, from that point of view, you know, it's not like you've had a, a, an absolutely jam-packed schedule. I'm sure, however, tra- training has been intense. Is that fair to say in between? <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot on Thursday. So, you've got, um, obviously, big game today. So, you've got, try and, for people that don't necessarily understand the kind of big sort of step-ups in, in, the, in the tiers, they're obviously tier three, you guys are tier four. Yeah. What's, what are you expecting in terms of a step-up in quality? Because they're obviously at the, at the bottom of the tier above you. You're kind of at near the top of the tier below. If you were to kind of like follow kind of typical football parlance, that's going to mean that it should be a pretty close game today, we'd be expecting. Mm-hmm. But what can you guys tell me? What are you expecting? I think a close game. Yeah, I think a close game. I think they're going to have the work rate and the desire to want to come and beat us here. But I think we're, we've got more than enough to be able to not even like, not even to, I don't even know how to say it. Not even to be at the same level as them. I think we've got enough to push on mm. and beat them. So she's not here. So let's quickly talk about her before she gets here because I don't want to put her <laughs> off her stride or fill her head. But how important is it to have somebody that, you know, like Annie Colston or Annie Golston, as we should call her, every time the ball seems to <laughs> touch her foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I said we'll, we'll do this bit before she gets it. Um, how important is it? I guess if you're on the, if you're as an opposition, but also like as someone as a teammate, how important is it to have someone in your side like Annie that you know if you give her a chance in around the 18 yard box, she's going to hit the target? I mean that in terms of how that affects your confidence. Obviously, all great teams have a great goal scorer. Is that fair to say that Annie's that figure in your team? Yeah, you just know that you can try and work the play to her, and she will try to create something. She's not someone that will just go alone or try and do something from way out. She will try to either dribble the ball in and create something with Lane, Meg, someone else, or she will. She just has that touch of brilliance that can just, even if it's not scoring a goal, I think it just boosts everyone's mentality and confidence. And it's like, okay, right, Annie's done that. Let's, next next ball I get, I'm going to create something now. And it's just a momentum that just keeps pushing everyone else. And sometimes you need a player like that. So mm. at the back, that could be me smashing someone, getting the ball, and that drives everyone else to be like, right, come on, yeah, let's keep going. And I think when you are when you need a goal or you're 1-0 down and you need someone like Annie to score a goal, she is the one person that we look at to try and help drive the team and confidence to try and get something. And, I mean, again, from a, from a kind of confidence point of view, Annie's kind of been there, done it, hasn't she? You know, she's played at, sort of, you know, she's played right up the tiers. She's got loads of experience. What must she be like to play alongside for you, Lane? So somebody that's trying to put chances on a plate for her, is, <laughs> what, can you describe what it's like, again, playing alongside someone that you know is going to make the right runs? You know, she will get her shots off. What's that like? Genuinely, like last season, we could not find each other. Like, we just didn't have that relationship. And I feel like through, like, growing our friendship, we've, like, just, that relationship just kind of come. So, like, obviously, I know if I'm tired, I know that if I keep running and I put a ball in, more than likely Annie will be there. So it is like a motivation for me as well. And like, she's not a typical greedy striker either. Like she's more than happy to put it on a plate for me. Yeah. As well. It's like a love story. Right? <laughs> 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 just, 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 
But, I, but it's interesting you say that about Annie, actually, because as a personality, she's someone we've been able to spend quite a lot of time with as a show, like getting to know her. And I've uh, over the years, I've, I've met lots of strikers from top Premier League strikers right the way through into the non-leagues. And they've always got that. You, you tend to find it. Law of averages is they're, they're, you mentioned about Annie not being that selfish kind of striker as personalities. It's almost like you see a little twinkle in their eye. They'll still, even if you're 4-0 down, if they score, they're kind of like, well, I've done my job. You don't get that impression with Annie at all. She's more than happy to sit on a plate for me. Yeah. <laughs> Those times it happens. I think that's what we were saying earlier, how close we all are and how much we enjoy to be with each other. I think that shows by people not being greedy, by people mm. wanting to help each other out. It's a team game and I think this year we really are a team. So we talked about Plymouth. Go back to Plymouth. Just a couple of questions I have. So we'll get the Annie segment done. But, oh yeah, you've got to scoot on. Yeah. Well, well, look if you if you guys have got to scoot off, please do and go with our absolute best wishes. Um, local bragging rights ish for them. Don't <laughs> let's um in the same way that we ruin their party. The men's team went and ruined their party when over their new stand. I'm sure you're not going to let them come and ruin your party today. Um, have a top 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 day. Keep it clean back there, Emily. Keep it clean. Safe hands. Yeah, we'll be we'll be roaring you on. So we're going to be we'll be we'll be pitch side. We'll be up in the stands. We'll we be wait, you cheering you on throughout, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. Take the good care. Wow, wow, esteemed listeners. So Emily McGrogan, goalkeeper extraordinaire, Lane's Diaz Butcher, um, right winger. And Alice Bowden, captain and centre half of Swindon Town Women's Football Club. Well, I think um, some interesting takeouts um, from from there. Really, certainly listening to Alice talking about um, the sort of step up in in uh, in professionalism is, I think, the thing that that strikes me the most. Um, I think the um, uh, the, the there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, intimidation. Uh, for Swindon Town women being a tier four club, uh, taking on a team that are at the lower reaches of tier three. So I think that's also really positive, really exciting. Um, I think there's a real um, steely, calm air um, around around the three girls. And also there's a really good vibe around the county ground. I've been around the bowels, for want of a better word, of the stadium today. Um, met Roger, who's obviously on the committee of the of the women's football team. Roger is um, has got a nice, cool uh, sort of air of confidence around him. And um, I, I've, got a, I've got a sneaky feeling it's going to be Swindon's day. But listen, joining me a little late, a little better late than never, fashionably late, is a uh, fellow Sir Tom Broadbent uh, Lounge uh, panellist, Ellis Holloway. Ellis, good morning. Morning. Ellis, you've just missed the captain, Ooh. the goalkeeper and the winger. have just had to scuttle off because they're now starting their pre-match duties. But some fascinating conversations, which we'll get on to, and yeah. I'll, I will tap into our conversations as we move forward. What... Um, <laughs> I said to the girls, Ellis, I'm going to frame it to you like this. Yeah. A year's a long time in football, isn't it? Yes. And in the space of a year, the women's game in, in Britain, it's fair to say, with the help of the Lionesses, has been absolutely supercharged, doesn't it? 100%, yeah. Like like you said, the Lionesses, is, it, it's boosted it so much. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie, before, before this year, I've never been to watch women's game of football. And, um, well... Missed out, didn't I? Yeah, well, and, and listen, I've just had that conversation with the three ladies directly, Ellis. 
you know, I made the point, like, unashamedly, I said, like, you know, I wasn't quite sort of militantly against women's football, but I did feel there was a little bit of kind of force yeah. feeding going on. Yeah. And and that's my, the, the problem there lies with me, not anybody else, because from my perspective, it was a little bit like, well, look, you know, I've got to travel 120 miles to watch Swindon yeah. Town play. So they'll have to sort of like double my journey, yeah. typically in a week, to come watch two games of football, yeah. just so I can say I'm being inclusive, was for me, like, a, a kind of a bit of a big step. Yeah. Um, However, having said that, I think the, the, the masterstroke was us getting involved with the women's football team as, yeah. as sponsors of a couple of their kind of, um, you know, a couple of their star players. And then being given the opportunity to get a foot in through the door, get to know the personalities. Yeah. And then I just had an epiphany a few months back, Ellis, where it really just occurred to me that, you know, we, and we said this to the girls, the football on the pitch obviously is important and we come here to watch a game of football. But I've now got this wonderful opportunity around the outskirts to do what I kind of really enjoy doing yeah. when I come to watch the men's team play, which yeah. is get to get to see my mates, you know, get, you know, get a couple of points in, in enjoy the, enjoy the patter around the pitch, you know, enjoy a game of football. Mm. Um, and then all the post-match stuff as well. And the journey's up, the journey's back, you know, quality family time, all that stuff's still there. 100%. And so the penny has well and truly dropped for me. Um, and, but I cannot, I cannot help but think it's a little bit of a virtuous circle here, Alice. Because the more and more we're getting to know the personalities and the more and more those personalities are stepping up with the performance levels and showing us more professionalism and a better quality of football, the more and more that we're going to want to come and do this sort of yeah, stuff, 100%. right? And so it's, it's almost like a snowball effect, isn't it? Yeah. And that was why the doubleheader game was good as well, because um, you said you, you struggled to get here as it is. So if you're already here, you can just stay on, watch the game of football, and then, then, then you can realise that they can play good football and you can, it draws people in. You're going to want to keep, keep watching and get to know the players. And yeah, just, just, it's, it's going to be a good day today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So what would you say, Ellis, if, if you're listening into this show now, right, and you are, you have your kind of preconceptions about a women's game um, or maybe, and those are the things that are maybe stopping you getting off your ass and getting yeah. down to the county ground today. Um, what would you say to them? Because I mean, because from my perspective, it's not like, you know, if you if we reflect on Poulton, I think, you know, the patterns of play, the pass and move, yeah. you know, Annie in front of goal, absolutely clinical, you know, lanes out on the wing, you know, sort of literally those rapier thrusts in from yeah. the right-hand side, um, incredible wing play, loads of skill. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, we're watching... Um, it's not like we're watching sort of like, you know, awkward football, people falling over, all looking a little bit daft. It's, and it's ferocious as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah. The question I would ask people as to why they wouldn't want to watch is just why. Like, why would, why would, why is the reason as to not want to watch the football? Because it's, I think too many times you see people comparing the men's game to the women's game, saying, oh, the women would never beat the men. But, that's that's not the point. That's not the point of the women playing. Like you've got to take it as for what it is. We're here to watch a game of football, and they they clearly they, they play good football, don't they? So like yep. you said, like you said, they, they play the ball around, and where to enjoy a game of football at the end of the day. And and I think increasingly, Ellis, I think the thing that I'm really looking for as a as a paying as a paying customer is I want to see a team that are playing under the umbrella of my club and not feeling like they're a bit part. Yeah. You know, actually, I think the, the masterstroke here, I think one of the things that's really kind of got me accepting of it 
and I said this to um, I said this to Tom Hartley, director of football, the women's football yeah. football club. You'll remember a few weeks back <clears throat> when Tom so uh, graciously came on the show. I was like, well, look, for me, it's about actually if I'm going to support my club, it is critical that that club is playing where I come to support my club. Yeah. When I come to the county ground, there's a really, really lovely special field. This morning, the first thing I did when I got here was I had the opportunity to get out and just go and have a look at the pitch. Yeah. You know, I walk around the stadium, the, the place that's really, really important to me, really, really dear. And I got an opportunity to go and do that. Yeah. And that is that is something that, that Cinder Lane and Fairford is not going to give us as a Swindon Town supporting public. Right. So that's why I think being here at the county ground is absolutely critical. And if it can't be at the county ground, Foundation Park, yeah. I think, is also really critical. Um, welcoming Joe. How are you, Joe? <laughs> Good morning. Happy Sunday. <coughs> Happy hangover. Happy hangover. Big night for you. You're actually looking all right, mate. You're looking I quite fresh. I'm, I feel fine. You're I've looking quite a, fresh. I've had a coffee. I'm all up for it. There's nothing like a Milksham pickup in the morning to sort of like liven you up, is there? Well, I've been to Milksham before, but there's nothing there. I saw, well, I saw more pheasants than people. Well, you, there's Ellis. Ellis is there. Ellis is there. What yeah. more do you need? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... So here we are, Joe. Listen, I mean, unfortunately, um, you, you missed the captain. Um, oh, no. You missed Lanes and you missed Emily McGrogan, goalkeeper extraordinaire. Um, but we were saying that um, all three of the girls are really, really pumped, really, really focused. Definitely some nerves on show. Yeah. Um, but there is this general vibe that having played here once before, they kind of almost like they've, they've, they've got that monkey off their back. And, they've been there and done it, haven't they, already? Yeah. It's, yeah. The, I think the, the adrenaline and the sort of, the, the big thing about playing the county ground, especially as most of the girls, probably Swindon Town fans as well, it's, you know, it's massive for them. Mm. But the more they do it, it just becomes second nature, wasn't it? And what, what Alice has really been impressing on us, um, and she spoke about it um, quite a bit in the interview earlier, was that Alice has been at the club now 10 years and she's seen a real step change in professionalism recently. She said, look, from a captain's perspective, to actually see an owner in Clem come into Swindon Town mm. and do exactly what he said he was going to do, which is bring the women under the umbrella of the football club per se, yeah. that they don't feel like this bit bolted on the side. You know, I mean, I, I was, you'll remember the day that we made that decision to sponsor both Annie and Lanes. Both you yeah. and I were absolutely horrified to find out that we've got actual players pulling on the Swindon Town shirt that are paying subs. Yeah, yeah. And, and also not just paying subs, but paying for their petrol mm. and and you know none of none of their kit is being is being sort of you know sorted out for them and all this kind of jazz and i think we were we were like generally appalled or genuinely appalled by that yeah it was lucky as well because that then gave us an opportunity to get to know both of those girls which then gave us a foot in through the door to get to know the women's team a bit i think more. it starts the conversation didn't it yeah and i think you know we've i'm not saying that we we pressed clem because clem obviously came into the football club um and one of his big things, he wanted to sort of improve the women's side, improve the youth team, bring it, as I say, under the umbrella of Swindon Town Football Club. Um, but it's certainly the conversations that we could we could have on the back of that conversation with Banny and Lanes, as you say, it, it was it was astounding, really. It felt very Sunday League. Well, if you think, think about it, though, right, as an owner of a football club, this is an absolute no-brainer to have an opportunity to... You're going to have obviously you've got the men's football on a Saturday. Yeah, you know there there is one of the things that is often said about football clubs, particularly clubs at our level, where you've got to have a grass pitch. Yeah, so you can't just open up the stadium to the to the you know to the the member to the general public like a club like Maidstone can, for example, where they've got the five G astroturf. You can open that up all week and not have to worry about the pitch wearing out. Mm. Marcus Cassidy's coming on the show later. You'll be pleased to know, gentlemen. I've managed to hoodwink him and and come on and give us his 
his uh, hot takes on the women sort of taking uh, taking to his pitch, adding twice the amount of his workload. He's quite chipper about it, by the way. More about later, mm-hmm. but um, but if you get my point, the if you're if you're the owner of a football club and you've got an asset and you want you need to get bums through the door, yeah, it's no brainer. It's a no brainer, yeah, right? It's an belt. absolute no brainer. I think the thing as well with Clem being, <laughs> being an Aussie, I think women's football is massive in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, they they probably have paved the way themselves in America to sort of give England as a country uh, or the UK a bit of a nudge towards making women's football a little bit more um, not exciting as uh, or well, they've got an identity in Australia. The Matildas, they they are the Matildas were were absolute flag bearers, yeah. and 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 they have yeah. For you're absolutely right. They they and the Americans and and the Germans mm. and to an extent the Swedes. Is, well, if you look at America per se, they probably put they probably get bigger attendances for the women's national games than they do the men's games. Mm. They sell out seventy thousand well, seat stadiums for women's games to watch them like superstars in the women's game, like you know Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe. Yeah. They're and, real uh, trailblazers, aren't they? And I know, obviously, the you know it's changing. The you know the MLS is is increased in its its quality and its appeal. Mm. Um, there are more clubs. There are better quality players, and you've only got to see what you know a um, a team that was made up by a lot of lads that have come up through the MLS before then departing did to England. Um, you know, a matter of two days ago. But yeah. the um, you know there I have grown up in an era where. If you mention to America, there's a lot of business in America, and the Americans would talk about soccer being a women's sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's un- it's unsurprising, right? And and if it's a women's sport that is attracting a lot of investment and a lot of players and a lot of quality, and obviously the the college system over there as well, yeah. giving people you know they, these guys will have sporting programs yeah. that that doesn't exist over here or hasn't existed up until very recently. We've got Ashley sat just to my right here. Ashley will tell you that in the last 12 months, you know, football programmes have started up at her secondary school that are giving her a real opportunity to play competitive football. So, yeah, if you will, if, if, if England was the birthplace of football, it certainly wasn't the kind of the hotbed or the birthplace of women's football, no, was it? No. Um, and we were almost like, I think, having to, we were having to play catch-up. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. I think the biggest thing, obviously is the exposure that Sky Sports have given women's football over the last couple of years. Mm. Having regular slots on Sky Sports every weekend, the WSL, um, the BBC showing the Women's FA Cup games as well, the finals at Wembley, obviously, beforehand it would be played at maybe an Ashton Gate or yep. uh, not the National Stadium. Um, there's been a massive push in sort of the, the availability for people to watch women's football. Um, the Lioness is obviously doing amazing in the Euros. Um, See, I'm, I'm going to... It's been pushed over the last year, I think tenfold. I think the interest has gone mental for it. I, I hope, I hope, I really, really hope that I'm not going to be rubbing people up the wrong way today with where my brain's at. Because I'm just openly saying that I'm on a real journey of discovery myself here. Mm. I love football. Yeah. That, that's never been a, a debate. If I'm walking through the park and I see a game of football, it doesn't matter whether it's a women's team, men's team, whatever. I'm going to stop and I'm going to probably have a little look, watch of the football. Yeah. Would I pay to go and watch the football in a park? No. Um, however, would I pay to come and watch a team at the county ground that have an identity that is part of my club? A hundred percent, yes. And would I? Do I? Am I feeling increasingly um, engaged with this women's football club because we are getting to know the personalities and we are seeing that they are really, really striving to be 
so bloody professional mm. you know they are raising the bar they are challenging themselves they are pushing themselves the, the thing that's fascinating me at the moment with Swindon Town Women's Football Club is that is that journey and I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm part of it and I, I just urge anyone that's listening to kind of you know sort of give, give like give it that opportunity just to be clear n- none of this coverage today like we're not being paid to do this guys are we I've, I've literally I've driven around from the London Kent border to do this you know, Ellis, you've come up from Melksham today, yeah. so you still had a good 45-minute run. You know, Joe, you've come right up from Hampshire to do this. You know, Ashley's joined me. She's got out of her bed this morning. She's a teenager getting out of her bed on a Sunday to come and do this. <laughs> but, um, you know, just we want people to want people to come and join the journey, right? We want, people to, we want more people to they're dip wearing, their toe in. They're wearing the Swindon Town badge on their chest. And, you know, if that's not enough, um, enough of an enticing thought for someone to give women's football will go to back Swindon Town I don't know what it would be you know we, we've seen we've seen the quality that the Lionesses have put on show last year these girls are in a position where they could be working their way up to you know play at that level um, right, so to, a lot of good players as well to, to so, your point though to your point though I've said earlier I hope I'm not going to rub people out the wrong way I still don't feel that I have totally bought into the WSL. Now, this is really interesting because if the Lionesses are on the box, I will make time to watch the Lionesses. Don't have an issue with that. I really don't feel that I want to watch the WSL. Increasingly, though, it is just occurring to me. I'm starting to understand what my drivers are. Yeah. I want to come and watch Swindon Town. I, I don't want to watch Chelsea. I don't, in the same way, I will, if it's on, then there's nothing else and I will casually watch it. Yeah. To a point, I think I've been conditioned more to want to watch like the Premier League football on Sky. Yeah, yeah. To a lesser extent, I might want to watch, you know, the, you know, I might want to watch the EFL. Yeah. If Sheffield United are playing Burnley, I might want to watch it, but I don't, I still, I still don't feel right. I'm going to sit and watch it like I do. Yeah. And I think part of that is because I'm paying for my Sky coverage as well. So I don't want to get too deep and meaningful here. But you put the, games I, like that on in the background, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, but I think there is there is definitely something about and the penny drop for me against Poulton, there is something about coming sitting here as we are now in the Legends Lounge, familiar faces, familiar scenes. We get an opportunity as a group of mates to catch up. We've got a brilliant game of football out there. The difference today, of course, we're going to be providing live match commentary, which Joe's a return to the commentary box for you and I after the fun and games of pre-season. Yeah. Um, but but the point still stands, doesn't it? After the game, you know, we'll you know we'll still be seeing all the girls, all the players. The girls are really accessible as well. You know, they come over, they meet the crowds, this, that, and the other. And then we'll be we'll be out tonight. We're not going to tell you where, but we'll be out <laughs> we'll be out tonight with a couple of the girls, and they're going to be joining us for a bite to eat afterwards in town. But there is something about I'm here watching Swindon Town today. Yeah. It doesn't it it doesn't matter. It genuinely doesn't matter whether I'm watching the men's team, whether I'm watching the. I, I, I was excited coming down the M4 for this game. As I was for, you know, dare I say it, (laughs) you know, a couple of weeks back. But you get my meaning. Yeah, yeah. You get get my meaning. Now, I know we've still got a long way to go, right? Um, I know we've still got a long way to go. But, you know, this is going to be mega, mega for them today. So, listen, we've got a, um, so we've got, we've got a trivia teaser, guys, today. You'll be pleased to know. And the trivia teaser, what a prize we've got for you. What a prize we've got for you, esteemed listeners. We have got... A squad signed Swindon Town Women's Football Club shirt to give away today, and um, we are going to be um, uh, so it's, it's it's the same old format. First fingers on the buzzers and all that. Um, fastest fastest finger first, 
and I am just going to pull up, <coughs> excuse me, just going to try and pull up the uh, trivia teaser. So here it is. The trivia teaser is this. Your first hint is, what am I? I am blue and I am elasticated. So what am I? I am blue and I am elasticated. It is something Swindon Town related. So I am blue and I am elasticated. That is your first trivia teaser for today. If you know, tweet us at T underscore uh, STBL um, or uh, send us a DM. Um, or hit the speaker request button, come on and talk to us live. So if you know what it might be, what am I? I am blue and I am elasticated. Um, that is your trivia teaser. And if you get the right answer, you will win a signed Swindon Town Women's Football Club uh, jersey, which we will be more than happy to either leave behind a bar for you at the Legends or pop in the post. Any idea, you two, Ellis? Any idea what that might be? I can't. No, I don't know. Uh, Joe? If anyone gets it from that clue, <laughs> then they deserve more than the signs. Ashley, Ashley any hint from you? No clue. I am blue and I'm elasticated. Well, there we are. <laughs> that, that's what we've got. So listen, okay, so look, getting back to the match action today. Yep. Vitality Women's FA Cup second round. So obviously um, uh, the, the girls are in, in decent form versus the Plymouth side who they're a little bit sort of stop-start, but they're certainly at the, at the lower end of the stop-start scale. Um, they don't score a lot of goals. Um, they seem to, con- when they concede, they concede an awful lot and they're hot off the back of a 5-0 humbling. Interestingly enough, similarities to today, um, Plymouth Argyle Women's Football Club played their last game at Home Park, home of the men's team, in front of 2,000, 2,000 home fans. So credit to Argyle. Yeah. You know, you know, our, our girls were over the moon with the, you know, the best part of 800 in here after a double header. Um, Plymouth managed to get 2,000 fans staying in their stadium. That's incredible, isn't it? 2,000 uh, fans is that's that's big. That's um, yeah. That's really quite impressive. Then they've not got much else to do down in Plymouth, have they? Let's be honest. <laughs> We're yeah, going to do that or like sit at home eating a pasty. Yeah, eat a pasty, drink gin, or sit there staring at boats. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, it's a simple life, isn't it? It's a simple life. I mean, they've literally doubled the entertainment value of Plymouth, like, you know, <laughs> overnight there. And, and in fact, you know, like everyone, everyone, <laughs> I think that maybe tells its own story. We jest, of course. <laughs> we jest. Um, but interestingly enough, um, and Mike, uh, Mike Dixon, we've had our first guest, by the way. Hello, Mike. Uh, blue and elasticated, captain's armband. No, Mike, I'm afraid you are wrong. That's not a bad, that's not a bad guess. It's yeah. not a bad guess. It's not a bad guess. But I'm pretty sure Alice showed me the captain's armband. It looks to me that it is black with a white C on it. Unless the rainbow armband comes out today, which, you know, given the current climate, I would like to think it will. But no, sorry, Mike, it is not the captain's armband. So that's that's one down. Um, so for anyone that's listening in, park that. It's definitely not the captain's armband. Go back to Plymouth. So, yeah, Plymouth managed by Ryan Perks. Um, general manager is Elaine Dalton Fife. Currently second to bottom in the Women's National Premier Division South, which is the tier directly above Swindon Town, who are a tier four outfit. So Swindon Town, tier four. Um, Plymouth, fair to say, not the most um, auspicious start in the league. They've taken six points from their first 10 games. That's not a good return. That's relegation form, guys, isn't it? Yeah, that's got John Sheridan all over it. <laughs> yeah, they're not in great form. So they've had seven losses from the last 10. <coughs> and their form reads, their last game, as we mentioned, they got absolutely battered at Home Park 5-0. But it was loss, win, 
Loss, 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 win, win, loss, loss, loss. That is not a pretty set of stats. Um, so, interesting. Hello, Mike. How are we? Oh, very well, thanks, mate. How are you? you okay? Mike the voice. Yeah, very well, mate. <laughs> Say hello to your adoring public, Mike. Hello, adoring public. Um, Hope you're well. So, Mike, we got what we've got open today. So, for anyone that's listening, there might be contemplating coming to the academy. We've got the bar open today. The main bar in the Legends Lounge is open. That's right. The biggest bar, the best bar, with the two best barmen, me and you, uh, here today. Sorry, Finn. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're expecting about 150 people. Listen, we're not talking, not talking to Finn, because <laughs> Finn's, Finn's still got half of my bloody my possessions behind that bar. <laughs> Finn nicked my Paul Caddis mug. And uh, yeah, amongst other things. So that's something I'm going to politely ask. Mike. Absolutely. That's gonna, why I'm here. Going to have to try, gonna try and recover my Paul Caddis no mug. I'm just going to go on a search now. So I'm, I'm hoping it's someone behind there. For, the, for those of you that regularly follow the Sit On Broadbent Lounge or indeed have anything to do with my Twitter, you'll understand that my mugs are a sacred <laughs> thing. So you can only imagine last week that I chose to bless Paul Caddis, who was here in the Legends Lounge on this very spot. Ladies and gentlemen, with his own Paul Caddis mug. I was there. I had the mug. Paul even asked if he could keep yeah, it. It meant so much to me that I said, no, you can't. Get your own. So I wouldn't even let Paul keep his mug. And then it went missing. And, 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 and anyway, so you can pretty much sort of like, you know, imagine for two, three days following, I've been pursuing various people around the uh, football club asking if they've seen my mug. And then it turns out, it's, we hope anyway, it's hidden in a cupboard. Well, here's the moment of truth. The moment right. of truth, Mark. Right, go do a search. The moment of truth. So give me, give me a couple of minutes. And, and would it, would it be okay if I could have some Guinness in that mug? <laughs> do you think Guinness in a mug is something we could do? I mean, I think, um, yeah. officially on air, no, you can't. Pop <laughs> <laughs> of air. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe. So, um, so we'll go back to we go back to we're just talking, Mike, about um, Swindon Town Women's Football Club pinfall goal today. Plymouth had almost like a return fixture. Last week, I think it was, at their place. So I say return fix. That's not quite the right vernacular because we weren't playing them. But they had Ipswich mm-hmm. at Home Park. They, they've lost 5-0 in front of 2,000 fans. That's a good crowd at Home Park for them, unreal. isn't it? Absolutely unreal. And to be honest, I can only see those crowds growing as more and more people experience the game, get to know what this type of football is about and yeah. enjoy it, to be honest. Cause yeah, particularly down in Plymouth where we've just pointed out that there's not a lot else to do in Plymouth, is there? Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, definitely. Well, the boat watching... Gin drinking, boat watching, gin drinking, pasty munching, <laughs> Jeff Cop thinking. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> the thing about Jeff. Cott. Jeff Cop pining. Yes, yes, oh, wow. yeah. Jeff Cop pining. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one today. Obviously, I guess the point about their game last week. We talked earlier about Swindon having. This isn't the first time they played at this stadium. We said to the girls, "We well, got to play the match and not the occasion." All of that, all of that, still stands, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, Swindon has. We've probably been guilty our last three trips to New Wembley haven't gone particularly well, and you could argue the performances were such where you kind of felt like the boys maybe played the occasion and not the game. Yeah, I think the girls have played here relatively recently. They kind of know what to expect. Plymouth are coming here. I guess they're going to have a couple of motivations. One, they're used to playing in front of a big crowd. Yep. They're going to write the wrongs of. They're going to want to write the wrongs of a five 0 humbling in front of their own supporters. They're going to want to come to a relatively, I say, a, a derby of sorts. It's a West Country derby ish, isn't it? Yeah. They're not going to want to come here, especially off the back of a five 0 sort of smashing. They're not going to want to come here and be turned over by Plymouth, a team in a division below. If Plymouth get two thousand fans for a league game at Home Park. If they get into the next round and draw a Man United or a Man City or an Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, they're going to get five, six thousand. Yeah, Easy. yeah, and that's that's obviously it's huge for them. That's that's above average attendances in in League Two for the for the men's team. So. Yeah. Well, you think I saw the Forest Green game yesterday against yeah. Alchurch. Yeah. There's two thousand six hundred there, mm-hmm. and one thousand seven hundred from Alchurch. Yeah, 
But again, <laughs> to, to your point, though, let's let's go back about what we were talking about, about men's football here. Yeah. And if you're the owner of a men's football club, you know, to suddenly have a suddenly have a revenue stream growing at your club where potentially you're going to be kind of like getting the kind of sort of like scale of fans that's above your average league two attendance. Well, I'm not being funny, but that's going to go some way to paying some bills, isn't it? And some. Yeah. Yeah, and some. Yeah. And it's growing. And guess what? It's a growing market. Uh, it's an interesting one and I've not had a chance and I'm hoping this will be a question Rob Rob Angus is going to be joining us soon um, but I'm I'm hopeful to post this question and I'll post it to you guys collectively to what extent do you think the efforts that are going in now are not actually for us they're actually for the next generation to a, to a degree they're not actually even for Ashley here sat here as like you know 14 going on 15 yep. you're looking at the next generation of fans, you're literally looking at. It's a little bit like, for want of a better word, I worked in the motoring industry when Skoda decided to just bite the bullet and embrace their, um, you know, the fact that they were the butt of the of the jokes in the motoring industry. But I remember then the thinking was, yeah, but it's not about today's consumer buying a Skoda. This is about their kids yeah, buying yeah. a Skoda. So if you get my meaning, similar thing with women's football. I'm kind of thinking now: to what extent is it is it not actually for us? So, yeah, we're getting all revved up and excited about it. But actually, we're just kind of like a consequential battle. The real battle is be, our kids. Yeah, to be fair, I, mean, I said earlier on that five, ten years ago, women's football was just wasn't really a thing in terms of... It, of course, it was a thing, but it wasn't advertised. It wasn't pressed on TV. It wasn't. You see it everywhere these days. And I think 15, 20 years' time, you might be in a place where Swindon Town men's and women's teams are regarded as the same. You might get the same attendances the same um coverage you know it it's heading that way well, i mean yeah. there's tangible you've seen difference. a lot of clubs popping up here here and now as you can see on twitter just literally they're just a women's football club it's not uh, a football like for example obviously i'm from Melksham. it's not a Melksham women's team it's just Melksham and it's a women's team if you know what i'm saying Oh, hello, Keelan. How are you? Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Keelan. Yeah, you're live on air. Say hello, (laughs) Keelan. Assistant manager of Swindon Town Women's Football Club. Keelan, how are you, Keelan? Very well. Um, Thank you very much for bringing our prize. We've just put the the first teaser out there, Keelan. I'm going to put it to you. The first teaser was, I am blue and I'm elasticated. What am I? Blue and elasticated. You're only allowed one guess. What's the color? Is it football or anything? It's Swindon Town related. Blue and I'm elasticated. Stumped. Well and truly stumped. <laughs> Solid. Blue, blue and elasticated. It's got to be socks, but I don't think we wear blue. No, no, I'm afraid it's not socks. <laughs> I'm afraid it's not socks. Well, listen. So thank you for bringing the shirt through. So just just to be, um, uh, for, for those of you listening in, we are going to be um, giving away a signed squad. It's been signed by everyone. A signed squad shirt from Swindon Town Women's Football Club um, from this season. And we're super chuffed to be doing that. Um, get your guesses in. We're going to be doing another another clue um, in about the next five, ten minutes. But, um, Keelan, this be an interesting point. We just started discussing was to what extent are the efforts that are going into the women's game in Swindon Women's Football Club actually not necessarily for us primarily. Whilst it's great that we can be converted as a, as a supporter base and as a bloody big supporter base at Swindon to convert, but I'm kind of guessing a key part of that audience is just looking down the room here and seeing younger members of the audience. Yeah, absolutely. To what extent is it like, actually, it's our kids that we're bringing along to these games and it's just normalising the Swindon Town experience, men's, women's football... Of course you want to come and watch both, right? Yeah, so I remember, I think I did an interview last year, we went to have a home game here, and I said about extending the 
family of Swindon Town women, essentially, and Swindon Town Football Club. So if you're interested in watching academy games, you can watch academy games. If you're interested in watching men's football, there's men's football on. And now we're just another string to that bow for the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, us playing back in Swindon gives you opportunities. You don't have to travel out to, to Fairford um, or wherever else we played before. I think we played at Shrivenham beforehand mm-hmm. uh, years back. But there was, a, there was a photograph that got tagged to us when we played at Fanishing Park. This is the second game of the Bournemouth game. And there was a little child, must be about six or seven years old, and she got big thumbs up. And her mum set the phone up, and I think we used it for a game afterwards. In fact, it wasn't the last ball game, because we used it for the Bournemouth game. And ultimately, that's for us. That is inspiring the next generation to come and watch a game here, and ultimately fill this ground on a Saturday, a Sunday, FA Youth Cup midweek, whatever game is going on here. If you are interested in football, then there's, there's the opportunity for in town to come and watch football. Yeah, and it's a, it's a little bit like, I mean, because there are, there are people that, I mean, I, I've, I've spoken very openly, Keelan, about the journey that I'm on in terms of, you know, the, the, I had a, my, my epiphany was a couple of months back and my epiphany has come about because, you know, we've, we've, taken, we've taken time to get to know Helena. We've taken time to, uh, time to get to know Annie. And then as a consequence, our frame of reference on your, on, your, on, on your football squad has changed because we get to know the personalities. The key thing for me, however, is football being played here at home of Swindon Town because that, for me... It, you just realise, actually, it doesn't matter. As long as it's a Swindon Town team out there, I, I really don't care. Yeah. Like, I just want to come and watch competitive, interesting football with great personalities. I want it to feel tangible. I want to be able to reach out and touch it. Um, and that's what... You, you have that that tangible opportunity with, with Swindon Town that you don't necessarily get with WSL clubs and things like that. I know that they, you know, the players still make themselves available. But I, think, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't... For me, there's still a bit of a conversion job to do, isn't there? But if you get the youth, like youth is absolutely critical, isn't it? So is there, if anyone might be listening in and they've got like, you know, and they're contemplating or they're maybe not sure. And not, I probably promise you the weather app says it's not going to rain, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> it's a fair weather day. So get yourselves down there. But is there anything you would say to them, Keely? If they're having an iron about getting down here today, like, and the youngsters are, I haven't got anything to do on a lazy Sunday, what would you say to them? Yes, I think obviously you, you guys got to know uh, Annie and Lanes, and they, they, they summarise us in two parts. So Lanes has been a part of the club from a little girl. She's come through the youth, through uh, Committee Foundation. Her dad's been involved with the committee as a volunteer throughout. Um, and then Annie's on the flip side. Annie moved back to the area, having played at I think Gillingham, Spurs, Brighton. So she's got a very different pathway. But ultimately, these are two girls that work a normal full-time job. And on top of that, they train with us two nights a week. So like you talked about the WSL and the Championship, which is brilliant. They're now going full-time professional, but ultimately, the, the more professional you get as a club, the, the further step away from the fans sometimes you can find. Whereas you might see this person in Tesco going shopping. She might be your child's nursery nurse at, um, at school. So, yeah, the, the connection with the fans is huge. And obviously, as we get closer to Swindon, in terms of location-wise, that should only improve. Um, and ultimately, <coughs> yeah, you, you can hope, hopefully uh, build a bit of a bond with a, with a player. Uh, and we'll never lose that touch, even if we do get promoted. It's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, I'm unfortunately I'm a bit of an old fart, so I remember coming here and watching. I mean, we we look around the, the Legends Lounge, and you see in images adorned of our Premier League days. You know, Ian Wright over there, Chris Sutton over here. You know, John Moncur, Fjortoft. Um, you know, great eras. But it was an interesting sort of. There were exceptions to the rule, but to your point, Caitlin, that was a difficult time to kind of actually get to know the players. Because I think it does get to a stage where, with that sort of professional attitude, comes a certain shut-off, for yeah. want of a better word. I mean, is that something that you guys are going to work really hard to sort of avoid happening with, with the women's team and sort of keep unique to yourself? Yes, yeah, so I'm an Arsenal 
uh, men's fan by, by background and we went to a stadium tour and they had the, the coach now comes underneath the stadium so the fans didn't get seen before the game whereas obviously I come to men's games here and the players park in the car park they walk to the ground so you still see the players on a day-to-day basis if you're in the round of the ground and we're the same as that and there's other teams like you'll see today with Plymouth they had 2,000 at their men's at their men's stadium last week uh, for a league game they're in the league above and they are setting that, that example and there's other clubs Exeter is another one they, they set an example by Integrating their community foundation that allows them to integrate with schools, bringing on the girls or boys, just seeing a women's footballer playing. Um, and ultimately, that, that bond, I don't think we've built up enough yet, but off the field transition over the last three or four years that I've been involved with the club is huge. And now we're getting to a point where we have a success on the pitch and off the pitch. Now, the next part of that is how do we fill this place out? How do we get to 720 the other game? How do we get to 1,000? How do we get to 2,000? How do we. Um, we interact where we have followers where they buy our season ticket um, or they have an add-on purchase to the men's and they come in and watch men's and women's football um, and ultimately I think as Clem said he wants to get the county ground as packed as possible so men's on a Saturday women on a Sunday doesn't matter um, ultimately keeping that bond but that only comes with you having an integration with, with uh, the community so that's definitely got to be one of our key things to do the next few years absolutely so uh... Big, huge day today. How do you avoid, what's been the messaging to the girls? How do you avoid them um, playing the occasion and not the game? Like, how, how have you gone about sort of trying to normalise this? Because whilst they've played here once before, this is still a big, this is a big gig for them today, isn't it? Yeah, so I think someone asked the account the other day, I think it was last night, about how far we've got in the competition before. So, second round, I think we've got since 2017. So, we haven't got this far previously. So, some of the girls here won't have got to these sorts of rounds if they cup. But ultimately, it's a team in the bottom end of Tier 3. We're top end of Tier 4. So if we want to aspire to be in Tier 3, that's the sort of team you need to go to. They'll play and beat. Um, and ultimately, we played a game here a few weeks ago, as you said. So some of that nervousness of playing on the sides of the pitch, having the occasion, should hopefully be desensitised a little bit. Mm. Um, ultimately, for us, we do the same things in the week. We'll try to get some footage on the opposition, show some of that, show us how we want to play, go through a block of work, training work, which we've been continuously doing. The issue with this game is we only found out two weeks ago who we're playing. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it's a very short turnaround window because it gets announced on Monday that you're playing on the following Sunday. Um, so, that's been an interesting part. But same, same as today, to get the girls together beforehand, going through stuff and the change we've just got in. They're doing their warm now. And ultimately, I'll get back out there. In, um, but once they're on that pitch, it's an MV11, just on a slightly bigger pitch than at Fairford or Foundation Park. Uh, and that's what they need to focus on. Um, and same as the staff, we need to... Do all this stuff and then park it. One o'clock kickoff, and then business as usual. We need to go and win and put ourselves in the third round. Well, we've listen as a football club. We've got great history on. Um, let's just call it as it is. We we pissed on Plymouth chips. Thanks to <laughs> thanks thanks to Owen Doyle back in the nineteen twenty season when they opened up a brand new stand and yeah. we kind of you know we we ruined their day. Now I'm sure there will be people attached to the women's team today, knowing that this for us is to to an extent a bit of a party. Without meaning to seem like this is some kind of this, this isn't like a testimonial today or some kind of send-off. This is going to be a highly competitive, um, you know, women's FA Cup game. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, for us, this is a this is a big deal. They're going to want to come and they're going to want to come and piss on our chips, Keelan, aren't they? Let's just call it as it is. They're, they're going to want to come and spoil our big day. Yeah, and absolutely. And even though I say obviously they're, they're the bottom in the tier three, they beat Cheltenham, who are top in the tier three last last round with a four-two win. So well, they haven't scored a lot of goals this season. They've gone and put four goals against the team that's doing quite well in Tier 3, who promoted out of our league last year. So it's going to be no easy feat. 
if the girls think that the bottom end that's easy, that's not really the case. Now, I doubt Plymouth are going to come here and yeah. literally turn up for, for the occasion and go home. They're here to win and get themselves in the next round as well. Well, the, the, the warning signs in that respect, guys. I mean, you're, Joe, you'll, you'll recall this, and Ellis, you certainly will as well, and no, no doubt cleaning yourself. You'll remember the JPT final against Chesterfield. It's almost, it's almost like a repeat of that, isn't it? Whilst it's not a final, Chesterfield were at the bottom of... Let me get this right. Yeah, bottom of League One. Yeah. We were flying high, top of League Two. We went in highly fancied. We were we were the favourites based on form, um, and we got royally embarrassed. What's the what's the what do you feel is how how big a gap is it in the jump up from from the the fourth tier to the third tier? Yeah, yes, yeah, it's quite big. I think um, when you make that jump up, so you look at the top end of the league. So Oxford in the Southern, Wolves in the North. Uh, they're training three, four nights a week. They're getting. Almost right on that fringe of, of a semi-professional club, professional club, um, and like I said, we train two nights a week. So there is that difference. And as you get to the bottom of the tier three, they're probably training to, similar to us, two nights a week. So the environment and the is, is probably pretty similar. But ultimately, when you're in that that league, you're going to be able to recruit players that can play in that league. So there will be a bit of a step up. Um, hopefully, for us, we can prove today that that gap is closer than it's ever been. And I think the women's game over years gone by has got closer. Um, with COVID, they allowed a lot more movement of teams. So the likes of Saints of Southampton moved up because um, they had off-the-field support ready to go. They're now in the Championship. They're in our, we played them last in the FA Cup. They were top end of the Southern and we lost 1-0 to an absolute worldie by a New Zealand international. <laughs> and we lost 1-0 to that. So you can go and compete, but it's how you do that and how you do it for 90 minutes and how you try to not only defend your box, but how do you score in their box as well. Um, and ultimately, that's what today will come down to. But I'd like to think today we've got a battle between the two boxes and ultimately the game was one I lost in the 18 yard box so mm. that's where you need to go in and, and how important is it I mean we had we had Alice Emily and Lanes were yeah, here yeah. earlier my, my final question to you uh, Keelan is this how important is it to have a, a kind of if you will a cult hero a figurehead someone like Annie Colston in and around the 18 yard box you know when that the girls must know it must be brilliant for you as part of the management team to know when that ball's in the box she's got that Charlie Austin-esque knack of knowing where to put herself yeah, in order yeah. to hit the back of the net like it's really clicked for her. She had a difficult season last year, didn't she? But yeah. this season, it, she's she's just everything she's touching is turning to gold. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that like from a management point of view? That must be that that's a, not almost like an ace in the ace in the box. You 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 everyone's going to know about her, so it's not like she's a surprise package. Yeah. But it's quite a rarity. I mean, to, to have a, an incredible goal scorer like that at your disposal, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I, I coached her last season. Like I said, it was her first season in, so it was just getting. You used to understand how she played, how we want her to play in our side, what's her attribute. So um, she can come to feet, she can stretch and beyond, she can do her crosses. Um, so she has that. And it's now, OK, how do we fit you into our team and get the maximise out of you? Which a, a Briggs preseason this year was focusing on that to maximise. And similarly, the other box, Emily, our goalkeeper, who came in last season, 16-17, um, first time playing at Tier 4. Um, and she ultimately is defending one box with the defence in front of her and Annie's at the other end. So we like to think we've probably got some of the best centre-forwards and defenders, goalkeeper in uh, our league. But uh, yeah, like you said, Annie's no no surprise. Teams are trying to come in and sign her. She's, she's happy to stay here. Um, so f- for us, how do we keep her firing so that teams are wanting her, but ultimately we're providing the right environment here that she stays and helps drive us towards the top end of Tier 4 and get promoted and then be in a league where I think she could flourish in Tier 3. Well, what's really interesting, actually, on that, Keelan, sorry to keep you dragging you on. I appreciate you. You've got management duties to tend to. But, yeah, like all goal scorers, I'm kind of, I was politely alluding to that. And I'm pleased you just sort of like 
throwing the, the point right out there. Um, you've got someone in your team that has got that Midas touch in front of goal. Yeah. That is always going to attract attention. We're talking to Alice earlier, and Alice was saying that her, her point of reference on Swindon Town Women's Football Club is an interesting one because she's seen this big step up in professionalism. The, the drive, you know, being able to play at this ground, like everybody is up in the ante. I mean, fundamentally, it's that, that constant improvement of everyone is going to be what's going to keep Annie here, isn't it? It's the, the success that you will enjoy off the back of everyone continuing to up their game, which will convince people like Annie to stay at this club and score goals for us, as opposed to a West Ham or, yeah. you know, a, even a Plymouth or, you know. So um, I'm guessing that's that's the answer. I'm sort of answering my own question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think for us, obviously, when Clem bought the club last year uh, and obviously all the stuff that went on that summer, quite a lot of doors once he'd sorted out the, the stuff obviously he'd bought and working out that, he made sure he sat down with us before he went to Australia. We sat upstairs uh, in the Robin suite and he sat with all the players. Him and Rob Angus came in and he said, ultimately, we want to sort you. He goes, I don't know much about you at the moment, but I'm going to find out. And ultimately, he's been doing that committee for the last 18 months to the surprise this year. They said, right, next season, you're in. That's it. There's no more Swintown women are separate. We are one club. Uh, and I think that sort of chat where the, the owner of the club has the time and patience to come in and talk to you and say, we're going to support you in some capacity. And ultimately, last year was focused on the men's and some of the academy stuff. And now, potentially, it's our, our side of things. Hence why that accelerated, you're going to be a part of us, um, which is highlighted by us wearing the away kit uh, in the last FA Cup game at home, just to show that integration between the, the, the main club and us as another um, string to that bow, like the Community Foundation, like the academy, like the men's. Uh, so I think that sort of drive, and that's what's happening in the women's game. You look at Forest Green, they're doing similar. Um, you look at uh, Fulham, who one of our goal scorers previously, Ellie Oles, is playing at now. They're the league below, but they're getting support. They just played at Craven Cottage against Wimbledon. So that's coming now. And I think if you don't stay on that pathway, um, girls will look elsewhere because they want to play football in the right environment, playing at the best grounds they can play at, um, playing with the best players, coached by the best coaches they can be at. Um, and if you're not keeping up, you're only going backwards in this game at the moment. Mm. Um, well, listen, I mean, you, you mentioned what, what you said about Clem. I mean, we, I'm sure I speak for all the guys here when I say that to you, Keelan. Listen, we're on the same sort of journey, I guess, as Clem was. We, we're getting to know you guys. I'm sure we're going to drop clangers today. Um, we're going to call certain players by the wrong names and all this and the other, which is all part of the getting to know your process. Um, but we, we've got exactly the same ethos from a Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge point of view. Um, we're getting to know you. We kind of are increasingly kind of like looking at the, you know, it's one one badge, one club, one love, all of that jazz, all those lovely icky cliches. Um, it's an absolute treat uh, to be able to do this with you guys today. So I'm sure we're in for an awful lot of fun. Uh, Best of luck. And, thank, and thanks for everything. And thank you for the shirt. Hopefully we're going to find that a, a deserving home moving forward. So, um, give them hell, Keelan. Give them hell. Cheers, Hello, Andrew. Andrew Hawes, ladies and gentlemen, joins us. How are we, Andrew? All right. Happy damn Sunday. Yeah, don't worry about making confidence. That's the easiest thing I can say with supreme confidence and experience. So, here we are then. It's a Sunday. It's not a Saturday. But yeah. we're here watching football at the county ground. Yeah, no, this is nice. This is going to be a, this is like an interesting experience because I'm... I'm I'm a bit like where you are with the, the women's team. I'm going to be honest, the first game I saw was that Paulton game, which mm. was very enjoyable. It but, was, wasn't it? But, I mean, you could tell fairly on that there was a significant gap between the two, but we're, we're obviously going to really sort of learn a bit more about where the team are playing against opponents from a higher division. Well, we just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to just kind of like continually rehash the interviews we've just done, but you'll remember Chesterfield, Andrew, and it's kind of, Chesterfield in the JPT final, it's kind of got echoes of that today's matchup because you've got um, Plymouth in the division above us mm. 
fundamentally relegation form and you've got Swindon Town women in the tier directly below, but going great guns, all smiles, super pumped, everything pointing in the right direction. They've not got, there's nothing to fear because they played here before. So they've kind of got that monkey off their back, but nonetheless, they're playing against a team that will want to come and kind of get the bragging rights, but also that played at their own ground in front of 2000 fans last week. So it's not like they're afraid to play in front of a crowd as well. But you'll remember that trip to Wembley, Andrew. Can you see the can you see the similarities yeah, I'm drawing? Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, um, I, I suspect there's a bit more expectation on De Canio's side than there are on the the ladies today. Given given, I think I think generally from what we've sort of said or spoken to, there, there does seem to be a sort of bigger gap between the divisions, perhaps mm-hmm. comparatively, than sort of League One or League Two on. On that occasion, but but yeah, I, I, I know I know you're getting up, but it's um, so it certainly doesn't seem impossible they can pick up a win and get into the get into the third. Yeah, I th- so it's it's been so all tails up from a Swindon Town point of view. An absolute treat turning up at the ground this morning. Um, everybody's um, everybody's really positive. All the playing staff are really positive. Um, I think there there is a steely determination to play the match and not the occasion. Um, but um, yeah, no no pushovers. As- no pushovers we're expecting today um, from Plymouth Argyle. What's um, obviously you're here with your BBC hat on, Andrew? What are you up to today? Uh, I'm just sort of keeping keeping listeners informed mainly during the Burton commentary today from the, the second round of the FA Cup. So uh, and we wish I, I, them all the best, of course. I don't, I don't have to go for the ninety minutes. It's your privilege today. Yes, it is. So we're going to try and take full advantage of your sage-like football knowledge, Andrew. And we'll be dipping in and out of that throughout the day. Andrew, hopefully you'll be joining us in the commentary box and we'll be joining you in your commentary box, which is unusual yeah, for us. Yeah, the other way around there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, me, Kassa, or Sue Kassa today, <laughs> Andrew. Yeah, no, take, take the prime seat. Take the prime seat, my own. But so, but going back to, I mean, look, glancing around legislation, it's quite, everyone's been very quiet, aren't they? They're all being very kind of like reserved. It's normally a little bit more raucous by this time on a men's match day. But yeah, tables are Do about... It's lovely to see as well. Go on. about kids that are sat with their parents. Yeah. It's, it's a real, I feel like it's a real family day out. Well, I'm sat, um, I'm sat here now and I'm seeing at least three dads sat with their little girls. And to, and to my point earlier, so I raised the point, and, and Andrew, I'll take your view on this. I, I asked Keelan to what extent are... And I don't want to call us me a lost battle because I kind of feel like the women's team have won me now. Whereas I actually was quite cynical. I felt I was being force-fed the women's game. If I reverse and rewind, I'll openly admit about a year ago, I felt like I was being force-fed it through the BBC, force-fed it by Sky. And I was like, look, you know, if I want to watch women's football, I'll watch women's football. I don't I choose not to want to want to, want to watch it. And, and, and I started having that sort of like debate internally. But, but here we are today where we are... Um, we are starting to talk about um, a whole new generation of supporters. Um, well, in fact, we'll just break away from that because we've had the team sheet through. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Hot off the press. We have Swindon Town lineup as follows. We have uh, Emily McGrogan in goal. Uh, Steph Bent is at right back. Gypsy Vivash is at left back. Then we have um, whole central defensive midfielder, we believe, Natalie Goodright. Alice Bowden, the captain, and Sky Hull is an interesting selection alongside Alice at centre-back. And we'll more on that in a second. Helena Diaz-Butcher, uh, right wing-back. Megan Attenborough um, in the midfield. Anna, Annie Colston, of course, up top. Chantel Scott has come in at number 18. And Becky Donnelly gets the nod on the left flank. Now, there are a couple of really interesting selections there. L Scott... Chantelle Scott, as she is known, uh, on the team sheet, and Sky Hull 
Now, that must mean, just referring back to my notes, that um, both... Okay, so... Essentially, you've got a quite a bit of experience that has dropped out of the starting lineup. So I'm just going to try and refer back to my because that I'm going to be honest, that's thrown a little bit of a curveball at me in terms of what I thought that lineup was going to be. But so Sky Hull has in effect come in for where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Jen Gray. So interestingly enough, so um. Sky Hull, 17 years of age, is a is a relative um, is a relative newbie to the um, to the to the senior side. Jen Gray, at 30 years of age, with 24 first team appearances, having previously played for Cardiff Met and St Nicholas, so she is a big commanding centre back. She loves a big tackle and loves a header by her own admission. But Jen Gray has dropped out of the starting lineup, and that also means with L Scott coming into the lineup that 34-year-old central midfielder Tory Taylor is also dropping out of the starting lineup. Now, that's also a bit of a surprise. So, Tory's got 45 appearances, five first-team goals, previous experiences, West Ham, Exeter, and Swindon Spitfire. So, that's a lot of experience to admit from your starting lineup. And what you've basically done is they brought in two very young teenagers, right? and that's a case of trying to inject a little bit of youthful, fearless pace. Possibly, yeah. A bit of energy into the midfield. Um is I think having a 34-year-old, obviously experienced midfielder on the bench, um, <coughs> if you're if you're needing a calm head in the second half of a game, a big game like this, if you're winning one nil or you're you know you're holding out for something, I think there's no better substitution to be able to make. Um, bringing a calm head onto the field in that position, um, it is a bit of a gamble, I guess. I think you're you're hedging your bets on going ahead and holding. It's it a, seems, that's a it big call, isn't me, it? It seems to me like they're going for it in that in that sense. They want a high energy. Um, a lot of high so tempo, youth, yeah, high tempo, energy, yeah. youthful exuberance. Do you in, think they're going to try and sort of really put the squeeze on Plymouth? Then I think they are. Look at that lineup. I gather Plymouth want to try and play, don't they? That's, yeah, that's what I believe. Well, uh, okay. So just to just to kind of clarify again, we'll go through that side. So it's Emily McGrogan in goal. Uh, your two centre backs are Alice Bowden and Sky Hull, seventeen-year-old Sky Hull, lined up alongside the skipper Alice Bowden. Uh, at left uh, left back, you've got Gypsy Vivash. Uh, right back, you have got um, Steph Bent. So, yeah, I mean, so Sky coming in as a 17-year-old centre back. That's the that's the that's probably the if if you will that's the big upset in the back line. The midfield three um, of Chantel Scott or L Scott, um, Natalie Goodright in holding uh, holding midfield, and Megan Attenborough likes to get forward and support the attack. Um, that is, again, the big call there is Tory Taylor dropping out of the midfield in favour of L. So on the left-hand side of the midfield three, essentially, is where L Scott's youthful exuberance is going to be uh, hopefully injected. And then Becky um, uh, Becky Donnelly gets the nod ahead of Cat back on the left wing. Uh, they It tends to all usually be those two rotating backwards and forwards, unreliably informed. And it looks like Becky's got the nod on the left. Annie Colston playing centre-forward, as you would expect. Goal machine, Annie Colston. And um, Helena Diaz-Butcher, twinkle toes herself, on the right wing. So, interesting lineup. So, it, yeah, I, I'm, I think increasingly, Joe, as I'm trying to sort of speak my thoughts, I think what you're starting to... I think what you're expecting there is going to be town coming out of the traps, trying to get one or two goals. And then I would expect both Tory and... Um, 
yeah, I'd expect Tory to be coming off the bench alongside Jen. I'm hoping. Let's have a look. No, Jen's not. So Jen's not made the bench either. So Jen Gray doesn't make the bench, and but Tory does. So yeah, you would imagine Tory a little bit, um, a little bit later in the game. So. Well, OK, but look, the Plymouth Argyle lineup. I'm going to be honest with you, not that I can tell you anything about them, but we have Jameen Reed in goal, Rosie Train, um, where's the number three? Rosie McDonald, where's the 20? Uh, Rosie, sorry, Rosie Train, where's the three? Rosie McDonald, where's the 23? Um, and then we've got uh, Panagiotta Papanoyu. You can no. say that one, uh, commentary yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> Panna, we'll just call her Panna. 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 Um, Whereas number five, uh, Tiana Campbell is wearing the 17 shirt, Imogen Crawford the 18, Kaylee Lane the 8, Georgia Wilson the 16, uh, Kat Dixon the 13, Charlotte Whitmore the 7 shirt, and Beth Ireland the 20 shirt. But fundamentally, we are playing a team that are in relegation form. I think the thing, the way you've got to look at it as well from the Plymouth side of things, from their point of view, they said they're in relegation form. They could be seeing it as right. We're playing a team from the division below us. This is an opportunity for us to get a few goals, a bit of confidence into the side, mm-hmm. and maybe kickstart their season. Yeah. Um, so there are two points of view. I think you, you can look at it either way. We're playing a team that we should be aspiring to beat next season, if, if and when we get promoted. Yep. They're playing a team that another division below, who they will think they need to be beating. They should be beating based on tier. Mm. And it could be an opportunity for them to get some confidence in their players. It is so, a big... Yeah. I mean, Andrew, it is one of those games, isn't it? It is. As Joe's saying, it's a yardstick today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a big absolutely. yardstick. Because there are... Well, I think Plymouth are sort of in quite a similar situation. Swindon so bringing kind of integrating the women's team much more into the, the club overall this season. So I think it does seem to be the way that a lot of clubs are going. They want to forge those close ties. They want to be... You know, they want to be much more involved with the women's team and have it much more as one... As one unit, so I'm sure they've got ambitions as well. So for them to potentially, you know, drop down a division and, you know, go go back to the level where Swindon are, you would think be a big blow for them, especially especially if you think you know they've got something, you know, that don't want to go about all the, the cliches you get Plymouth on the men's side, still the biggest city in England, not to be in the top division, and um, what a shame. <laughs> but but yeah, but you would imagine Plymouth would have aspirations or. Would feel they've got the potential to be sort of hub for women's football in the in the southwest. But they get two thousand fans for a yeah. for a home game at Home Park. There's no reason yeah. why. I mean, there are probably WSL teams that get less than two thousand fans. I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I've not been able to ask the question. I don't know whether or not it's a. It was a double header for Plymouth. We where were Plymouth at home last week? Because that might suggest that they ended up having a lot of people kind of like remaining in the stadium. I suspect. Suspect. Sorry, Plymouth Argyle Women's Football Club. I suspect that it might have been a double header, but if it's not, all credit. No, they're away at Perth. All credit too. Yeah, yeah. they get two thousand walk up. Uh, uh, that that is outstanding. But look, I mean, interestingly, a little bit of um, uh, researching to, to researching today's opponents and reflecting on that Ipswich game last week. By all accounts, for eighty minutes. Um, they were almost unfortunate. They felt that they were unfortunate to be two goals behind. But then a question of fitness in the last 10 minutes. They fell away really badly and Ipswich just powered on through. By bowl accounts, Ipswich were just relentless for 90 minutes and managed to smash um, three quick-fire goals in the final 10 minutes. That's, that's going to be an interesting one today, isn't it? When you reflect on our, our setup today, it's almost like we are going nose-to-nose with them in the energy stakes with the, with the more youthful players in the line maybe, maybe we've seen that from last week where... Plymouth died off energy-wise. Um, maybe the youthful side that we put out, they believe, or the management believe, that can, uh, 
they'll be able to easily sort of go the distance and, <coughs> and counter attack when Plymouth do eventually die away in terms of you know when they're blowing. Yeah, hit them. Well, they, about and about seventy percent possession by all accounts. Um, the uh, Plymouth enjoyed last week, so quite that's very Swindon Town esque, that isn't it? Actually, on the end of a five nil humping, but we've had seventy percent of the possession. So clearly, possession in all the wrong places. That you would probably argue something that we all know far too much about, ladies and gentlemen around the table. Can we have a um, just a, a recap of the bench for Mike? He missed the bench. Yes, the, the bench for Swindon Town. Yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll take you for the full lineup for those of you that haven't seen it or if it's not been tweeted yet. We've got Emily McGrogan in goal, Steph Bent at right back, Gypsy Vyabash at left back, Natalie Goodright is your holding central defensive midfielder, Alice Bowden and Sky Hull, your two centre backs. Sky Hull, um, the surprise inclusion at, um, at centre back alongside the captain, Alice. Helena Diaz Butcher um, is on the right wing. Becky Donnelly is on the left wing. Um, we have um, Annie Colston in uh, in a customary centre forward position, and Megan Attenborough and L Scott, um, your two um, more attacking minded midfielders on the bench for Swindon Town. We have Ella Harries, Bryony Hurd, Beth Calloway, Vicky uh, Victoria Taylor, uh, Lucy Durham, and Cat Back make up your substitutes. So it's a that is it's a comp- it's a competitive team. With a couple of surprise inclusions, um, a couple of experienced 30-plus Swindon Town players dropping away um, for the youth of Sky Hull and L Scott. Um, so, um, going back to um, going back to Plymouth, the ones to watch today. Top scorer is Lily Greenslade for Plymouth Argyle, who's managed to bang five goals this season. So, um, and who is not in the lineup? And who is not in the lineup? Blimey, hang on a sec. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, um, you've got Lily Greenslade doesn't make the lineup, and you've also got another one to watch is Amber Pollock, who I believe also doesn't make the lineup. That's, We're now learning the joys of commentary. That so, is someone that is playing, however, only makes the bench is number ten. Zoe Cunningham. So Zoe Cunningham on the bench for Plymouth Argyle has managed to hit three goals. Uh, but Charlotte Whitmore, who's also got three goals this season, wears the number seven shirt and she does indeed start. Along with a, a pretty much a who's who making up the rest of your goal scorers. So Wilson, Train, Ireland, uh, I believe Rose and Lane are all there and thereabouts, so with the exception of Rose. But they've all got a couple of goals well, so far this season. Well, again, I'm in terms of research, so Jen Rose was the one interesting or the one real sort of standout when I was looking at the Plymouth team because she's got an England cap mm. and played has play you know played in the WSL. So if she's missing again, that you would think that's a significant boost for for Swindon too. So essentially, missing their two main goal scorers and their only player in their their only player in their lineup with an England cap. Yeah, I would make you right, Andrew. I think what's also interesting, however, about the goals that have been scored. Uh, gents, I don't know how you feel about this, but there's a bit of a significant skew. So a couple of weeks back, there was an 11-0 mauling of the Marine Academy. Um, and I believe in that game that Lily Greenslade maybe scored three of the 11 goals, possibly even four. So there is a significant skew in their goals output. You take those 11 goals out of the mix, you start running down their, their goal scorers this season, they struggle for goals. They struggle for goals. I mean, I'm not going to like cast any aspersions if anyone's listening from Marine Academy, but you must be bloody awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, 
obviously, Town today, I'll, so I'll prefer formation. It looks like he's gone with that. So James Lally, Town manager, has gone with a 4-3-3. Keelan, who we heard of, uh, heard from earlier at quite some length, um, tail well and truly up. Town currently sitting fifth in the fourth tier. Didn't play last week, though. They've been blighted, Andrew. Yeah. G- games being called off left, right and centre. I think it's, unfortunately, they're, we have a terrible weather, haven't we? But I, I'm, the other good thing about coming to the county ground is... It's no Cinder Lane. Marcus Cassidy, who hopefully we're going to be getting on, does a brilliant job on our pitch, doesn't he? Um, but we haven't got to worry about Cinder Lane and, and you know, and god-awful non-league pitches. Yeah. Apologies, Fairford, anyone listening in. Exactly, yeah. He's, you know, he's had a full, full three weeks to, to get the pitch into kind of conditions, so it should be, should be premium. We'll just have to see whether it suits Plymouth's passing as well, I guess, as, uh, as the way Swindon want to get it down and play too. And we're in, obviously, we're in, we're in decent enough form. Six wins from the last 10 for town. Uh, a win, 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 loss, loss, win, loss, loss. So it's fair to say we're going up through the gears rather than back down them. And I certainly would say it is not um, uh, inconsistent form. It's looking like, obviously, four straight wins on the bounce. Um, cup progress, we were all here. We mentioned about Poulton. What were your standout memories, Ellis, from Poulton? Apart from the fact that we spanked 10 goals past them, what were your standout memories? Just... The way we play football, the clips I've seen, we just the, the actual standard of football that we were playing surprised me. The way we moved the ball around, exactly. Yeah, it was it was a joy to watch. Well, Andrew, what do you recall from Poland? I mean, it just obviously apart from the fact that everything Annie Goldston, as I'm yeah. going to refer to her today, everything Annie Annie touched turned to, turned to gold. What were your what were your big recollections? I think uh, I, think it, I think it was that kind of Diaz Butcher Goldston combination. That you, I think it was virtually the first move from kickoff, wasn't it? Swindon just put it down the right, and uh, just you could see that you could see the pace immediately. So it took, took a few yards out of the, out of the left back, and were, so it, I think my main memory was the ability of those two to just really cause chaos with you know Helena's pace and Annie's kind of um, Defoe style. Give it, give it to me in the box, I'll get a shot. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, our jammy have we been, Joe? Let's call it as it is. We at the start of the season, if you'd said to us that sponsoring um, two two ladies from uh, Swindon Town Women's Football Club was was going to be part of the Sir Tom Broadbent business model, we, <laughs> we would have said absolutely, fundamentally not. Yeah. Nonetheless, here we are, and we're not just like sponsoring, you know, two two amazing sort of personalities, two and two star turns. Yeah. But they've got an incredible telepathic understanding on the pitch, haven't they? As Andrew's just touched on there. You know, it seems like Lanes just knows where Annie's going to be. Annie knows where Lanes is going to be, and most of most of Annie's goals seem to come through Elena Diaz Butcher and, and her, her rapier thrusts down the flank. So um, that's for us. That's the big watch out today. And against Pompton, they were amazing, weren't they? The pair of them. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I was really unlucky. I had to get home for the. Um, I, I couldn't watch the Pompton game. Um, I was a bit gutted about that, to be honest. But I mean, we're we're in a group chat with with Annie and Lanes and they have banter they send pictures of stuff when they're at training they're messing around they seem like they really get on and I think in football and in any sport really especially team sports if you're if you've got good relationships off the pitch with your teammates yeah. if you're close if you have that sort of telepathic um, understanding and friendship it, it only it only reaps the rewards if you think about I mean reading Sir Alex Ferguson's sort of biography speaking about how Dwight York and Andy Cole were best mates off the field and were sort of having Sunday roast every week around each other's houses and stuff. Yeah. And then look what they did in that 99 season, the treble. You know, it's, I think friendship off the field is, is just as important as, um, you know, quality on, on, the, on the pitch. 100%. Like, look, look at the men's team. Look at, um, for example, McCurdy and Payne. 
yeah, um, as soon as Payne left, you could argue the Curdy's sort of um, value on the field dropped because he, di- he didn't have that that friend that he's obviously his best mates of him. Mm. So I, mean, I mean, listen, we can we can go for it. There are always exceptions, aren't there? Sheringham and Cole, but. York and Cole. Yeah. You know, there are those those lads that have got that telepathic understanding and they're great friends on and off the pitch. And our two star turns have got that. And what, can I just say, we are chuffed to be able to say that we are proud sponsors of, of both those girls. And and the thing is, they're not just both brilliant personalities, but they're a real credit to the club as well in terms of their, their professionalism. I mean, Keelan spoke there as well earlier on about Annie had an interest in teams and divisions above, but she genuinely enjoys being here. She obviously gets some of her teammates. She's part of a project just look at the bigger picture of Swindon Town Women's Football Club. She can see that it's growing. This is the first incarnation of Swindon Town Women's Football Club being under the umbrella of STFC. It's a massive project, so it's a big opportunity. Mm. Um, and the fact that she's sticking around, I think it says a lot for, for the team and for the club. So, look, a little bit about Annie. So, um, Annie's goal output this season, I appreciate Bolton Rovers has, has get, we talked about the, the Marine Academy and Plymouth putting <laughs> 11 past them, but obviously Bolton yeah. was a 10-0 thrashing. So we're not going to kind of like ignore the fact that there's going to inevitably be a skew in our goals output by the fact that we've got a 10-0 absolute battering of Bolton in our record. But Annie this season has hit 16 goals in 11 appearances for Swindon Town women. Last year, Annie only managed seven in all competitions. Now, it's interesting because talking to Annie... I asked her about what what is it about your goal output this season versus last season? What's changed? Because you still played alongside Lanes last year, but yeah. Lanes Lanes is very open about the fact that their partnership just didn't click. This year, it's really clicked. And Annie puts a lot of that down to her output in um, pre-season. So she said there's been a few changes in the squad this year. There are synergies in the squad this year that maybe didn't exist last year. But also, crucially, Annie last season had returned from uh, childbirth. So she'd had a child. She was fighting back from fitness. She was struggling to um, complete 90 minutes. Off the back of a full pre-season this season, she feels that she's going absolute great guns. Um, And obviously, the stats will will, will show you that. So, um, interestingly, um, Lanes, um, we were talking about her stats as well. So, Lanes has hit three goals, um, but crucially, 10 assists so far from the right wing. So, 10 assists, which is incredible. So, um, those are going to be, I mean, the, the two, obviously, a couple of couple of sub-stories for us today. The the inclusion of the of the two teenagers at the expense of the 30-plus um, older stages, elder states women of um, of the um, typical Swindon Town lineup um, is what's really, really interesting. The spine of the team is obviously going to be, so Emily, who joined us, Emily McGrogan in goal, um, who joined us at the start of the show, 17-year-old goalkeeper, um, very, very strong on her distribution. Alice Bowden, obviously the captain, very much talking to Alice, real Leah Williamson vibes. For those of you that know much about the Lionesses, but maybe haven't yet engaged with um, Swindon Town Women's Football Club, it's a fair assumption. She speaks brilliantly. She is a true leader in every single, sort in every sense of the word. And she's got that little twinkle in her eye that when she's speaking, you wouldn't dare interrupt her, <laughs> which is quite a rarity for me. So uh, Alice at centre-back and then Natalie Goodright as well. So, um, Natalie sitting in um, what we believe is going to be the the holding, the sort of Louis Reed role for, for for want of a better shortcut. And then obviously you've got Annie up top. So this side's got a good spine about it as well. Good quality spine. And and, and I'm sure that Natalie be the first one to actually tell me, well, Megan Attenborough 
um, who equally chips in with a fair share of goals and, and is a tenacious performer in central midfield, is as much part of that spine in the midfield as she is. But guess what? I was only going to pick one of them. <laughs> so I went with Natalie. So, listen, I mean, I think what we need to start thinking about doing, guys, is um, is, is taking up our, our, our match position. So um, as we envisage this working today, pitch side, we're going to have the wonderful Ellis and the wonderful Ashley, who are going to be talking to supporters and going to be talking to um, players that aren't necessarily in the squad and so on and such like. And then you're going to have myself and Joe up in the commentary box who are going to be providing you with full match commentary before we then come down to pitch side at the end of the game and provide you with all of the um, uh, all of your all of your post match analysis as we are joined <laughs> by Kevin Metcalf. Hello, Kev. Hello, how are we? And Amy, how are you? Oh, and wonderful baby Metcalf as well. How exciting are we today, Kev? Very excited. Big, big old day. Big old day. We won't. Um, we're about to go and take up our match, our match, uh, match perches, Kev. It's a huge day for the football club today, isn't it? Huge yeah, day. Yeah. Big statement day for us. A good win would help. Um, but yeah, it's great to have the girls back at the women back on here at the county ground as well. Shows the integration moving forward significantly as well with the whole club. So yeah, really good day. So exciting times. A prediction from you, Kev, today? Do we have prediction? 3 1. 3 1 town? Yeah, 3 1 town. We'll have a bit of that. 3-1 town. Is that a prediction from you, uh, Joe? Uh, from you? Well, based on the last performance of the FA Cup, 10-0. Wow. 2-1, right. uh, uh, no, actually. 2-1. I'll take, I'll take a 10-0. Yeah. I'll go 4-0. Mm, Ellis, you're going for a big 4-0. Oh, I nil. think it's going to be more cagey. I think it's going to be an edgy affair. And I think it's either going to be 2-0 or 2-1 is what I think we are uh, we are going to get across the lines today. Um, we are going to be joined shortly by Rob Angus, who is, who is just, just waiting in the wings. But he's just, he's, he's just been uh, he's just been hijacked. So, um, but really keen to get uh, really keen to get Rob's take if if we can if we can. Mark's getting the post match baby. Can we can we grab you, Rob? Yeah, yeah, can we good. grab you? Come and join us, Rob. Yeah, no worries. Come and join us, Rob Angus, Chief Executive Officer of Swindon Town Football Club. Huge day for the club, Rob. It's yeah, really no, exciting, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, Look absolutely. at the Legends Lounge. So you, filling up, you, great. You'd be happy with this, wouldn't you? Sort of half an hour before kickoff on a, on a Saturday, you'd be happy with those numbers. That's a, that's a decent oh, we turnout. Want more, we are, we of course we do. Of course we do. <laughs> but here we are on a Saturday. I mean, this. If if you wanted, I was, I was saying right at the start, Rob. If put yourself in Clem's shoes as someone that's just bought a football club, and you've got this asset, you've got this ground that maybe once, if you're lucky, twice a week gets used. It's, it's an absolute no-brainer that you've got this women's football club that just so happens to be the fastest-growing sport, arguably, in the world. We've got our own set-up, literally, but it's kind of detached from the club. You, of course, would bring it under the umbrella, wouldn't you? And, and, and here you start to see the benefits. So, Polton, brilliant game of football as well. I think most people that came and watched the game against Polton, the 10-0 uh, cup win here, would have left that day thinking, blimey, that was good. But what, it's an asset that we kind of, I guess, from your point of view, Rob, CEO, this is... It's like an asset we've already always had. Now it's just a question of making the most of it. Oh, well, look, absolutely. You know, that's. I mean, part of the job is to make sure that you're driving, you know, revenue as much as you can outside of the football games. It's just why buying the ground when we do that in the in the new year and doing the developments is so important because you can start driving revenue to make the club sustainable. You know, 365 days a year rather than you know the 30 you know 30 days, maybe 26, 27 if you're lucky. You know, um, for for men's football. So it's why it's it's so important. And, and as you say, you know, getting the the women 
uh, women's team player for the second time this season is great. We timed it just about uh, about right because we've got a bit of a break in, in the men's games. Obviously, our next home game is not until the 10th of December. So it's time for Marcus to do some work on the pitch and get it all ready. Um, you know, after the, the women have played on it. Winter months are harder because the pitch doesn't um, repair itself as well. Uh, naturally, it's easier in, in the autumn and the spring because the pitch will, will, will repair itself more quickly with the light, etc. But, but it's great to use it uh, more often. You know, obviously, we're available for parties and conferences and stuff like that. And we try and sell them as much as possible because the more we can do that, the more money gets invested back in the football club to take us forward. And, I, and I'm guessing we're not going to be a million miles away from, like... And we're hoping a new generation of supporters coming in the club shop as well and asking for shirts with Colston on the back. Oh, I, I would be, that would be great, mate. It would be great. I mean, I mean that, that would be that would that would be fantastic, you know. And um, like, it's, it's great to see all, all the young girls here, you know, coming in and enjoying the football. Um, you know, if we can, you know, get just more people coming to go football with, you know, girls, you know, boys, you know, all coming in and, and supporting the town, and it's fantastic. The more, the more, the better. The more, the merrier. Um, and look, I think they've got a great chance today. Obviously, Plymouth in the league above, um, you know. But the way the, the women's team's been playing, you know, is, is, is been really positive. And you know, Clem's really keen. I know to, to drive things forward. We got the Women's World Cup in Australia next year, so we're really committed, and we're working really closely with the, the existing women's committee to integrate to the club to support and to and to grow the women's team going forward. It's, it's tough to get out of the league they're in because it's one up. Um, you know, only the winners of the uh, of the fourth tier they're in get promoted, um, and I think Cardiff are already unbeaten this season. But uh, the plan, very much so, is to is to get a budget and a plan together for next season so we can get the women's team promoted. And I mean, it's 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 very interesting. Talking to the captain earlier, Rob, she was saying about she's got ten years' experience at Swindon Town Football Club, so she's kind of seen it go from almost like a for want of a better word, a part team with that kind of part team commitments where you turn up for training, we'll play a bit of five aside and then have a game. And now she's saying that you're, you're seeing a really, really, like they're all, you know, all the girls are challenging each other, pushing the standards up, the manager's pushing the standards up. I guess Clem's and yourself, you're yanking the standards up as well in terms of professionalism. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? That keeping hold of the likes of Annie Colston, the likes of Helena Diaz-Butcher, you know, the, the star turns out on the pitch. So much of that is dependent on the club continuing that forward momentum, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And look, I would like to say, um, you know, pay, you know, huge respects and huge, um, you know, amazing achievements that the existing women's committee have done to get the, the women's team to where it is, you know, keeping it going. The likes of Martin, the chairman, Roger, Tim, Tom, Laura, you know, they've, uh, Steve Butcher, they've all done, a, you know, an amazing job. Um, and then look, what we're trying to do now as a football club and some other people coming in is, is, is to support them try and take them to that next level, working together, try and integrate, try and get some investment and take it forward. And as you say, hopefully that gives a sign that the great players that we've got, such as Annie Colson and and, and Diaz Butcher as well, look fantastic against Polton, you know, that they, they want to stay because they want to come out. They want to come out and play at the county ground. They want to come out and play. And we had uh, about 322 um, uh, online tickets that were sold ahead of the game. That was around about half 11. Um, so we're going to be well over well over 300 people in here watching them play today, which is great. Of course, we we, we, we want more, but that's a that's a that's a decent number compared to what it would be if they are playing this game at Fairford. So uh, hopefully, we're going to have a good old audience listening in as well. Any 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 individuals that don't choose to get off their their, their backsides today, but try and listen from home, I would say to you. You're going to you'll have much more. I mean, you're going to enjoy listening to us. We're going to give you lots of entertainment. But if you're in SM1, get off your bottoms and get yourselves down to the county ground and enjoy what should be a cracking game. Prediction from you, Rob? I think uh, we'll take it 3-1. <laughs> 
three one town. We'll have a bit of that. Well, we're all. I think generally everyone's going for a win, right? Thanks, so, guys. Cheers, Rob. Best of luck, mate. Thanks cheers, for coming man. on. So, listen, we're um, we'll start we'll start thinking about um, uh, taking our purchase. But we before we do that, let's do the second trivia teaser. We've had another um, guest from Claire, actually. Oh yeah, and what did Claire say? The goalkeeper shirt. Blue and elasticated. No, Claire, I'm afraid. Blue and elasticated. What am I? It's not the goalkeeper's shirt. Your second trivia teaser is... And I'm just trying to blink and find it. Right, what am I? I'm blue and elasticated, yes. I have enjoyed close proximity. Closer than perhaps he would have fully appreciated with a certain Paul Caddis. Plus, I am elasticated... Thank the Lord. So, I'm blue and elasticated. What am I? And I've also enjoyed close proximity, closer than perhaps he would have fully appreciated, with a certain Paul Caddis. Oh, I think I now, know the what, answer. what am I? If you know, tweet, DM, hit speaker request, do what you need to do. We're going to give you a cheeky five minutes before we depart off and jump in our... Uh, because I want this shirt one for your chance to win. A signed, match-worn squad shirt, beautifully donated by the Swindon Town women's team. Um, you have the opportunity to just answer that trivia teaser. Have a guess. The first one was, I am blue and I am elasticated. Your second hint, and if you don't get it off of this, you must be mad. I have enjoyed close proximity, closer than he would have liked, with a certain Paul Caddis. So, guesses, please. Guesses, please. Um, so, should we give him the third teaser, Joe? Should Go we give on. him the third teaser? All right, the third teaser is... Right, your third teaser. I'd have been a decent batsman in cricket, by at ne by name at least. Now, come on. I'm blue and elasticated. I've been somewhere near Paul Caddis. And Matt, you have won indeed. Matt S, ladies and gentlemen, has won the squad-signed Swindon Town Women's Football Club shirt. Your answer to those trivia teasers is, of course, Simon Ferry's pants. <laughs> just to just to kind of explain what that is, blue and elasticated. You will remember Cy Ferry came onto the Swindon Town pitch in 2012, wearing nothing but his blue underpants to collect the trophy. He was, of course, tied in with the second clue alongside Paul Caddis, who he chased around the pitch <laughs> with the trophy to have a picture of Caddis and Cy in his pants. And your third uh, trivia teaser was, um, I would have been a good cricketer in name at least. A good cricketer can slog the ball. Those pants were indeed, for those of you who remember, called, and I quote, sloggies. So congratulations, Matt. Matt, um, send us your details via DM, buddy. Um, we will get that shirt um, over to you ASAP. Matt, if you're at the ground today, um, I don't think you are because you're listening to us, but if you are at the ground today uh, or you can be at the ground, the shirt is available for you to collect. You let us know the best way for us to get that shirt to you. But it's right in front of Joe. I will get AB to take a picture of that shirt, of Joe holding your shirt up, and we will get that tweeted for you as well. So you know it's here for you to uh, collect or we'll get it in the post for you. But we will do that now. So listen... Um, we're going to take a brief pause as we take our uh, position. So stay on the line, guys. Um, there will be a brief period of silence just while we wrap up the tech down here in the Legends Lounge and go and take our positions up in the commentary box. Uh, it's been brilliant having you so far. Um, bear with us. Please stay on the line.
Right then. Well, we're back. And uh, welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm fit, Joe. <laughs> All I've done is walk to the back of the arc. Sort of well well, I'm not actually. Well and truly out of puff. So, format of show. Format of show, esteemed listeners, is um, we are approximately nine minutes away from the players joining us. County ground pitch is looking absolutely resplendent. Light smattering of autumnal leaves, Joe, in the corner of the Don Rogers and the town end, which you'd normally expect your man. Yeah, where's Marcus? Yeah, where's Marcus getting getting out there with his with his with his pointy stick? But nonetheless, here we are for Swindon Town women versus Plymouth Argyle women in the Vitality Women's FA Cup second round. We are going to be joined by a member of the squad who will shortly be making their way out to us. They are just parking their newborn baby, believe it or not, with their partner, um, we are told. Um, but our mystery guest will be arriving with us soon, who will be able to give you a slightly more informed opinion alongside our alternative commentary, Joe. It would be fair to say we're going to be giving our, our public it, it, today. It, it will be quite alternative. Um, obviously, anyone that's listened to the Woking game earlier in pre-season will understand that me and Hannah are not professional commentators. Um, nor, fun, nor, right? do we, nor do we claim to be. <laughs> no, no. And, but we're in lofty company because sat to my right is the voice of Swindon Town commentary. Absolutely. Andrew Hawes. So it's a little bit, this is always a little bit daunting for me to be kind of, you know, sort of waffling away when we've got old Silky Chops himself to our right. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so no pressure, boys. No pressure. You've just got the voice of the BBC sat to your right. But, hey, listen, we did it pre-season, Joe. We, we enjoyed a pre-season, didn't we, where we managed to provide commentary for both Woking and Cardiff. And, uh, yeah, we are back for um, our... Um, we, oh, we've got two guests joining us, Joe, as I glance across. Not only do we have a member of the Swindon Town women's team joining us, but we also have her baby, which is absolutely wonderful. Well, we'll see how... Uh... How much input we can get from the littlest member of the sort of more well, the newest members of the Swindon Town so, uh, supporter base is joining us. So we will do introductions shortly as we uh, take it, just as we're sorting that out. So referee for today is Daniel Forrester, referee's assistant, uh, both a Julian Martin and an Andrew Derry. And this is the first for a Swindon Town country box, Andrew. You'd be pleased to see we have one of Swindon Town's newest supporters stats to our left here in full baby grow yeah this this is one of the commentary first all over the place today commentary first all over the place today joe so please do let's make introductions let's make introductions who have we got in the commentary box with us today uh it's rianne born hallett um i was a swindon town captain and i handed over to alice Garvin while i'm off you're very welcome thank you ever so much for joining us um and and who have we got here? Who's this little bundle of joy? This is Baby Rex. Oh, wow. Very, very welcome. And what an experience. Well, listen, obviously, you, you come and go as you please. Hopefully, you can be with us to uh, provide as much informed commentary as yep. you can today. Um, we've obviously we've had quite a lot of build-up before the game today. Where, oh, so, so, here we are. There's a player joining the pitch right on cue. So what would you say we've got crowd-wise looking down there, Joe? I would say that we're probably pushing a good 400 people, would you say? Yeah, well, obviously Rob Angus mentioned in the uh, pre-match that we've sold 350 tickets at half past 11. Um, you'd imagine that not everyone's booked online. We'd have some people coming into the ground uh, 
sort of off their own accord for the turnstiles. A hundred tickets made available in the legends. I'm pleased to say. There you go. Yeah. So I think if we get 400, 500 fans in today, I think it's a really good advert for the STFC women's side. Yeah. As would... the players trudge onto the field, Swindon Town doffed in red. Argyle in their away kit of white and green. I believe that is the shirt that Plymouth wore when they beat us in the JPC, is it not? Yes, it was, yeah. yeah so, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Patton yeah, John's yeah. trophy, as it's now. A little bit of PTSD for uh, all Swindon Town fans with, uh, that might have attended that night and that good, awful result against Plymouth. Yeah, they are indeed wearing their change of kit. But, uh, yeah, Alice, Alice Bowden leading the fist bumps along the line. Um, Swindon um, are, yeah, looking resplendent in red. Good to see him at the county ground wearing red as well, Joe, wasn't it? Don't get me wrong, as much as I like the green kit, and it was lovely seeing him wear it. It's fantastic seeing him wearing a red. Although I am going to tell you, I'm going to be a little bit picky. Go on. I was kind of hoping, because I've heard that the girls were going to be wearing the red shirt, I was kind of hoping they were going to be wearing the Puma and our Puma. I was hoping it was going to be one, one, one team, one uniform and all of that jazz. Yeah, absolutely. But, oh, bit of handbags already there. As number 20, Beth Ireland of Plymouth Argyle, just bumped into an STFC women's player there. Oh, a um, little bit of needle. Bit, a bit of needle for a start, setting the tone. That's what we like to see. All right, so Radden, give us a, give us a, so as ex-skipper, yeah. ex-skipper of the ladies team, what, what can we be expecting from, from the girls today? Because obviously we're playing opposition that are at the bottom of the tier above. Yep. Um, normally, if you, if you kind of reflect on any sort of standard of football, if you look at us at the top of the tier directly below, yep. you'd be hoping for a sort of like a slightly balanced, sort of, um, slightly balanced performance today. But, uh, sorry, I like a sort of equal performance today. Yep. However... What's been stressed on us today is the step-ups between tiers in the women's game are actually quite big steps. Yeah, they are. Um, I am, well, we're all going into this game thinking that it's actually fairly balanced. We've, I've come across this team uh, quite a few times. They've been in our league for a while and then recently took the step up. Um, so they have played tier three before, then they came down to tier four and now they've stepped back up. So it is a team we can definitely compete with. Um, apparently they're with they're without a few of their big players, so I don't know if that's going to change things. But we can definitely compete and go toe for toe. Yeah, it's really interesting you should say that because it caught, caught me out with all of my prep, unfortunately. They're missing their top scorer, Lily Greenslade, with four goals. And they're also missing second top scorer, Amber Pollock, who yeah. has four. Um, they do, however, have a smattering of players available to them from those making up the long tail of goal scorers. Um, the um, the ladies, including Cunningham, Whitmore, Wilson, Train, Ireland, former England international Rose is not playing today, and Lane. All of those have either three or two goals apiece. They don't seem to score a lot of goals, Plymouth, but they do send when they concede a lot. They concede, they concede. an awful lot. They they do. They and things aren't going their way at the moment. We, this is definitely a game we can take to them. Um, and I know the girls compose a massive threat. Um, they do leave themselves quite empty at the back at times when they put numbers forward. Um, and with the likes of Helena and Annie in the forms that they're in, we can definitely do something. So the, both of the ladies forming up on the halfway line following um, the tragic passing of Carla Heaton. Uh, Rhiannon, you'll, you know, I'm sure you'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come on for talking about yeah. Carla, but we're about to enjoy a minute's applause, I understand, as opposed to a minute's silence for Carla. Yeah. She was greatly missed by the players in the current squad, who are honoured to have known her and shared the pitch with her. Our thoughts and prayers to her family and her friends at this difficult time. Rest in peace, Goldie. 
please join us for one minute's applause, started and ended by the referee's whistle. That was a superbly observed minutes of wars, wasn't it? Phenomenal tribute. Tell, so, um, Rhiannon, tell us, tell us a little bit about um, about, about Carla, flamboyant character. We, I tell you, what was really interesting on Wednesday night, um, we had a we had a show that was all about. Um, it was a light-hearted take, trying to lift spirits after a fairly sort of um, dour dour performance yeah. from the yeah. boys, and, and also the biggest display of shit housing yeah. um, that I've, I've seen at the Canterbury in a long time from Crew Alexandra. So we had a shit housing special. But then news broke of, of Carla's passing and it kind of felt like it just didn't necessarily feel appropriate. What was amazing was that a lot of the, lot of the girls that we spoke to from the Swindon Town squad all made a point of saying, you've got to do the show. Carla would have loved it. And, and they're so right. When I joined the club, she was here. Um, and she was exactly that, a, a beacon of light in a team that, that loved her and... Um, we are forever grateful for the performances she put on the pitch because so many times she got us out of trouble and she she would have been laughing. She really was at the shit house and I am a shit house sometimes myself. <laughs> and uh, she, she would applaud me when I do it. So I know she would have uh, found the show very entertaining. Well, we send the family, um, f- uh, former teammates, colleagues, um, relatives, anyone that's touched by um, Carla's life or indeed her passing, we send you our deepest condolences. Um, and um, and all of our best wishes. Uh, and as Joe was saying, what a fantastic um, tribute that um, minute of applause was. So well, the action's underway at the county ground, Joe. Um, and the ball's been put straight out of play um, in front of uh, the Arkles. Um, long throw up the line from Gypsy Vivash. Um, Plymouth are um, scrapping for possession. The town have got hold of the ball. Meg- Megan Attenborough, just ahead of the D, spreads it wide to Helena Diaz-Butcher. Wide on the right-hand side, comes inside to... Attenborough and play breaks down. Swindon maintain possession, however. Um, Steph Bent in the right-back position, plays the ball inside. Swindon again, looking to make headway through central positions. They've lost. That's a great ball over the top. Helena Diaz-Butcher, who's onside. A little bit of shoulder-to-shoulder, and the ball is put out for a Swindon Town throw just in front of the... um, uh, Not about 20 yards back from the corner flag in front of the Don Rogers Joe. Bright start from Swindon. I was just going to say, yeah, very bright start. Opening minute, um, straight on the attack. We said before the game that we were expecting Swindon to be attacking um, from the off. A youthful side, lots of energy in the midfield. And we've seen that with a few ball recoveries early on, haven't we? Yeah, we certainly have. As, um, again, ball's been played up the line. It's gone out again for a Swindon Town throw. Uh, block tackle from Plymouth Argyle. And Steph Bent is uh, picking it up. 
put the ball back into play uh, for Swindon Town. Not a lot of movement for her at the moment. Um, Megan Attenborough looking to find space. Ball goes into Annie Colston. Bit of loose touch. Loose touch from Annie. And the ball is played back. Uh, Swindon back in possession. Um, wide in the right back position with Sky Hole. Sky's managed to play it up the line. But Plymouth are back in possession. Long ball forward. Good clearance. Uh, Bowden. Good, good clearance from skipper Alice Bowden. Uh, Stefan um, playing more in the right wing back position. Knocks it back to Sky Hole who knocks it back to Emily McGrogan, who comes confidently out of her 18-yard box, Good plays ball. a delicious left-footed pass out wide uh, to uh, Gypsy Vivash in the left wing-back position. So, interesting, looking at the lineup so far, it's it's interesting, Joe. I was just trying to work out for whether or not they just changed the formation there, because I believe they're playing a 4-3-3. But Steph was playing very, very advanced role well, on the right-hand side. Gypsy, Gypsy and um, Steph have both been attacking fairly high up the field early on. Um, they appear to be slotting into a three at the back now, don't they, if you look yeah. at the way that they're lining up. With I Alice think playing on the left of the centre-backs. It's almost folding into a 3 5 isn't it? Out of possession. Mm. Sorry, in possession. Um, out of possession, obviously, you'd find Gypsy and Steph are coming back in to bring that back four back into place. Um it's very fluid from what I've seen so far. Obviously, we've got a goal kick here for Plymouth. Uh, long ball from the back, following that throw in, has rolled out for a goal kick. Goal kick up to halfway. It's won by Plymouth, but Town win the rebound. Oh, rebounded again back to Plymouth. And we are out now for a Plymouth throw in, just in front of Don Rogers, level so, with their own box. So, a couple of interesting selections here, Brandon. So, on, on the left hand side, you've got appreciate. Um, Kat uh, back and Becky Donnelly have rotated around uh, on the, on, if you will, the left wing position this season. Yeah. Um, and they've gone with Becky Donnelly. What does Becky bring to this side that Kat maybe doesn't? As the ball breaks forward, Emily McGrogan off her line and knocks that out for Plymouth Argyle. Throw just in line with the 18 yard box. But we're talking about um, Kat essentially making way for Becky Donnelly on the left flank. What, 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 what does. Um, what does Becky bring to the side that, that maybe Kat doesn't today? Um, I'm not sure if it's as such as what they don't, but I think Becky's been in good form and picking up quite a few goals. Um, if you see the, the late the late winner was scored by Becky um, not too many weeks ago and she got then a goal again the week after. Um, so I think uh, maybe that is what influenced it, just hoping that she can get on the score sheet with Annie. Um, Kat's not picking up an injury, but they both bring so much to the team. Um, but all I can think is maybe it is the goals to Becky's. And another, I mean, it would appear that, that James Lally's gone with, with youth with a couple of other um, selection choices today. So going with um, L Scott um, and going with Sky Hull at the back, as opposed to going with um, Tory Taylor yeah. and, and Jen as well. What's what, what do you think, what will be the thinking there? Is it a question, do those girls bring pace and youthful exuberance and a certain fearlessness of youth or... With the centre-back selection, I would say it was the pace. Um, Jen is an absolute workhorse. She puts her body on the line. Um, and I know it wouldn't have been an easy decision, but her and Alice are quite similar. Um, whereas Sky brings in an injection of pace that might counteract the runs in behind that Plymouth, that Plymouth are known to make. Um, I've watched a few of their highlights recently and their strikers will make Darton run behind. So I think it's just the cover for Alice with the pace in behind for that. Um, with Scotty in the middle. Again, it might be the youthfulness on the big pitch um, and bring Tory's composure on into the game a bit later. Um, but yeah, I think maybe that will have something to do with it, but definitely with the pace at the back. Oh, Plymouth counter-attack here, intercepted in midfield by Plymouth. Into the box. 
a good clearance away from uh, Nasser Good right there. Rebounded back Plymouth on the edge of the 18-yard box. Some lovely, lovely skills there from uh, Tanya Campbell. That's a, shot, that's a good save from Emily McGoggin in goal. Fairly comfortable, you would say, Hannes, but um, that's the first shot on target of the game. Yeah, that, what what I think you see there is sort of on the ball, skills, technical attributes. Plymouth going to be dangerous in and around the edge of the 18-yard box, aren't they? Swindon probably guilty of like just, just hanging back, giving them a little bit too much respect on the edge of their own 18-yard box. Yeah, a, and, a little bit standoffish, but I think, you know, it's been a good start. It's probably the first time we've seen Plymouth attack with real some, some real threat. Um, bit of a warning sign, maybe. Emily McGrogan is not going to thank her centre-backs for just sort of like hanging back and allowing that amount of space on the edge of the 18-yard box. So, no. um, again, lovely little bit of play. So, Plymouth with Kayleigh Kay Lane um, looking to pick a, pick a pass um, and manage to get us out. And they forced a corner right in front of the town end. <clears throat> some lovely play um, down the left-hand side by Catherine Dixon. Um, a nice little turn. I believe it was um, Steph Bent that she's forced the corner from. So, um, corner for Plymouth is going to be taken by, um, interestingly, I think the corner's being taken by Kaylee Lane out wide, just on the corner of the uh, town end and the Don Rogers. Corner's played the low corner. to the edge of the 18-yard box. Town, town managing to clear, away. clear their lines. Tony Colson, fantastic touch by Annie there. Unlucky with the ball through to Diaz Butcher. So, Steph Bent picking it up in the right-back position. Steph playing it back to Emily McGrogan. Plenty of time on her hands. Emily really comfortable with her feet. Plays a lovely lofted pass out to Gypsy Vivash. Can't control that. that one. Can't control that with her right foot. And the ball goes out for a Plymouth throw-in um, about 20 yards uh, up from the halfway line. So, Plymouth working their way up the line. Gypsy Vivash can seize another throw-in just in line with the 18-yard box. Uh, as Tiana, uh, Tiana Campbell uh, gets the ball back into play. Gypsy Virash is just going to... Uh, she's not going to see that after a goal kick. Plays a little chip pass forward to Towns number 14, Becky Donnelly. Um, goes Towns for a in throw. So Gypsy Virash with a big throw up the line, headed back by the Plymouth attacker um, and cleared away by Towns number 18, L. Scott. Here's Attenborough. Um, Attenborough plays a nice long ball. ball to Diaz Butcher. Diaz Butcher's in Ooh. behind and very nearly takes off the toe of the Swindon Town centre-back. Andy Colston has possession 18 yards out. Plays it square and Town have a shot from quite some distance from L. Scott with a left peg. Um, fires wildly over the bar in front of the um, Stratton Bank. But no one's going to dig her out for having a dig there, are they? No, early sighter. Um, town's first shot of the game. So lovely, lovely link-up play, though, from Helena Diaz-Butcher, Annie Colston um, and um, to Fidel Scott. And we've said before the game, we're biased. Obviously, we sponsor both the girls, but they're, um, they really are our star turn, aren't they? They really are our star turn, those Absolutely. two girls. Yeah. Well, we talked about the chemistry, didn't we? We saw the, the chemistry that the two girls have um, moving in from the centre of the pitch into the right-hand side of the field there. It, it's just seamless. Um, Kaylee Lane's really catching my eye, you know, for Plymouth. She's got a lovely touch on her. Really, really quick feet. Very, very silky touch. Swindon Town comfortable in possession back here for the goalkeeper. Emily McGrogan then playing it out wide right. So Town in possession with um, Megan Attenborough plays the ball up the line looking for Diaz Butcher who hasn't quite telegraphed that. And the ball rolls through no, no, to no, the no, Plymouth no, goalkeeper. Interestingly no, enough, no, looking at the no. Plymouth keeper, she's not the tallest, is she? She's not, no. Maybe that's 
El Scott's had a, obviously a go from 25 yards out. Um, she got a lot of loft on it. It went over the bar, but that could be potentially an area that we need to be exploiting or looking to exploit. Um, so pot shots from those distances might not be the worst idea in the world, actually, yeah, yeah. thinking about it. Well, so far, Rhiannon, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but there's nothing, nothing that I'm really seeing from from either side really to sort of suggest that they're um that you know one side streets ahead of the uh, streets ahead of the other would you say that's fair both sides fairly evenly matched both in terms of chances and possession out on the pitch yeah it definitely looked very even if you were um just an unbiased fan sat in stand you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell the difference i don't think between the leagues and here um to be fair swindon taking the game to plymouth i think yeah. they've been attacking and it's only when it's been to an over i find that plymouth's been taking it into our area so Campbell puts the ball back in play for Plymouth Argyle. We're advancing down the right-hand side with uh, Georgia Wilson. Georgia Wilson surrounded by town players, but manages to find her um, Plymouth number 20, Beth Island. That'd be another corner for Plymouth in front of the town end. Beth, Beth Island's attempted um, cross-come shot deflects off a Swindon town player yet yeah, and indeed goes for a corner in front of the town end. So in the corner of the town end and the Arkles as we look at it. Um... Town appear to be um, taking up zonal zonal marking positions from a corner. Um, played short, 25 yards out. Beth England, uh, Beth England Ireland, other country. Um, <laughs> Annie Carlson on halfway, bit of a loose touch, cleared by Campbell. Up towards the penalty box, Swindon Town caught in two minds. Slight, a slight miscommunication there from Sky Hole. Gypsy Vibash in the left-back position has gifted Plymouth possession. Um Crossed in by Campbell from the right-hand side towards a Plymouth player. And the um, sort of acrobatic sort of overhead kick from Campbell. Um, or sorry, from, uh, I think it was from Ireland, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, has run through to Helena Diaz-Butcher. Um, poss possession has been surrendered to Plymouth again, who are advancing from the halfway line. Um, with um, about the, 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 with comment Papa. the with Papa, the commentator's um, nightmare named Papa Ionu. Papa Ionu. Papa Ionu. Uh, for Plymouth um, as a ball inside to the edge of the 18-yard box for, uh, for Plymouth Argyle is cleared by Alice Bowden and the ball is fed out wide to Towns number 14 Becky Donnelly on the left-hand side a few tricks and turns and the ball's played back inside to um, L Scott L Scott feeds the ball back inside to Natalie Goodright who gets it back out wide again to, Nat uh, to uh, Becky Donnelly Becky Donnelly pressing um, Campbell the Plymouth right wing-back um, but Plymouth have been able to wrestle control of the football back and begin working it forward. That's a great ball forward for Plymouth down the right-hand side. And Plymouth's number seven, Charlotte Whitmore, breaks in the 18-yard box. But a fantastic covering challenge from Sky Hole has seen that ball nipped off her toe. Um, and for I another corner. That has gone for another Plymouth Argyle corner. Town, so, town seems to be getting into the right places, don't they, moving forward. But it's, it's breaking down a little bit in the final third. Um, I'm not too sure whether or not it's, it's maybe nerves. It's making it a little bit scrappy at times. Um, but we're certainly getting in the right positions. It's just that last piece of communication, that final ball that's evading us at the moment. Rihanna, I don't know if it's you or, or whether... Oh, sorry, I don't know if it's me or whether you're seeing this as well, but Plymouth just seem to... They, they just seem to have a little bit more of a clue and a bit more composure in and around the 18-yard box. Um Whereas Town seem to just be losing their way a little bit yeah, in the last stage. Like the composure isn't there at the moment for Town, which is disappointing. Um, it's something they're going to have to pick up because soon it will punish us. Yeah. Um, especially in the central areas and in the final thirds. We've got in some really good positions and we've just let them go. 
Um, if you watch and listen, half of the chances from Plymouth are from our loose touches. Um, so it's a, t- a tug on Annie Colson's shirt there as Town broke on the halfway line, surely. Quite clear as day from us. The referee hasn't Elscott. seen it. Elscott, Elscott charging Elscott through. Charging. Um, to the edge of the 18-yard box and the Plymouth goalkeeper is out to smother that. That's a nice little move, but I'm not sure what the referee hasn't seen there as Annie Colston is gesticulating to the referee as she's um, essentially gone 1v1 against the Plymouth centre-back. She would have been through on goal. Um, she appeared to be pulled back by the Plymouth centre-half, but no free kick given. Take this break and play just to calm things down and get their foot on the ball when it comes back in. Um, hopefully that's a message that Alice is sending out to the girls and the other players on the park. They they all know that that's what they need to do and hopefully that's something that will come into their game shortly. But uh, Annie, Annie does seem to be lurking with intent. Um, has shown some, shown exactly what you'd expect her to be uh, showing us. Of all the town players, she's the one that looks like she's doing it. Yeah, Oh, that might have been a receipt for the uh, maybe the referee yeah. thinking for the poor Annie Colson shirt. No, yeah, no, he, really he needed to give one back. There was a, a foul on Diaz Butcher. Tenuous, some would yeah. describe it as. So maybe a little a little lazy in possession there. Helena Diaz Butcher gave away position midway uh, in the uh, defensive half for town. Uh, and Plymouth uh, on the break. Sky Hole uh, should have enough to see about the McGrogan, which she duly does. McGrogan back out to Sky Hole in the now the right back position as she moves forward up the line looking for her options. Um, plays a long ball forward, but straight to the Plymouth uh, left back. Uh, there, number twenty-three, Rosie McDonald. McDonald feeds it forward. Then Skyhole is back there, but turns away from goal towards the Don Rogers. Plays a long ball again, almost like a repeat of where we were before. Um, straight back to um, the Plymouth number twenty-three, Rosie McDonald, who indeed then returns it back down the line, but this time, luckily, straight into the hands of McGrogan. I'm, I'm really not seeing. Much. I, I, mean, I know I've said this before, but there's nothing I've really seen from this Plymouth team to worry us. And I was mentioning Annie before the uh, the last little um, burst of uh, uh, attacking flurry from town. But um, I do get the impression with Annie, if she get if if they can feed her an opportunity, she's going to get shots away. Yeah, Plymouth on the attack here. Good block tackle by Alice Bowden. Oh. Absolutely fantastic challenge in the centre um, from Natalie Goodright. Yeah, so opening 15 minutes here at the counter grounds, Swindon Town Women's nil, Plymouth Argyle Women nil. Um, a bit of a tennis match at the moment, you'd say. Um, not much between either side. It's end to end, just lacking maybe a little piece of quality from either way. Um, Plymouth in possession here in the midfield, back with their centre back. See, Annie's bothering that centre back. Annie, Annie is pressing high, isn't she? Annie is really bothering those centre backs, and you do get the impression she's going to have one off their toe. Yeah, their defenders don't seem to want it, and Annie thrives off that. She sniffs a bit of uncertainty. She's on it. She will make them make mistakes, and it will come, I think. So Annie's obviously around, and Annie's played right up the leagues. It's really obvious today, isn't it? This is almost like you know when you when you. Um, when you see a player coming down, almost like on a, you know, from the from the in the men's foot in men's football, when you see a player coming down from like higher up the tiers, yeah. dropping down into the leagues, and you can tell that they're a class above. And he does tend to kind of have that sort of veneer about her. It's just a know-how, isn't it, of how to kill a game when it's needed, um, when to press. Obviously, we we know that she has quality in terms of her footballing ability, but it's also a mental, the mental side of the game. I think you can see that she's got a a greater understanding maybe than, than, than some at, at this level of football. Um, but just not quite finding her today. They seem to be doing a pretty good job on um, on Lane's Diaz Butcher um, out on the right-hand side. Um, they're not giving her much room to operate, are they, uh, Lane? So she's finding um, 
finding the opportunities to, um, you know, to, to open the door few and far between as Plymouth pick up possession midway through the town half and there's a the shot from Philly 40 yards out there from <laughs> yeah. ambitious um, Rosie, uh, Rosie McDonald yeah un, un, saw her name of lights didn't she yeah unleash that with her left peg through as you say a good 40 yards out that's not going to be troubling that is not going to be yeah. troubling yeah uh, Emily McGrogan Plymouth have got an excellent towel player on the bench um, who's a good friend of Helena's so I don't know if they will have inside information Anna Barnes named on the Plymouth bench oh okay um, i she played with us for a few seasons, uh, moved down for university. She's named on their Oof. bench. There's a shot there from Plymouth's number 16, Georgia Wilson. Uh, took a slight deflection, made it a bit hard for McGrogan in goal. Sloppy, she got down. Sloppy, sloppy from town, it. though, giving away that opportunity to get a shot away. And yeah, a shot from distance. Emily looked like she had it covered all the way through. But just a little bit hesitant at times at the back. Um, as Annie Carlson here at halfway. Right That's good yeah, that's better. Keep an old hole. Steph Ben brings it over halfway in the right back position. Moving forward, Diaz Butcher on the overlap. Out wide with Diaz Butcher. Annie Colson in the middle waiting for it. It's crossed in low and it's cleared by Plymouth, who now have it midfield. Getting a lot of bodies back, Plymouth, aren't they? they when are they're defending, defending they're, getting, they're getting bodies back behind the, behind the ball. Plymouth bringing the ball forward crosses. here. That's a free ball. That's a great ball. Plymouth for one on one. McGrogan has done fantastically there. She's made herself big. She's outside of the box, almost in a Wayne Hennessy position. Um, did much better than Wayne Hennessy, I'd say. Got the ball, cleared it for a corner. I think that's Plymouth's fourth corner now in front of the town end. That was a dangerous piece of football there. Yeah, and she timed that to perfection, didn't she, Emily McGrogan? She's what? a big imposing presence at the back there for, uh, for town, isn't she, in goal? Um, that through ball was inch perfect, pretty much. Emily's read that terrifically, just managed to get a toe on it. Uh, to put it out for the Pl uh, Plymouth um, corner. Have you have you played much personally with Emily? Yeah, and she is my real life hero. <laughs> I love every minute on the pitch with that girl. She honestly is top class, and I am saying it now. She will be. Oh, that was a fantastic shot from twenty five yards out again. Was that McDonald again? Uh, that was the number eighteen, Imogen Crawford. Imogen Crawford, sorry. Fantastic shot from twenty five yards out. The corner came into the box. That was cleared. Half clear by Swindon. Um, so 25 yards out, she's hit it. You can tell by Alice's reaction, she is not happy with the time that that player was allowed on the ball. She shouldn't be shooting from out there. Um, right. They need to get tighter. They're giving them too much respect at the moment and they need to get on their toes. It's, it's in that position where you're expecting um, Natalie Goodbright, whether it's positional or what, they seem to be getting, they're getting a lot of joy in that sort of central defensive, sort of holding midfield position. Yeah. Um, Town of really, yeah, as you say, they've really got to get a grip. I mean, that was a cracking effort from Plymouth. Really, really did uh, worry fisted, Emily McGrogan's uh, crossbar there. Maybe even taken a little lick of paint on the way over. <laughs> That's the thing with this league. The, where you can tell the difference is the movement in the middle. Um, I, we might not be used to it in Tier 4. It's not the biggest of steps in the leagues, but the movement in the league above is much quicker, much faster. You have much less time to uh, worry about that. But now they're in behind. In behind. Pass back. Pass back to the goalkeeper, essentially. We'll take that. Something about Plymouth is there real quick in the change of possession. You see, they win it back in defence, and almost about 10 15 seconds later, they're, shoot, they're, they're having a shot on goal. Yeah, and we're so, giving it away too quickly again. We just had time there in the middle and allowed them to get back in shape. Like they said, they are recovering quickly, Plymouth, and we need to be ahead of the game. Just we seem to be just playing some sort of sort of rushed, hopeful passes, and there's a classic example there from L Scott. Um, 
just looking for before Annie's even set off for her run. She's just looking to sort of put it in behind the put it in behind the uh, Plymouth back line. And Plymouth Plymouth just seemed to be like mopping that up. But it's a lovely bit of play from Gypsy Vivash in the left back position, uh, coming inside on a right foot. Um, but Town have lost possession and given away a free kick just outside the D, the halfway line, as play breaks down. Nobody in a real great rush to take this. It's Plymouth amble forward. Uh, both sets of women take up their positions. Um, Plymouth getting numbers um, forward along the edge of the 18-yard box. Yeah, Rosie Train here with a free kick central around 45 yards out. Loops into the box. Gypsy Vibash headers away. And yeah, big big block tackle. Again, love so looking for Annie Colson here. Uh, swept up by Rosie McDonald. And um, played up for Campbell. She's left kind of isolated again, though, Annie, wasn't yeah. she? We're not getting numbers forward for you know to support her particularly well. Yeah. She's the half bit, clear. A bit of an isolated figure up top at the moment, it's fair to say. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, between the unit to show a massive here. Um, when we get forward, we need to commit in numbers. Um, without leaving ourselves isolated. But at the moment, we're doing the exact opposite and leaving Annie up there on her own. Vibash with a half-cleared effort. Um, back for Plymouth from halfway in the left-back position. Looped over. That'll be cleared again by Vibash. Out wide to Diaz Butcher. Approaching halfway into Annie Colston in the centre. Played back into Steph Bent. Into the middle now with... Good right, out to Diaz Butcher. Steph Bent's available on the overlap. Doesn't quite see the movement. Um, loose play from town back into the feet of Jasmine Reed in the Plymouth Argyle goal. So, again, it's one of those... Uh, it's, it's not one for the purists, this, is it? I think both teams are showing sort of, um, you know, in, in tacking the tent. But it just seems that Plymouth have just got that little bit more quality in the final third. Um, getting numbers um, forward a little bit better than we are at the moment. We're a little bit sloppier in possession. Um, Plymouth on the attack here. Out wide to the right with Plymouth's number 20, Beth Ireland. Heading towards the corner flag, Vibash keeping up. Number eight, Kayleigh Lane comes inside, plays the ball into the middle, and it's cleared again by Vibash. I think Gypsy Vibash has been good, hasn't she? Um, at the back. With a bull terrier light, she's, she's everywhere. Yeah, Gypsy's, Gypsy's been very good, very lively. Gypsy again, very that's a fantastic play by Gypsy. Under pressure, she's managed to keep hold of the ball and she's eventually fouled by Ireland. Referee giving the free kick. Um, 25 yards out um, from the town goal. Town's number one, Emily McGrogan, to take this free kick. So, yeah, Emily taking this on the angle of 18-yard box. Um, plays it long and down the line, down the left-hand side. Um, Plymouth are able to head that back into a midfield position. Uh, Megan Attenborough um, plays that inside. Natalie Goodright and Gypsy Virus seems to be having a little bit of a problem at the moment following that collision, um, which led to the free kick. Gypsy's yeah. gone down. She's down injured at the moment. Um, that does, really doesn't look good. Um so it's a chance for um, the team, town management to have a, a word with, with their players, really, here, isn't it? it um, a, take some fluids on board, have a chat, reset. That was a bit of an ugly coming to for Gypsy, wasn't it? Um, she's, um, and 
yeah, essentially, I don't know whether she's intentionally put the ball out of play there to, in order to receive treatment, uh, but it does seem to be in quite a lot of discomfort. But yeah, to, to your point, Joe, um, James Lally and uh, Keelan down there barking instructions at the girls, um, just reorganising, getting some fluids on board. Both sets of players just taking that opportunity to restock. Um, so what are we, how are we feeling about this so far then? It's, it's pretty much, I think Plymouth are just about edging it at the moment, I would say, in terms of quality of possession um, and obviously clear-cut chances. Do you, um, is there anything catching your eye out there, Rianne? Not overly. It's, I'm not too impressed, <laughs> to be honest, but I am my my own and the girls' worst critic. Um, but that's what they need sometimes, is just to, from outside, just to tell them. Um, I don't know if it's a communication thing out there on the pitch at the moment, but they have so much more time than they realise. And then when they don't have time, they're then taking the time. So it needs to be a bit more communication maybe throughout the team. Um, because sometimes that is our downfall and it is why we are making the wrong decisions. Just a bit more talking out there and it will come together. I know the girls can pull it out of the bag, but yeah, clear-cut chances are definitely um, in the favour of Plymouth, but hopefully that turns on his head. If you're on the pitch, Ryan, um, obviously in your your previous position as captain, yeah. what are you relaying to the girls on the pitch um, at the moment? Obviously, you said you're not massively impressed. No. Um, what would you be... What were your instructions be at the moment? To calm things down, it looks like they're on autopilot at the moment. They're getting the ball and playing the automatic pass without actually looking up and seeing what's on. Um, and I've, I've done that so many times when I was playing, but it's, you just need that player in you just to let you know that's what you're doing. And then you can switch out of that mode and just get back to uh, playing composed passing. Like their communication. She had time to come out this way. She went the wrong way into the player. Yeah. Just a bit more talking from the girls and hopefully I can uh, let them know that I have time. It's a cross ball into the box, Plymouth. That's well cleared by Sky Hull. Um, I think the biggest, as you say, the biggest sort of um, issue for town is, is, is holding possession in the midfield. It's getting very scrappy. We're losing balls in midfield. Second balls, we're not getting towards them. We've got, we're not getting anywhere near them, to be honest. As Diaz Butcher presses um, McDonald there, Plymouth for game possession, but put it out for a throw in in front of the Don Rogers halfway through the, um, the Plymouth half. Um, as I was saying, it, the possession, we're giving it away very easily, aren't we? Yeah, and it's in a game that we don't need to. I know there are some games where you're not going to have a lot of possession, but this is a great example that we can. Yeah. We don't need to be giving the ball away. It's not like they're pressing us necessarily that hard at times. There are An example there, right back, we had the time to get it down and we sent it long again. So, Megan Attenborough plays a good ball into the edge of the 18-yard box. Annie Colston has a touch, but it manages to run through to a Plymouth Argyle central defender who clears and Swindon will have a throw-in. It's a bit better. Just in front of the S of the Don Rogers. That needs um, to be a wake-up. If you've seen that, there's a bit of lack of communication between the Plymouth Argyle defenders and goalkeeper. To me, my eyes would be lighting up there. That's where you've got to be making them force into bad decisions because they had a second to think and not do the right thing there. So I'd be on that. Sky hole, just over halfway. Bringing it forward. Again, a lack of communication. Lost ball. Steph Ben wins it back. Towards Annie Colston. McDonald gets the ball first, brings it across. Forward into the Swindon half, cleared by Hull. Colston on halfway for Swindon Town. Does well. Out wide to Gypsy Vibash, who's back on the field after her um, after a knock. Nice ball out wide for Gypsy. Um, to, um, Diaz Butch for the far post. Offside flags oh, up. Off, but that's a great save from the keeper as well. Much better for Swindon Town, though. Getting into those positions where you can have a shot on goal. Um, fantastic ball from Rebecca Donnelly 
out wide. Um, first time we've seen a keeper properly worried as well. I appreciate the flags just got up, but that's a smart save from um, uh, from J- uh, Jermaine Reed in the Plymouth goal down low down to her right hand side. Um, but nice diagonal ball into the box there um, to pick out Helena Diaz Butcher. Um, smart move from Lane to pull away from a marker and manage to get a shot away. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely better intent from town um, as the goalkeeper puts it forward out wide for a Plymouth I got off Robin on halfway, bang on halfway. Yeah, there's a lot Half of... an hour in here, Swindon Town nil, Plymouth Argyle nil. Um, a few hot shots from, from Plymouth, one that from 25 yards out just went over the bar, um, had Emily McGrogan in the STFC goal. Concerned, I wouldn't say worried, concerned. Um but not too many chances as yet. As Swindon Town move the ball forward over halfway, Gypsy Vibash in the left back position. Lovely layoff there from that good right. Uh, ball yeah, inside. Much yeah. yeah, much better from Swindon Town as Plymouth bring the ball forward again. Oh, that's, uh, that is that's a 1 0 ah. to Plymouth Argyle. Wow. A through ball from halfway. Um, to the right-hand side of the box, Emily McGrogan's down and looks in some, some discomfort. Um, she came out to the right-hand side of her box, one-on-one with uh, goal scorer Beth Ireland? No, sorry, Charlotte Whitmore, the goal scorer. Uh, right-hand side of the box, one-on-one with Emily McGrogan, lifted it over her. It was a fantastic finish, Hannes. Yeah, it really was. A really tidy finish from Whitmore. I don't know whether it looks like that could be some, you know, that looks like that could be um, like something, yeah, something's gone. Emily's in an awful lot of discomfort. Her knee. Yeah, it's, it's certainly, it's an upper leg injury. Um, she's really, really struggling with that. But um, and it was... Just as town getting into the back of the game as well. Curse, curse of the commentator. The just went to check with the linesman. So I don't know if there was any discussion there of what happened. But I didn't, I didn't see if that was a physical challenge that put Emily in that position or if it was something that she picked up? I think she might have when she's come out um, to approach obviously uh, Whitmore coming through one on one maybe she's jarred her knee as she's as she's dived um, yeah potentially got the studs the stuck into the ground yeah she seemed to um, yeah she spread herself and I've got a feeling that her studs have got caught in the turf um and her knee's taking the brunt of that, unfortunately. But just, yeah, curse of the commentators, just as we felt that Town was starting to get the ball down and play the better football, um, Plymouth have been able to break down the right-hand side, just in front of the um, Arkles. Nice ball over the top. Um, has given Whitmore an opportunity one-on-one with Emily McGrogan. And she's finished with a plum um, over the goalkeeper uh, into the bottom left-hand corner. The ball's nestled into the back of the net. If Emily does go off, it'll be interesting to see who they're going to put in goal. Have we? Uh, I uh, forgive me for being um, for not doing my research here, but have we got a named we goalkeeper on the bench? We, we, we don't have a named goalkeeper on the bench, so that's that is potentially an issue for for STFC. No, Emily, she'll probably get on, uh, carry on. But if it is something serious, um, obviously Emmy will take that decision out of her hands. Um, that's all we can hope for. There is nothing too serious. She just needs a minute because if. It is. We might be in trouble with naming a goalkeeper. <laughs> it's, it's one of the problems, isn't it? When you, obviously, when you don't have a goalkeeper on the bench, it's not just the question of... I mean, Emily really is struggling there to put weight on that right right leg of hers. But it's one of, one of the big problems is that even if you are going to kind of soldier on uh, and try and play with an injury, you, you essentially, that loss of movement against a side like this, you know, you can't, you can't get your dives away. 
uh, you can't move around your penalty box. You know, you're immediately shattering the confidence of the defenders straight ahead of you because they don't know whether she's, the play back. It looks like Emily's you. back on her feet. She's hobbling back to her goal, but she she looks far from comfortable. Yeah, uh, so she's going to play on now. So, as Ree said, there she's to play on, but I mean, so what, yeah, what, what's the what's the um, the thoughts? Obviously, a goalkeeper, a half fit goalkeeper, or a an outfield player mm-hmm. filling in the net. To be fair, yes. uh, a half full goalkeeper in Emily is probably a full goalkeeper in some levels. She is unbelievable. So half of her talent would be a lot more than <laughs> what I could probably put in goal. But it's whether it will damage her and need to bring her off. Our club are quite strict. They won't let us run the risk. Yeah. So Emmy will take the decision out of um, Emily's hand as soon as she feels like it needs to. So listen, Rianne whilst obviously um, plays back plays back underway. Um, Plymouth breaking forward again. Um, number, Ireland number two outside wide to Gypsy Vibash. Tam recover the ball. They're, they're going to want to get the ball forward and worry Emily as much as possible now, aren't they? Knowing that she's knowing that she's struggling. Yeah, and it was quite a simple breakthrough that they got. If you've seen, it was just a slip between Alice. Um, it, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't a ten out of ten pass that done it. It was quite a simple pass in behind. So now they're going to know that that works. Hopefully, the girls switch off and. One at the moment, the centre back seems to be on the same line. I'm hoping one of them will drop off and stop that running behind. It was just a hopeful ball over the top, Rian, wasn't it? Just a hopeful sort of ping in between Alice and uh, and Gypsy that's found the gap. But Plymouth attacking here again. Ireland bringing it forward out wide. <laughs> Gypsy Vivash. She's 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 getting Alice up. Bowden just recovering, but it's back to Ireland again. She is starting to pull the strings, Beth Ireland, isn't she? As Plymouth getting an opportunity, my right. Sky Hole doing well to recover that ball, pulling out for a Plymouth corner. Um, Town need to recover their composure here. Obviously, we were in a good position, um, confidence-wise, and getting some from some of us getting into some attacking positions just prior to that Plymouth goal. Emily's, um, Emily's still hobbling heavily. She's limping heavily on that. Now, if I'm if I'm Plymouth, I'm putting the ball right on top of her now with this corner. Yeah, look, in, in swinging corner, standing right on the goalkeeper. In swinger from the left-hand side of the box. That's Emily Brogan yeah. claims great hands. Bowls it out fantastic. Well, well, again, a bit of a miscommunication um, from um, Towns, um, Becky Donnelly and Chantel Scott. And Plymouth are back in possession. Plymouth really are starting to turn the screw now. Really starting to see their, their sort of step up in class show, Rianne, aren't we? Yeah, they are. They're moving the ball quicker and we're not reacting to it enough. Um, that communication has summed up the first half so far. That ball out from Emily should have been expected. Um, and it's not the communication there just to let them know or one of them go to the ball. It's it, At the moment, the communication is ruling our first half, unfortunately. I think we could do with half-time coming up, really. Um, nine minutes till half-time here, 36 minutes in. Another Plymouth Argyle corner in front of the town end. Um, you'd imagine there'd be some injury time as well with that injury to, to town's number one. Um, but yeah, we, we probably could do a break just to sort mm. of regain some composure. Um just let the gaffer have a word with the players as well. Just as just as the ladies were sort of coming to the boil, um, yeah, we were just saying, weren't we, about getting on the ball, playing some you know nice passages of passing. Just as things started to seem like they were taking shape for us, we now seem to have just lost our way completely. The goal seemed to have knocked all the stuffing out of town, um, and obviously with concerns around um, Emily McGrogan, who continues to be limping heavily uh, inside a six-yard box. Um, the omens are not good. Um, Plymouth in possession on the edge of the town 18-yard box. Um, squared out wide. Looks like they're shaping up for another shot from distance. Um, fantastic piece of um, defensive play from Becky Donnelly. Forcing Plymouth back towards uh, back into their own half. Annie Colston continuing to press Plymouth back. 
as Plymouth come forward with Rosie McDonald in the left back position. Uh, down uh, the left wing, McDonald again in possession, um, seeking out the pass in central midfield. Out of position a bit. If you see Lanes is in the central midfield area, Meg's out on the right. Then yeah. now switching back. Um, but we we just need to keep holding the ball now. Emily's got it in her hands. It's time to settle down as she kicks it long. <laughs> <laughs> kicks it long and more or less straight back yeah. into um, Plymouth possession. But again. It's one of the problems, isn't it? When you're a, when you're when you know this is a little bit of um, a little a sort of lack of experience showing, I think, in Emily's game there, but also the concerns around her injury as well. Just wanted to get rid of the ball. Um, it's Plymouth again attacking on the edge, um, about sort of currently about 35 yards out, moving the ball back into their right back position with Campbell. Uh, Campbell comes inside to. And makes out on the right. bringing the ball forward here. It's caught in possession. That's a cynical foul from Alice Bowden on halfway. Bowden just getting a, a little bit of a tick, you know, a little bit of hot headedness. We know. Yeah, there's a little, a little bit of that uh, coming out in Alice Bowden. Um, I'd say that's probably the final warning from the referee. Um, he was quite stern. Three or four whistle blows usually means it's either a card or it's your, your last one before a card comes out, doesn't it? Yeah, get hold of yourself. I mean, again, for, for Alice, this must be a kind of frustrating game unfolding in front of her, Rianne. I was going to say, that'd be a frustration coming out. You've seen uh, when they had that close shot that just took a bit of paint off, Alice showing a frustration then. Um, but she'll, she'll, get, she'll get it back. She'll get her game back under control and hopefully the girls will too. Yeah, she's she wants the girls to lift their game. She knows this isn't good enough from us. The well, ball was launched into the box there from that Plymouth free kick. Um, there was a volley on the edge of the box from, uh, I believe, goal scorer Charlotte Whitmore. Um, didn't catch it. Just went over the bar, looked over the bar. Never really worrying Town's defence. But Plymouth again breaking in that set. Opportunities opening up again in that central defensive midfield position. Plymouth get a shot away and a, a quality block from the captain, Alice Bowden, again. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I've not seen the, uh, the stats. I'm sure Betfrey's is fine. Might be able to help us out Paul, there. Well, I'll tell you, Paul Marcus Cassidy for a start is going to get be getting the right arm because the, um, that the wear and tear yeah, in that corner. They're going to wear and tear in that corner and taking an absolute pound in this half. But uh, sorry, Marcus, we're all being well, mate. You're uh, you've got another 45 after this where we're going to we'll be turning turning the tables on them. But at the moment, it's all pretty much Plymouth Argyle. As Plymouth shake up, take an in swinging corner, which they drop right on top of Emily McGrogan. Um, who uh, and the ball is, is essentially headed clear. There's a chance. Oh, it's headed uh, over the bar. That was a very, very good chance for, again, Four Charlotte Whitmore to make it a double. Um, Four yards out, Joe. Four yards out. And she's got pretty much a free header and she sent that sailing over the bar. Yeah, she'll be disappointed with that, that one. But that's a let-off for Town's defence. We really need to, to tighten things up a little bit. Because... They off there. They thought that was going out of play. Um, if you see the girls turn the back to the ball um, and she was able to float one in for a free header, we got away with that one. Town just giving away possession again in that same spot, central defensive midfield. And I mean, this is something that it's it's really, really quite obvious. And Town's management have got to get hold of this. As Campbell in the right wing position plays it back to Beth Island, who swings a deep ball towards the penalty spot. It's flicked onto the back post and Diaz cleared Butcher away. Did well there. Some great backtracking from Helena Diaz Butcher. But again, you, you don't really want to be seeing lanes in that position, do you, no, Rianne? No. You really don't. And that's that's going to be a red flag that you're. Your, your attacking movement yeah. isn't quite where you need it to be. We're hoping that if Emily can claim it now, we hit one of the front three on the break um, and we can get that goal back before half-time. In swing a corner from Plymouth. Oh. 
again, that was a very, very, very good chance for um, Kaylee Lane at the back post. Diving header, didn't quite connect. Town on halfway, potential counter-attack, we can get the ball again. Lovely Annie Colson back Colson. out to Diaz Butcher. Attacking Plymouth's number three train. Uh, you can see what, she, what Megan, Megan Attenborough, um, 25 yards out, has tried to, has got hold of possession, has tried to thread a ball in through the channel of centre-back and full-back for Helena Diaz-Butcher, but just a little bit too much on it today. Town really struggling to get the passing going. Um, as I say, the goal's really not stuffing out of them. Um, positionally, Town haven't been great either. Um, there's an awful lot for James Lally and, and uh, Keelan to be working on um, at, at half-time, Rianne, isn't there? I was just about to say before on the last break, Lane's made some really good decision making not to play the early ball across and to pull it back to Meg. You could see what Meg was trying to do, but it just didn't pay off. Um, but it's been too much of that in the first half, not just by Meg, obviously, but from everyone throughout the pitch. It's just not paying off, but we need to make sure it does now. That's good block by Alice to stop him going in behind. Oh, as Plymouth have managed to... Plymouth managed to... Um, oh, everyone's dropping like flies. <laughs> Oh, Swindon on the counter attack there, three on three. Um, three players, players. On the, three players on the deck at one point. Yeah, but um, a player from each side on the deck. But um, that was not into Swindon's counter attack there. The referee hadn't blown. Free, so free kick given to Town. It's not a foul. It's a foul, was it? It was. Just, it was. It wasn't a foul. It was just that the people were down. But we did have a chance to break then. Yeah, we have, unfortunate. Um, yeah, we've had two breaks then, similar just then at the t uh, the far end. Um, hopefully, we can have a bit more of that before the. The half closes in a couple of minutes. Yeah, you'd, as I said, you'd imagine we'd get three or four minutes at least injury time. Um, I don't think we'd go just as far as uh, sort of Qatar standards of 14, 15 minutes injury time, but three or four at least for the injury for Emily McGrogan, who still doesn't look particularly comfortable um, in front of the town end, trying to get some movement in her legs, but it's clearly a residual um, pain just trying to stretch out her. Her knee, uh, to me, it looks like she's jarred her knee. I think that's the injury um, that she suffered for attempting to save, obviously, which turned out to be Plymouth's goal. So a couple of minutes before half-time, and it's Swindon Town nil, Plymouth won. It's certainly not all lost here, isn't it? But Town have got a lot to do, Rianne, in order to sort of claw their way or sort of have some sort of meaningful impression on this game because so far it's not been... We, we, we've lacked the ability to sort of keep hold of the football, find those patterns of passing. Um, that caused such problems for the likes of Poulton more recently. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely not a game that's ran away from us yet. We're still in this. It's just down to the girls now to manage the game. It is uh, not, um, it's a big occasion again at the county ground, but it's one we can get on top of. Um, we might, it might even be to say we are quite lucky for it to be 1 0. The yeah. amount of free headers, corners, and stuff Plymouth have well, had. They've had two, haven't they? They've had two very, very good very chances. Good so chances. They should have worked, at least worked the goal for the couple of managed to put wide. Yeah, so we can go into half time positive that is, is nothing more um, we've won a free kick now yeah free kick um, just outside the box the left hand it's side a very dangerous position this Joe for the free kick and Gypsy can deliver she, her free kicks are very good so G Gypsy Virash um, looking for an in swinger so she's a right footed left back we are town are approximately uh, approximately five metres on the angle of 18 yard box it's a packed um, pack box isn't it they've got at least nine players in the box on Plymouth there Falling from Gypsy, Annie Coulson, and it's flicked out off the top of Annie Coulson's head for a goal kick to Plymouth. So, I was kind of hoping what I was going to see there, Rianne from Gypsy, was a little bit more of a kind of whipped approach, as rather than floating that up to the back stick. Um, 
I was hoping that she was going to really kind of fizz that into the six-yard box and, and ask some questions. Was that what you were expecting or is that pretty much par for the course? I was hoping it would be that because any sort of deflection, that can end up in the net. Um, but I probably would have called that Jitters and flirted to the back post in the hopes that she can put give her teammates a chance. But I would have fizzed it just so anyone could put a touch on it. So, Ball's currently in possession with the Plymouth goalkeeper. Uh, Jermaine Reed plays it long, straight down the middle of the pitch. Just a hopeful hump more than anything. And the ball has found its way out to the right-hand side with Beth Ireland. Ireland comes inside to Kaylee Lane. Kaylee Lane links up with the forwards and Argyle have got an opportunity edge in the six-yard box. And that's 2-0. 2-0. That's the worst time to concede. They have literally skipped through several chances and goal scorer, who I'm trying to work out that is... Whitmore for a second goal. Charlotte Whitmore's second goal. Yeah. Again, Emily, she can't carry on, I don't think. She's really, really struggling. She's on the deck again. Um, holding that knee. Uh, you, you could tell as well that she wasn't 100% my, with that one-on-one. -on -one. She didn't come out for it. My thought might be that Steph Ben might go and go with Ella coming off the bench if needs be, but that is just my, what I think might do. Hmm. I, I can't say why I said that. I don't know, but that's the feeling that I'd be getting if she does have to come off. That's a, that's a real worry, isn't it? If Obviously, we've got an alpha player in goal second half, 2-0 down. I suppose the way you've got to look at it potentially is that we might have some ball-playing ability, um, some better ball-playing ability maybe at the back. But Steph does seem to be walking over to Emily, so... Emily's gloves are off. Emily's Emily's absolutely disconsolate. Head in, in her hands. Bless her. She looks really short, doesn't she? Yeah, this is not... Today is not going to plan for Emily McGrogan. Um, or STFC. Yeah, in, yeah, indeed. And I think the fact that, as we said before, Swindon don't have a reserve goalkeeper on the bench says a lot for, for Emily and on so many fronts. Um, her ability to keep um, keep her performance levels and standards high without the heat of a reserve goalkeeper on the bench. Her um, uh, resilience. Um, might for half time and hopefully give James 10, 15 minutes to make a decision. But that's all we could hope for, really. Where's Mildy when you need him on the bench, eh? Get, oh, right. get Keelan on the uh, bench yeah. with his gloves on. Well, there's, lot, there's lots of shrugging and hand gestures from both Steph and Alice and indeed Lanes. Um, as to, and uh, clearly, it would appear to me that they're debating who who can go in goal if anyone does. Emily's back up on her feet. Um, does seem to be putting her gloves on. Whether that's going to be like, can you just see it through to half time? It looks like that's yeah, that's what she's going for. The gloves are going back on. The, uh, the referee needs to maybe make some kind of. A sportsmanship call of you know just blowing the whistle. We might not be at the at the, the minimum amount of time, but it's not doing her any good. I being on the pitch, she's clearly not able to play at a at a high standard. Again, she's sort of crouched over, clearly in discomfort. Mm. Again, I, I that goal it was it was a case of creeping into the box. Whitmore cut back across the six yard box. It was a one on one with Emily. Um, and McGrogan just she didn't come out for the ball. It, it was made fairly easy, I think, due to that fact for for Whitmore to slide it past her. And I think I think 100% fit. Um, Emily McGrogan comes out and, and smothers that. Yeah, they just, she just sort of um, Whitmore sort of danced through for the second goal, didn't she? Lovely footwork and a really tidy finish low into the bottom right hand corner. But um, yeah, town of sixes and sevens at the back here, just giving away possession. Um, Again, it's not ideal. Um, Sky Hole surrendering possession um, on the edge of a racing yard box. Plymouth get the ball back into the box. 
Alex Bowden heads, heads wide. Steph Bent attempts to clear. Towns are struggling to clear their lines. Steph Bent puts a foot for it. And the ball is out of play into the Don Rogers stand. Um, this is a bit... <laughs> it, it is kind of going... Sort of, it, it is going with form, isn't it? It is going, like you know, Plymouth have, have been by far the better team, um, doing a lot more with the ball, looking more organised. They've got a better shape about them. Um, Town really do need that whistle to go, Joe. You know, another yeah. another goal before the whistle, and that really is curtain. The, un- the unfortunate the thing for Swindon, I think, as well, that's that's one of the worst times to concede. Um, one nil going into the second half. You, you've, yeah, it's a different story. You've you've got a, a much better chance to get into the game. It's not as deflating. Um, but I can't think of anything more to face than conceding a goal like that in the way we conceded. I could say the injury to Emily not helping the cause at the worst time possible, wasn't it? That goal, we made it look easy for Plymouth. She had too too many chances to get her foot on the ball. She did some good turns in there, but she had too much space. Um, Again, it came from lost possession in the midfielders as well. That's, That's Plymouth attack here. Whitmore again going into the box. And guess what? It's gone for another corner. Again, yeah, as I said, you can definitely see that she's she's not able to to move freely, um, to command her box with any real um, confidence. So, Rianne, with a ball out of play yeah. and with it edging towards half time, um, when are we going to see you with your boots back on? Uh, hopefully soon. We're with my first son. I had him in June and was back in the September. Not sure if they're going to let me do that again this time. Um, but I'm really hoping in the new year I can get back to training and get my boots back on. It's going to be harder to get up to this level and the squad is so big. Um, and the competition positions is massive. Um, low, low corner into the box from Plymouth. And Alice Bones able to put a foot for it. Clear it to the edge of the 80-yard box. And there is the whistle for half-time. So sorry. Rianne, before you were so rudely interrupted, so you're 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 edging towards it. So, talk, I mean, again, tell us tell us what you can, um, Rianne, about how difficult is it after 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 having a nip at oh, that's really really not what we want to see. Sorry, as we break away from talking to Rianne and glancing down towards the town end, Emily McGrogan's being helped off the pitch. Um, literally, can't put any weight at all on that left leg. Um, as she's literally being lifted off the pitch, a combination of um, town coaches and physio staff taking over from her playing colleagues. That really doesn't look good, Rianne, does it? No, it doesn't. And Emily is one to just fight on. So to see her like this um, is really not good news. And I don't know what hand James Lally's going to play now. So thank you. Mike Dixon has got an idea or two. You'll be pleased to know. You'll be pleased to know, Rianne. So, um, Mike saying that um, Alice Bowden's played in goal um, versus Chippenham, um, but obviously she's needed a centre-back. And just echoing your points from earlier about Steph may Steph may end up in goal. Um, Steph probably the most likely to pull the gloves on. But either way, whichever way you cut it, it's not ideal having such a specialist position occupied by an outfield player, is it? It's just, it's it's Sod's law. Having a goalkeeper on the bench, chances are you're never going to need them. And then, sure enough, whenever you do need them, you haven't got one on the bench. It's just that, and... Emily brings so much to... Her game herself is massive, but what she brings to every single player's game out there is something... is indescribable. I've never played with a goalkeeper that brings so much extra to my game. Um, So if we do have to lose her, it'll be a massive loss to the girls. She appears to be suggesting that it looks like from her hand gestures that she's really... She's jarred her knee in the turf. 
So yeah, that's that's a that's an awful impact injury. Hopefully not too serious, um, and they can work on her at half time. But all the omens would appear to suggest that um, she's not going to be coming back out for the second full. She, it, I don't think it's worth it either to us. Um, she's stuck in a position where she's sat on. Well, she's she's stuck on her goal line. She can't come out with the balls. She can't have any command of her box. I just don't think it's helping her or or us really as a, as a, as a team to be able to compete. In that position. No, it's not. And is the doubt that it will add into the defender's mind? Is Emily going to come? Is she like? It is a game, a game-changing injury for everyone. But is at the end of the day, is what's best for Emily um, medically, and hopefully, Emmy will be able to have a, a look at her at halftime, and whether it's just a rub down that she needs, and just a bit 10-15 minutes to uh, work out, up. yeah, to rest up and work out what's been done, or if it is going to be a substitution coming. But it does look like. A few of the subs have gone in, Ella being one of them. So if it was a Steph bent to go and go, it would probably be Ella coming on. And she has gone into the chair. Oh, she's back out. Curse <laughs> <laughs> the commentator. Whether she's been sent out to have a more intense warm up, we don't know. But yeah, he, he might just see what M's like. Um, but to me, it didn't look good. No. So the story, story of the first half then, um, pretty much um, even Stevens up until about the 20 25th minute. Um, when um, hopeful ball over the top led to Plymouth nipping in behind Alice Bowden and Gypsy Vyabash. The onrushing Emily McGrogan was beaten by a lofted finish into the bottom corner. Um, sadly, McGrogan seemed to have picked up a, an injury, jarring a Steph Ben, oh, Steph ben will be going in goal. Yeah. So um, McGrogan seemed to jar her knee um, as she went down and never fully recovered for that. Um, second goal, um, you could see that there were struggles with... Um, there were struggles with... Um, Emily McGrogan and in uncertainty from her defensive colleagues as um, the goal scorer Whitmore for the first goal danced through the town back line and finished into the bottom right-hand corner this time, low with her left foot um, for Plymouth 2, Swindon Town nil, leading to, again, McGrogan being left on the turf in significant discomfort. And um, essentially, um, it's a question of um, Plymouth having just that little bit more nous um, that little bit more quality on the ball, a little bit more of a, of a, of a, of a not necessarily the plan, but a little bit more of, a, um, um, of an executional prowess uh, that leads it uh, to half-time scoreline here at the counter ground being Swindon Town nil, Plymouth Argyle 2. So, Rianne, sorry, you were saying about returning. I was, I was going to ask you a question about, um, obviously, one of the unique challenges in women's football is obviously the, I don't want to say the elephant in the room, but if you know what I mean, the, the yeah. fact is... Um, Women carry babies, men don't. Um, physiologically, what kind of an impact can that have on? Because it can, for for some females, it can literally almost like sort of signal the end of their career for so many so many different reasons. So, what on a practical level? What are the sort of things that go through your mind when you sort of essentially when you when you discover that? Hey, listen, I've got a little one on the way, but you're a pro footballer. What what goes through your mind? Oh, it's so hard and I just remember it feels like yesterday when all those questions you ask yourself before you ask anyone else are going around your going around your head and for me I came to this club with already a little boy um, and I'd been there so it feels much easier this time and I knew what to expect but it's deciding when do you stop playing because um, at the end of the day you're you're on this challenge on your own for a good three months before anyone else knows um, and it's Choosing them when personally is the time to end. How, like, and before even that is like, is it the right decision? Will I be able to get back playing? 
And for me, it was like I had to decide whether it's football or family life. And it, it is such a big pressure on women. And if you see in the pro at the at the top, how many have had children? Not that many at all, because it is a game changing thing. Like I was a different player when I came back from having my first. I could still play the same way, um, and I managed to get back physically fit to the level. Luckily, but this time I think it's going to be a bit different challenge. I'm five years older. I've also got two kids. Is it going to be as easy to get out to training two, three times a week? Yeah. Get to away games. It's, That's what I mean. it's not just the physiological issues for you, is it? It's it's like literally the organisational and the actual kind of, you know, the maternal yeah. sort of requirements. It's so difficult. And I live an hour away from here as well. So it's the extra hour to travel, the two, three hours of training, the hour back. That's five, six hours. Luckily, I'm in a position that my husband's at home at, on the evening and with, without any without any doubt, he'd give up every evening for me to go and chase what I want to do. Um, but not not every woman is in that position. Um, I'm lucky that if I did want to go back tomorrow, he'd make sure that that's something that I could do. But it really isn't easy. And for example, if he's working away, I've then got to try and sort someone to come to my house, look after my children. And then if I can't get childcare, I don't come training. Do I then get dropped? It, it's such a hard, hard place to be. Um, but I'm proud to have done it, to be honest, because there's not many women that have made the return and I found when I've gone for it this time that um, Sarah Wiltshire, who used to play for Man City, she's probably the only other female that I can relate to in the game. She's done it twice yeah. and she's reached out as a as a um, advice line and she's always been there to speak to and, and to reassure me that it is possible and I can do it. Um, so she's been a massive help in my return and just keeping me sane really and it's up to me if I want to come back, I can. But if you do come back, it is possible. So it's still got a lot of questions now. Like it, I had major surgery. I ended up having a C-section. So it's just delayed my recovery more than I wanted. Yeah. Um, but it's a challenge. I had a C-section last time. So I know I can do it. Um, but it's now I've got the boundaries of the medical team. They're a bit stricter than when I returned. So whether they'll let me back as soon as I'd hope, I don't know. Well, we wish you all the very, very, very best. Um, and and hope. I mean, have you put any kind of time frame on a, on a return? Have you given yourself any sort of any timeline to work to? I I was trying to decide on this. I'm I just can't sit on the sidelines. I'm just so bad for it. So I wanted to return to training in January. James and Ali had a different idea. He thought I should. He said I can come back to training maybe a bit sooner than. But he thinks I should look to return to games at the start of next season. And to me. I just can't do it for that long. I know I can't do it. So I'm going to go see a physio just to check my like ab muscles and just check there's no separation. So I am, I know that I can physically do it. And then it's up to me whether I put in the hard work. But I'm hoping February. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting. We're talking about sort of, you know, sort of separations and, yeah. and whatnot. It's like, it, it really is like you, like unique physical sort of, sort of changes challenges that you have versus obviously sort of i mean you know the, you can't i mean people talk about like the softening of bones yeah. you know there are so many other things you've got to consider how many how many is that is this something that you just have to go through as in tests like like unbelievable levels of testing at hospital or is this just something where you you just know you can feel the difference or i, I don't really know 
exactly know. And to be honest, at the moment, I feel a bit like a guinea pig because <laughs> not many people have done it. So, like, I couldn't even go to the top physio because how many elite women footballers have made the return? Not many. So, to find the people that have worked with those, like, if it's so hard. Like, if you had, a say, ACL injury, you could pay to go to the top person and work yeah. out how to come back. Who could I pay to go and see if they've not worked with anyone that, that needs to come back to a, to a high level? Yeah. So it's so it's the unknown at the moment. And I tell myself that I know if it would feel different, but I don't. And that's the worry in the back of my head is, would I be causing more damage with going into it, the unknown? But someone's got to be the guinea pig. <laughs> I guess you, I'm guessing, I mean, that's the other thing as well. Like, you, you wouldn't, there is a sort of a certain element of just sort of that leap into the unknown, isn't there? Like, you just... Well, if I don't, if I don't do this, I'm, I don't try. I'm not going to know. Last time I just went for it. I thought I'm not going to know until I do it. And luckily, I didn't have any injuries from it. I could definitely feel the difference in my game. Um, I've always been a box-to-box midfielder. 120 minutes I could go. At, I I just loved the physical side of it. I like I just loved it. But after my first son, I, that slightly changed. I could do it. But probably not to the best level for so long, and I now know now this time that it's probably going to be the same. Maybe would I go as a deeper centre midfielder, um, and not so much box to box? But that's questions that I need to put to Lally and see what he thinks we should do in my return. Yeah, I mean, Annie Colson's spoken, doesn't she, about obviously last season her her goal return. It, it, well, it's not in taste of what it is this season, and she sort of put it to coming back from obviously having her her little one um yeah the importance of pre-season to her as well yeah. like having having that opportunity she, said she was blowing wasn't she after she, she wasn't the same player she's literally a different player um even in her headspace the belief she's got now that realizing you can still be a good player when you've come back from having a baby um i remember when she came to pre-season with us um and it was so refreshing to see like it is <laughs> it sounds bad but it's also like a break away from being the mum. You're not the mum. You're the footballer that you were before. Um, and it is, it is weighing up. And to see Annie grow into it and enjoy it with Olivia on the sidelines is just the most amazing feeling as a friend and a teammate. And I'm so proud of what she's done. And I can't wait to join her in making the return. So this is your this is your fourth year um, with Swindon Town now, Rhiann. And this must be incredible seeing the, the journey that that Swindon Town women are on. Over, compare compare where they're at now versus four years ago. What I mean, it's, it must be like night and day for you. It is like a different club. And some days I actually think I'm gutted. I'm gutted that I'm not part of it. But what I need to realise, I have been part of it. And with the hard work I've put in and my teammates in the club, that's why we're here. And one day I will be back. I'm still on the journey with them now, but I just don't, I don't get to enjoy big occasions like this. But... To see and watch my friends and my teammates do it is amazing. And I know deep down that if it wasn't for the conversations I've had in the last four years with the different committee members, that they might not be in this position. So I am a bit gutted, but I'm also so excited to get back and hopefully get on this exciting journey with them. Well, I suppose this is even, it's probably pushing you over the edge of excitement, yeah. um, seeing the growth of the, the women's team over the last, I'd say even six months, not even year. Oh. It's just been, it's been like a roller coaster, isn't it? It's just gone off. Yeah, it has. And you're right, it has given me that extra spark to get back because, you know, if it was just, there were so many battles off the field with any club I've been at, but especially with Swindon, we just wanted to be this one club. Um, so now that the team is that, it's like, it's like 
it's confirmed. Yes, I do want to get back. There was a bit of doubt. Can I do it with two kids? Can I do it with working full time? Kick yourself if you don't know. That's yeah, and now I'm thinking, no, this is something I want to definitely be a part of still. So it's given me the spark, and I'm excited to get back to training with the girls. So the teams are, are back out on the pitch, and they're just in their huddles now. Steph Ben has got the goalkeeping kit on, and she's being roughhoused, it's fair to say. Hype <laughs> man, Alice Bowden. Surprise, surprise by Alice Bowden. Rolls are reversed because Steph is the biggest hype woman you could ever meet. She is, <laughs> she's quality, and she will, she will dominate that that back four. She will not let them get away with anything. I think all you've got to ask from Steph here is, you know, we're not expecting her to be pulling off Manuel Neuer-esque <laughs> saves. It's just a case of having that confidence and coming out and trying the best to command that box. And, and in many ways, if you look at how the two goals have come about, two of Plymouth's goals, it's balls in over the top. Yeah, where actually, if you've got a sweeper keeper, it's not so much about... The second one gets cleared with a, with a fully fit goalkeeper, yeah. I think. And I think to a certain degree, um, the first one gets dealt with as well. Um, if you've got, um, you know, someone's just as quick off the line. Ella um, Harry's coming onto the field as well. So, yeah, Ella Harry's coming on in what looks like right back position um, with Steph Bent slotting uh, back in goal. So, makeshift goalkeeper for this second half. Plymouth, very much as you were. Um, town lining up with um, uh, Steph Bent in goal. Uh, we are going Ella Harry's at right back. Gypsy Vivash at left back. Natalie Goodright, central defensive midfield. Alice Bowden and Skyhole, your centre-backs. Your wingers on the right. Helena Diaz-Butcher, Becky Donnelly on the left. Megan Attenborough and L Scott making up your midfield duo um, and Annie Colston up top for town. That is the football. That is how I wanted to see that start. They played it out with composure then throughout the back. Um, and now they're through on the right. Much better start to the half. Yeah, very encouraging. Um, some two nice... Touch, two touch football. Yeah. yeah, two touch football, triangles in the midfield. Um, Attenborough playing a through ball through to Diaz Butcher that's just cleared for a throw-in. Um, that's been taken, cleared up his midfield. Plymouth win the battle there. Out wide with Ireland. Into the right of that position. I'll be surprised if Plymouth don't go for a high press now with seeing Steph in goal. But Steph will ride it out, I think. And so, it will leave him open at the back, hopefully. Steph's, Steph's occupying a really, really high position, just like looking at that. As, as Plymouth have, have broke forward, they're halfway into the town half and Steph's sort of midway between a six-yard box and a penalty spot, which basically tells you all you need to know. Mm. Steph's going to be looking to play essentially this half as as the as your orthodox sweeper keeper. The the as as fans of um South Shields will tell you, the only downside of that, of course, is um all it takes is somebody with a half decent dig on them and they'll be um putting a lot of um yeah. they'll be putting the uh they'll be putting um Steph under an awful lot of pressure um from distance with shots, etc. So Alice Bowden clearing lines for Swindon Town um, with um, Plymouth on the attack just in front of us here in the Arkle stand. Um, Plymouth number three, Rosie Train, uh, plays it inside. Uh, back down the line to number 23, Rosie McDonald. Again, forward to Train on the left-hand side. Train sweeps the ball in towards the penalty spot. Oh, there's a big call, but it came late from Steph Bent and Gypsy Vivash and Bent semi-collide um, halfway between the penalty spot and the edge of the 18-yard box. And the ball flashes wide of Towns' uh, left-hand post for another Plymouth Argyle corner. I've genuinely lost one. <laughs> oh, we must be up to 15, 16 odd Plymouth corners by now. That's, um, not, that's not help Steph's um, confidence, I don't think. Yeah. She needed to make that hers. I think yeah, claiming that would have been a nice, 
a nice confidence boost to start the half. I'm surprised Peel can't play the ball in the box with uh, Steph on her first corner, but they played it short and we've won it back. Yeah, goal kick. So Steph ended the goal kick here. Um, so makeshift goalkeeper Steph Bent, uh, Emily McGrogan going off in the first half or finishing the first half, um, jarring her knee, looked in real discomfort, town without a goalkeeper on the bench. Plymouth into the box here. That's cleared away by Bowden. Very loose pass from Skyhole across the edge of her 18-yard box. I mean, these are fundamental errors now that you're expecting them not to make. Lots of misplaced passes. Town came out like that, that initial foray forward, Rianne, and you were thinking, right, OK, yeah. they've had that half-time reset. They've got their plan back. Or they've got their heads back on. But I'm very, very quickly. Yeah, I'm hoping it's just a one minute off and they can get back to how they started the half. If you look, when when Plymouth defenders have the ball, Plymouth's got four attackers lined up against our back four. So they're definitely going to uh, put some pressure on Steph. But that's where the higher attacking players need to be pressing the ball. They can let them play those balls into the box. Yeah, it's a very attacking formation, actually, looking at it from Plymouth now. It almost looked like a 4-2-4 yeah. um, in possession. They're getting everyone forward. Into the box, away by Vivash. Plymouth so, bring it back forward. Ireland on the right-hand side. So, yeah, Campbell to Ireland. Ireland playing it back inside. Plymouth building slowly, patiently down the right-hand side. But a Loose touch from Crawford. The tackle's flashing in from Plymouth. And that's a free kick to town. Directly I'm in not front sure of that was a free kick. Pretty much. No. I, didn't, I didn't see that foul there, but we'll take it, Mr. Referee. <clears throat> So, yeah, so again, half-time regroup. Let's just hope that's a, um, that's a minor lapse. But just town just seemed to lose their heads for a couple of minutes. Just flashing passes, lazy passes, blind passes. But a free kick um, to be taken by Gypsy Vyvash just seems short of options going forward. Plays it inside to um, L. Scott. Um, Vyvash plays it as a very, very clever pass out to, um, to Hull. And that's a yeah. great through ball from Megan Attenborough to Helena Diaz. Butchu squares it. Oh, and the ball flashes in cross of Annie Colston and it is cleared away um, for a town throw right over in the corner of the Don Rogers and town. And that's, that's the first really exciting piece of attacking play in this second half. Lane's Diaz Butcher. Yeah, you can tell by the crowd's reaction then. Um, that was, that's the play that Swindon are known for. The quick through balls in behind to Lane's and either Becky on the other side. We just need to be doing it more often now. The town has an uh, opportunity for a break, break for Plymouth um, as the ball's in the left wing-back position, challenged by Helena Diaz-Butcher, and the ball goes out for a throw-in just alongside the dugouts. Um, Plymouth's number three, Rosie Train, um, back down the line to um, Rosie McDonnell. Rosie McDonnell plays it inside to um, Panna, the centre-half who brings the ball forward, looking for a long, searching pass, which finds its intended target, but the ball's flicked through to Steph Bent, the makeshift goalkeeping Steph Bent, um, in the flamboyant high-vis fluorescent. Bowls it um, over, a mixture of overarm and underarm out into the town midfield, um, and town lose possession, and the ball's picked up by Imogen Crawford um, in the... Plymouth central defensive midfield position. Forward ball goes out of play for a town throwing in the left-back position, which Gypsy Vyabash picks up. Alice Bowden um, coming short for her. The ball is bowled forward, but that's gone straight to a Plymouth attacker. Plymouth breaking on the edge of the 18-yard box. They've got two or three players forward. And the ball deflects away for, guess what? Another Plymouth-Argyle corner. 
they look like a it, it's it's a frustrating one. This Rianne, they're, they're they're not particularly spectacular. They're that's, not. That's what I was going to say. They're just organised. It's, it's not like a well polished two 0 lead at the moment. It's just they've got a couple of easy goals, and I think that's even more frustrating. I can take it. I can take being outplayed. I can if the quality's better, but this isn't. That isn't why they've got their lead. Oh, oh Plymouth get a shot away, eight yards out. I believe that's from Panna. Um, and Steph bent low down in front of her, just manages to smother that. And Town worked the ball forward down the left-hand side. That's a lovely, lovely piece of link-up play. Megan Attenborough on the, plays in Helena Diaz-Butcher, wide on the right-hand side, who squares it inside, just in front of Annie Colston. And Plymouth are able to clear that for a Swindon Town corner. As you, oh, from, as you can tell from the reaction of the crowd, a combination of air horn and Vuvuzela have made their way into the town end. That's one for you trolls out there. Yeah. Um, getting shades have, of Shabba when... Uh... Well, we have, they have enough concerns with the suggestions of getting a drum in the town end, let alone, dare I say, an air horn and a Vuvuzela. Uncharted territory. We'll turn to Lincoln if we get an air horn. <laughs> so, corner to Swindon Town. Wide on the right-hand side to be taken by Gypsy Vibash. Um... I, Town all gathered around I the penalty spot. She doesn't look confident and I'd be standing right in front of her. It might be something the girls take on if we get another corner. So the ball's into the box, but the ball's cleared out wide. No real threat uh, or concern for the Plymouth goalkeeper as Town looking to press down the left-hand side. Ball comes inside to... Towns number four, Natalie Goodright, who's battling for possession. Again, all very scrappy, all very bitty, but the ball's gone out just in front of the Don Rogers stand, about midway into the Plymouth defensive half. I think the way you just probably described Towns' performance so far tonight, uh, this afternoon would be scrappy. Um, uh, we've had some good transitions in the second half, obviously 10 minutes in, still 2-0 to Plymouth. Um, much better from the girls, but again, we're still lacking a little bit of um, I'd say composure in in the centre of the park. One one person that will bring that if she manages to get on the pitch is Tori Taylor. Yeah. She is the the player that has the most composure I've played with for a while, and she brings it to so many people's games as well. So it'll be nice to see Tori come on, and she will dictate play in the middle and get some composure. So, Tori was one we said in, in pre match, didn't we? We were surprised that she wasn't in the starting it, eleven. It was a big call. Tori Taylor and Jen Gray obviously not featuring in this starting lineup. Jen Gray not even making the bench. I mean, again, hindsight. It's always interesting to lean back on that and you know criticise those big tactical calls. But it, what appears to be lacking in this Swindon Town performance today is that little bit of kind of now that little bit of kind of structural street wise that you've seen from a from the Plymouth lineup is that um from your informed standpoint is that what you would have expected both of those girls to have brought to the table yeah, shot here from 35 yards out from number 23 McDonnell again she's liking her long shots isn't she today she um again not particularly that's it not not particularly worrying Steph Benton in the STFC goal so yeah Rianne do you think do you think that that is a it's a tactical call that's fundamentally thus far not worked or um is is, is there just more to it? Haven't done all four. It's just I just think overall being scrappy throughout every position on the pitch. Um it's always hard when it is it is a spine of your team, isn't it? It's a central area of your central defence and your central midfield. Um Scotty's got the capability to do it, but Tory does have massive composure, but you don't know how it's gonna plan. If it was two nil now, to us, we'd be saying something different, yeah, we? so 50, 50, isn't it? it? It's so hard, but 
we're in a position where Tori might be able to come on and change that and we might be able to um, get the rewards from it. With Jen, I know it was Sky came in, um, but then she is fighting a bit of a cold, so which is why she isn't named on the bench now. So a big tackle by Megan Attenborough out near the touchline in front of the Don Rogers stand has led to a Plymouth Argyle free kick in a dangerous area, the angle of 18-yard box. Um diagonally approximately 10 yards out from the corner of the box um, and Plymouth have got a left footer uh, shaping up to take this now this this if this is fizzed in will, could potentially be an uncomfortable moment for a makeshift goalkeeper as the ball was lofted in in fact towards the back stick Plymouth get ahead to it but Always it's gone very very wide so no concerns thus far yeah. um, more generally Joe mm. more generally Consider yourself you're a Simp Swindon Town fan. You sat at home on a on your on your average Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um you could be here and enjoying what's been a thoroughly uh, entertaining half. Compare that to uh, sitting watching songs of praise. I think I know where I'd rather be on a Sunday. <laughs> no, absolutely, mate. Um we've said it all all the show really that, you know, there's there's a decent sound of the football on a show at the county ground on a Sunday afternoon. Um the thing I think the biggest thing that take I've taken for this is it is family day out. There's a lot of families here um, enjoying the football. You, it's, it's a big sort of um, moment in time for the, the women's side at Swindon Town, and yeah, I couldn't you know I, I couldn't. I don't know what word is. Well, I think I think Rob Ang- Rob Anger spoke sort of really kind of you know eloquently, didn't he? Before we yeah. sort of took our sort of our uh, commentary positions. You know, he's saying about um, you know making use of the county grounds as an asset. I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because we we pride ourselves on the quality of the pitch. As a high ball is lofted into the town eighteen yard box, and town managed to clear their lines. Um, although Plymouth are back in possession with Campbell on the right hand side, but a hopeful ball forward has gone out of play for a town throw. But yeah, going back to what I was saying, I mean, it's it's a difficult one because you don't you can't have too much. If you're Marcus Cassidy, you don't want too much action on the pitch two or three games a week, you know, this pitch probably wouldn't sustain that level of wear and tear as well as, you know, primarily, um, you know, Marcus, I'm sure, and everyone else will say, look, you know, priority has got to be given to the men's team in promotion. As uh, Gypsy, Gypsy Vivash is down injured on the left-hand side as Town worked the ball forward to Helena Diaz-Butcher, whose pace is really concerning the Plymouth left-back who sees the ball out for a throw-in. But yeah, if, if priority is... in town from in there, apparently. Ooh! Some, um, <laughs> some Fraser Blake Tracy pantomime antics there from Plymouth uh, number three, Rosie Train. I think Helena Diaz-Butcher might have Rosie Train a little bit rattled. Yeah, so we'll have plenty it looks more of that. quite clearly a Plymouth throw in. The referee's giving it the other way to Swindon. I think he's given a free kick. Is he? So, this, so as we go about this breaking play, you were saying about, you know, you, you were saying... The, the, and, and indeed, the Women's Football Club have been talking about Clem's vision of having, you know, sort of essentially football available here more and more, you know, whether that be a development game or whether that be the women's team, whether that be the men's team. Clearly, priority for the men's team is getting getting out of League Two and the way that we play football. You want as best possible carpet as you can to, to play on. If you're going to have two or three games a week on the, on the pitch, that's clearly not can't be the plan because that plan sort of goes out the window. However, obviously, with Foundation Park just behind us, um, gives a big opportunity to distract you away and get, you know, do different things at a time where there's been so many leisure opportunities in and around Swindon sort of slowly disappearing. People have talked about, obviously, a disruption to the speedway now. Um, You know, the Oasis obviously remains in that awful dormant state. Um, 
you know, if ever there is an opportunity for Swindon Town Football Club to cash in and increase the levels of entertainment available in uh, SM1 to ED, then surely this is it. But um, so it's this is going to be. I mean, I think this is going to be a this is going to be a, a frustrating. If you're out on that pitch, Rian, this is going to be a frustrating afternoon uh, for you, isn't it? Um, just haven't really the girls just haven't really got themselves going. We've seen those passing sort of pa- passages of passing and little flits and starts, but we haven't seen the town passing machine kind of you know consistently kicking in today. No, we haven't, and it will be frustrating. It, the most frustrating thing will be knowing that you don't need to be in this position. Like I said, it's not an out and out class override by Plymouth. It really isn't. It's just two easy goals that they've got in behind, but. The girls need to flip on his head, turn it into positive and realise that's how easy it can be for them to get in behind as well. I think a goal in the next 10 minutes makes this interesting. Um, You need to give us maybe 15, 20 minutes at least to get the equaliser, um, a bit of sustained pressure. But again, I think Plymouth are are handling this fairly well. Um, The game management's been quite good from their side coming into the second half. 15 minutes into the second half, I mean, they've not really put, I mean, the the low chance that was kind of easy pickings for for Steph Bent, makeshift goalkeeper who's replaced Emily Grogan. But, they're not really putting Steph Ben under immense pressure. And I think it's it's pretty much what we were saying at the start. You know, the, the teams to a degree are kind of relatively evenly matched. It's just that what what I think Plymouth are, are just finding the opportunities to do is just there's a little bit more shape about them, a little bit more nous, a little bit more end product. Yeah. No, it, it definitely is is not an is not a whitewash uh, on their oh, own. Strike straight at Steph Ben. There's a loose touch from, I think, maybe... Possibly Nat Goodright in the central defence Potentially, position. yeah, just failed to clear good, it. Good hands um, from Steph Ben, though, as a makeshift goalkeeper. It's a very, very oh, comfortable a loose save. ball there from uh, Attenborough. 25 yards out. Plymouth had the ball. Just recycling it back. Now, shot again. Long shot from Imogen Crawford from 25 yards out. A little bit better of a trajectory, but still never really troubling Steph Ben's goal. Just dipped over the crossbar at the last minute. Again, dip, but that's town it. needs to calm down here because we're um, we're we're really sloppy in possession again. For me, Natalie that... Goodright playing the ball out of play under no pressure. Um, two or three options to pass as well. Just for, needs to settle down. For, for me, that's where the game that's where the game's coming apart for town. Um, you know, in that little sort of you know pocket of space just in front of the, the uh, two centre halves. I think um, it's felt to me, it, it appears to me that Natalie's really struggled to kind of get a passing game going. Um, there's not been a, there's not been great link up um, between the, the two midfielders and Natalie sitting a little bit deeper today. Um, and that's not, it's, it hasn't, they've not had a fantastic platform to build their passing game from. Um, too many rushed passes, too many hurried passes. Um, and, and the forward girls, as a consequence of that, they're just, they're feeding off the scraps, aren't they? Archer, just in your comment, mate, it's 2-0 to Plymouth. So, um, two scrappy goals in the first half from Plymouth. Uh, the second one, well, the first goal, Towns goalkeeper Emily McGrogan going down, um, injured following that. Um, second goal came from a fairly similar transition for Plymouth. One-on-one with Emily, who was clearly not feeling her best. Um, just couldn't close down the attacking Whitmore and... Um, yeah, slips it past her. So unfortunate, but town looking probably on the ropes um, towards the end of that second, first half. It's interesting because he just sent out a centre back to go and warm up. So I 
don't know what he's got in mind, but I'm sure a change will come in the next five-ish minutes. It's crying out. It's yeah. crying out for a change now. I think if Town are, are going to fight their way back into this, then they're gonna, there needs to be a bit of a positional change and a, an injection of fresh impetus. As Plymouth attack down the right-hand side, there's a shot from the right. Deflects off of Alice Bowden for another Plymouth corner. This time um, in front of the Don Rogers and Shrivenham Bank stand. The so, voice I can hear at the moment is Tori and she's not even on the pitch. So it just needs a bit of talking on the pitch from the girls. Tori's the only one I can hear at the moment. She's gone quiet, but what change are you making? If you're James Lally at the moment, Rianne, what, what changes are you are you considering based on what's available to you on the town bench? First change I'd be making would be a centre midfielder. I'd be bringing Tori on. Whether that be does she do a bit of a change role and sit in the number four CDM or does she come on oh that's gone out. Or does she come on as a higher number eight? The only thing is the girls aren't getting in possession going forward. So we need her involved in the game. So it's just whether she'll come on slightly deeper or not. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think for me, it's, it's as I mentioned before, I think um, it's, it's that, that for me is where... where, where as the attendance is announced, there's 392. That's not a bad attendance, Rianne. In... in um, in context of, of recent women's games um, attendances, that's obviously half the amount that we're here for the double header against Poulton. Um, but that is an attendance in its own right. So that is people that have actually got off their bums to come watch the women's team under their own steam. That's yeah. that's really encouraging, isn't it? To me, that that's a great crowd. We I think we had five days notice to put it out to let everyone know that we we're playing at the county ground. So a lot of people would have already had plans. So to get 392 here on the Sunday with not a lot of notice, that's great for the girls. Yeah, and more more fun. Those those will be paying customers as well. So more funds for the women's team. So uh, good good darts all. Best part of four hundred people in at the county ground. And hats off to them. Um, as Plymouth break down the right hand side, Freddie Ball in behind the town back line as run out for a Swindon Town goal kick. So I was just saying, Rian, just before um, uh, just for asked you for comment on on the substitutions. I think for me, uh, it's it it's smacks of. Um, uh, a bit of, I, I would possibly be switching that central defensive midfielder um, based on what you're telling me um, with Tory um, slotting into that position just to give Town a bit more of a platform, see if they can get the passing going. But lovely touch. So from Steph's goal kick, lovely touch from Annie Colston, uh, tries a floated ball out to the right hand side, um, which Plymouth defender just gets the toe on and sees the ball away from Helena Diaz Butcher. Oh, Heavy tackle from Megan, Megan Attenborough just in front of us here. Um, in the Arkle stand again, the Ooh. left back and Helena getting involved in a little bit oh. of fisticuffs, a little still. bit of pushing. The ref doesn't seem to, he's not aware of it, no. but the left back is staying very, very close to Helena. I'd imagine some words are being had. Yeah, I would imagine they probably are. I'd be a bit mad if that was given against me, to be honest. <laughs> there, are some, there are some dodgy decisions going yeah. our way. That's tame. My challenges aren't kind of like that, and I would be quite mad. <laughs> So long ball for town towards the back stick. Annie Colston's got an opportunity for a header, just can't quite connect. That's town's best chance of the match, I would say. Great ball in there. I think it was Meg that played that in and it was free. She just didn't manage to get ahead to it. But let's keep him in their half now. Camp him up there instead of in our half. But no sub seems to be stripping off yet. So he's keeping it how it is. So that's all it will take. Still plenty of plenty of football left in this game as we just approach the 67th minute. I think if we nick a goal here, um, next 10-15 minutes, make the last 10-15 minutes a bit interesting. Um, so goal kick over halfway. 
with number seven, Charlotte Whitmore. Double goal hero currently for Plymouth Argyle. Big challenge from Alice Bowden. She really is an absolute tower back there, isn't she, Rianne, Alice? Yeah, she is. She's always putting her body on the line. That was a great challenge there to break down play and now we've won the throw-in, so she needs to just keep doing that. She's having a good game. How would um, you find Alice as a captain? She's, she's a brilliant speaker. I had a great, great pleasure of talking to her before the game and the build-up about her thoughts on the club and the progress it's made. Um, you can see that um, she, she commands respect from all of her teammates. Yeah, she was she was captain of the club before I came, um, and she left for Oxford just before I came in. Are we let her back? <laughs> yeah, so she left, um, and we had Polly as captain, and then she came back, and she's a great teammate, but she's also one of my best friends off the pitch now, and to see her captain the side again like she used to is just amazing for her game, especially. That's uh, 3-0 to Plymouth there. Um, ball cut inside, took a ricochet. Uh, I believe it was Beth Ireland that scored the goal. Uh, ricocheted to the edge of the six-yard box. Very, Straight very, near post. Yeah, very, could... very unlucky ricochet, which is why it's caught our comms a little bit out. It came from literally nowhere. The ball's bounced to, um, yeah, Ireland, we believe it is. Um, you can see she's getting stick from the Swindon bench. <laughs> yeah, Anna Barnes, ex-STFC, coming onto the field, having words for the Swindon Town bench. Um I think with our goal, you could maybe tell Steph Bent isn't particularly comfortable in that position. Yeah, bit I, bit the near post. I'm, I'm not going to be harsh for Steph Bent there, but I think no. that's a that's a. I'll probably, in fact, Rianne, I'll get you to to, to summarise just to sort of take some smoke away from me. But I think that's that's a that's a shot that you're expecting Emily McGrow going to get by probably both hands on the see it round for a yeah, corner. Right? A, a goalkeeper, I, I would have expected to catch that. Um, is the question why the girls letting Steph get in that position? It was quite uh, an Annie's goal. Great opportunity. Well, Freddie through to Annie Colston, who was worrying the two Plymouth centre-backs and they put the ball out for a throw-in. Helena Diaz-Butcher throws inside. Um, town building down the right-hand side with uh, number seven for Town, which is Ella Harris, the substitute. Plymouth recover possession. So progressing down the right-hand side. And Sky Hole has given away a free kick. A little bit harshly adjudged. Referee's calling Sky over yeah. and he's reaching for a card, which appears that was. That, That's very if a hard. card comes out of a pocket, I'm going to be very, very surprised. But it looks like he is reaching for card and indeed pencil for said card. No, I, I would be furious if that was me. She, if anything, it would. It was a foul on our player that uh, Plymouth put. Oh no way. She's just been <laughs> as, as you probably heard from one of the punters down just to our right. Oh, come on, ref! Indeed, as a, a ridiculous. I'm not sure um, what kind of game looking. he's watching because the decisions he's made have been questionable. I'm not. To be fair, me and referees aren't the best of friends when I'm on the pitch, and it's making me even angrier watching. Um, that definitely shouldn't have even been a free kick, let alone a yellow card for Sky. And will that get in her head now? She just joined the team a few weeks ago, and it's a big occasion for her. But. Um, Hopefully not. Hopefully your teammates put their arms around her and let her know that it was a poor decision. And, yeah, a terrible decision. And then to just take it away from her again, because that's nothing she could have done. I would have been mad if she didn't put her body there. And, and right on cue, Sky's giving it away on the edge of the 18-yard box. The ball breaks to Plymouth. Um, the town managed to um, tackle it away. Very composed play from Kaylee Lane, though, centre midfield for Plymouth, who threads the ball over to the right-hand side of the town 18-yard box, which uh, Gypsy Vivash gets to first. He's able to feed it forward. Town just not able to make the. It's that. It's that. It's that final attacking pass, isn't it? Every time, um, 
just not able to kind of link play well enough today, Town, unfortunately. As Alice Bowden plays the ball back to Steph Bent, makeshift goalkeeper following the injury to um, Emily McGrogan. Bent plays it long and diagonal out to Elena Diaz-Butcher, whose header can't, uh, doesn't stay in play. And the ball is back in uh, Plymouth's possession. Plymouth in the left-back position with Rosa McDonnell plays it inside to number five. Panna, who plays diagonal ball wide to the right. It's lots of hopeful passes, but Town are breaking forward now of Annie Colston. Annie Colston takes up a brilliant position, but again, can't quite thread it through, but Town's still in a threatening position. As again, Colston in possession on the edge of uh, not far, about 25 yards out. Just can't quite get any change out of the Plymouth defence. coming off of the field. Yeah, that's um, had a good game, Beth Island. She's um, controlled play, um, played some lovely passes, um, involved in one of the, um, in the build-up to one of the um, early goals and obviously goal scorer for the third goal as well. So, um, fair to say, a good shift for the Plymouth Argyle. Number 20. Number 20, yeah. So, as you say, number six, Lucy Hack comes on. <clears throat> and appears to slot in. Uh, she's been directed to slot in as right centre-back. Yeah, so Swindon Town women's losing 3-0 to Plymouth Argyle here in Vitality Women's FA Cup second round. Um, heading into the 73rd minute here, so 17 minutes left to play. And it's 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 a, it's been a really scrappy, untidy, bitty game. For those of you that attended Pulse at all, as Town break forward, um, with Helena Diaz-Butcher on the right, who plays the first-time ball inside to Megan Attenborough, whose misplaced pass almost reached Danny Colston on the edge of the 18-yard box. Plymouth on the attack here as well. And now Plymouth for hitting town on the break as they progress down the right-hand side. The cut inside, ball over the top, big call from Steph Bent and Swindon back in possession. Ball bowled out to Ella Harris in right-back position, comes inside to Megan Attenborough. Attenborough looking for Diaz-Butcher, who hasn't quite got the legs on her or the space. And a misplaced pass from Ella Harris uh, gives Plymouth an opportunity to break. Plymouth, again, another misplaced pass. Gypsy Vivash, in a threatening position, has played the ball forward and town breaking down the left-hand side in acres of space. High ball to into the Plymouth um, six-yard box, but misplaced. Didn't have quite enough whip on it. And the Plymouth goalkeeper, Jermaine Reed is able to gather with minimal fuss, who carries it to the edge of her 18-yard box, bounces it twice and sends it back whence it came. Um, Town, again, that's a lovely ball forward. Helena Diaz-Butcher, great first touch to Andy Colston, who just can't quite get a shot off. Diaz-Butcher wide on the right-hand side, being hassled by the Plymouth defenders, plays it back down the line to Ella Harris, who comes inside. Ella Harris looking for a pass, nothing on for her, plays it into Alice Bowden, just inside the D of the Plymouth defensive half. Lovely touch from Alice. Alice barging the um, Plymouth defender out of the way, playing a forward pass, but again, doesn't quite reach its intended target. And Plymouth are breaking now. Tyler Whitmore for a hat-trick. Whitmore's one-on-one, -on -one, but that's a great covering challenge from Skyhole, ably assisted by Gypsy Vivash, who breaks, surges forward into midfield. Vivash looks up, and that's a love. That's probably one of my favourite passages of play 
all day. Threads it through to Helena Diaz. Butchu comes inside. No options on for her. She goes back to Ella Harry's in the right-back position. Harry's comes inside. Towns number four, Natalie Goodright. Foot on, just looking for an option. Sky Hole in possession. Wide on the right-hand side. Plays it inside to Ella Harry's, who loses possession. And Plymouth can build down the right. But again, Harry's has battled back. Wins the ball back. We're, we're winning the ball back from, from obviously lost possession. But I think a big thing that I'm noticing is when we're waiting for the ball to come to us. Yeah. We're not attacking the ball. We're not coming forward for it. Again, lost, lost possession in the midfield. It's the best of season, it? Get in front of your player. Yeah. And that's all you want to scream now, watching it from up here. They're, they're simply waiting for the ball to come to them. They have to step onto that pass. It's making it look like a bad pass when necessarily it isn't necessarily yeah, a bad that, pass. Yeah, that's the thing. I think we're... Um, Let's so say we're, we're waiting for the ball to come to us. But to be fair to the girls, they, they are winning second balls, winning recoveries. Um, oh, cat, cat back. So, Catback's coming on. Will this mean Becky Donnelly coming off on the left hand side? Uh, it looks like Sky, uh, Sky Hole's coming off. He's changing the formation, he's putting someone at the back. Who's that? Becky, left back. This is. So, Gypsy's gone off by the look of it. Gypsy's making her way right the way around the pitch. Just taking the, she was struggling with um, cramp, wasn't she, five, ten minutes ago, Gypsy? Mm. Gypsy's off, and it looks like Becky's gone back at left back with Kat on the left wing. Well, yeah, not that we're waving the, the white flag just yet, because we've still got the best part of sort of 15 minutes worth of football left. But yeah. um, certainly seen enough in, in flashes today from Swindon Town to see that, you know, there is there is enough quality to, to, to build a, a really, really decent side on. If, if, if Plymouth are any kind of yardstick for what the next step looks like, you said, I think we've seen enough in flashes from the Swindon girls today to suggest that, um, you know, the future's bright. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've more than competed in this game. And if this is what the Tier 3 is going to entail, we can, we can ride that ship and hopefully we can get there in the next season or two. As Plymouth pick it up on the edge of the uh, town 18-yard box, town closing down. And again, Crawford going for another big strike. Plymouth's number three. Um I don't, I don't That's Lanes's mate. Yeah, Lanes, Lanes's mate. Rosie Train just slashes at that and sends it high and wide. Okay, so yeah, glancing down, it's looking like Town are preparing a substitution, and that will be um, the experienced Tory Taylor soon to enter the fray. Um, I'm surprised not being there sooner, but she's still got 14 minutes or so to make a difference, and she only needs a couple of passes. She needs she'll get that ball down. That's all over top. Oh, Scott Hall doing very well. Very close. Well done. Great. Oh, unlucky. She uh she defended the initial ball through well, but it was uh, given away, and Plymouth are back on the ball. Yes, Plymouth on Plymouth on halfway here, out wide to train. Plays a one-two. Diaz Butcher hustling away. <laughs> Diaz Butcher doing very, very well, hustling the ball back to Sky. She is like a little terrier, is our Helena Diaz Butcher. Um, Swindon Town throw in in the corner in front of the Arkles here. And here comes to change, as you predicted, Rianne. So we've got uh, the experienced Tory Taylor coming on. Where do you expect Tori to slot in there, Rianne? She'll be alongside Meg, so she'll be playing number eight role. She'll, she'll slot into a number eight. And who, who would drop back into the central defensive position, do we think? Nat Natalie's going to sit there, I Natalie think. Natalie will stay yeah, there. Yeah, Natalie will stay there and Tori will stay slightly 
in front of her. But Meg will be higher than her, but Tori will, won't be so deep. You need her to pick up the ball in this position and she can spray the passes. So, um, again, town, town looking to break. I mean, it's the game sort of, I mean, the passing on both sides has really sort of descended into... Yeah. Um, it's very loose. Yeah, very loose. It's, it's become really, really scrappy the last sort of 15 minutes or so. Um, no great quality. Um, both sides able to recover the ball in defensive positions, but they're not really building any kind of meaningful attacks off the back of it. No, they're not. It's, it's just, like you say, it's a bit scrappy. From one team to the other, we're just giving it back to each other and you just need someone to put their ball on it with a bit of... Um, maybe a bit of composure and just stop threading those passes through because... Lane's broke a couple of times already this half, which has been much better than the first, to be honest. It's clear it's breaking again uh, on the edge of the town's 18-yard box and a long strike from distance. They, they, they're not... They're, they're happy to have a go, aren't they? They're happy to try and worry, Steph Bent, but they're... They're around, not on the target. Yeah, no, not, the, the crosshairs are nowhere near where they need to be. No. But you'd, I'd have expected better quality from Plymouth being in the league above, but we might have, we're lucky that they're not carrying that quality on those shots at the moment and there's another long one. Oh. They're trying their long shots and that time Steph was able to spring to her right too, and tip it away. Not too sure she was aware of her bearings From fully 45 yards. I hope Cal got a photo of that dive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, she probably would have been safe to leave it, I'd say. Um, I would say so. I yeah. would say so. But, but, I mean, but then it's... is it communication again that was breaking down in the first half? Hopefully not and it was just her being sure. Yeah, but, um, exactly. There's another Better corner. safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, Plymouth here with their 15,000th corner, um, just in front of the Arkles. Not too many players committed up for the corner from Plymouth here. Um, so, whips in. Ella Harry's back out for their 15,001st corner. Um, yeah, it's sort of... It, it's, it's become a very, very, very scrappy, untidy second half. This, I think, neither, neither one of these, um, neither of these sides, um, you know, shown any kind of great quality. You can see why um, Plymouth are where they are in their division. Um, you can see why they're struggling. Um, oh, what is that? Ooh, but, oh, as, as, uh, no. oh, as a, as a Plymouth, Plymouth uh, attacker throws herself theatrically to the ground, a referee's having none of it. Plymouth main, maintain possession, recycle. They're on the edge of the 18-yard oh, box. Trying Alice to get Bowden. Away. Alice Bowden, who I think... I used to just be my man of the match, well, I think. You, you, Player of the match, sorry. You, you've just you've just yeah. stolen my thunder, because I was about to say, of, of all the bright lights that we've seen out on the pitch today, I think Alice Bowden's performance has been, um, from a Swindon Town point of view, a pick of the bunch. For the captain's performance. Her, her or Gypsy. I think Gypsy yeah. was just what we needed in the first half. She had the quality, and she was trying to take the game to Plymouth. Um, she'd had a good half. It was, it was a shame to see her come off. Um, but Alice has put her body on the line. And, and Sky Hole as well has also caught the eye. Yeah. You know, for um, for somebody, as you say, that's relatively new to Swindon Town, you know, to then be in a position where she's playing at the county ground in front of, you know, the best part of 400 fans, I think she's acquitted herself really well. Um, as I say, one of two really big calls from James Lally in today's lineup. Um, but um, she's, um, I think she's performed admirably. Um, and it's been cruel on town today, really, on reflection. You know, losing such a big presence behind. I mean, you've really stressed to, to us, Rianne, what an enormous presence Emily Grogan is, Emily McGrogan is to, um, you know, to, to the side, both defensively and just in terms of her, her overall, um, the overall confidence that she brings to the lineup. Um, so it's been a little bit of a cruel, um, bit, of, bit of sort of cruel lesson for town today, I think. Yeah, 
you, you look at the scoreline and think 3-0, it must be dominating performance, but it really hasn't been that from Plymouth. It's been bang average, I think. Um, all poor in Tier 3 levels, to be honest. But it's made an average game. Um, but yeah, seeing as we've lost Emily, I think it shows the character that Steph is putting on those gloves and standing there with confidence. Yeah, um, but you get the impression. You get. You, I do get the impression, Ryan, that Steph's a big loss as well in that right fullback position. You know, both going forward and defensively. You know, she's a big personality. She brings a lot to the team from an outfield perspective. Not someone you would want to, you know, not something you would want to lose from that lineup. Oh, second booking coming out here for uh, looks to be Imogen Crawford potentially. Uh, just, I think it was a pullback on Tory Taylor. It's good for us. We're going for the home. It's Alice yeah. uh, So, just Mike Dixon's comment saying that you're losing some of the commentary. Uh, hopefully, if you can give us a thumbs up or a or an emoji to say that you can hear us loud and clear, um, that would be ideal. So, fingers crossed that you can hear us coming through. We appreciate the the counter ground Wi-Fi. The signal can be. Uh, intermittent, so we, we apologise for any technical difficulties you may be experiencing. So I can, I can warm the cockles of all Swindon Town fans whilst we're staring at Swindon Town nil, Plymouth Argyle three here at the county ground. We're also getting updates from Boreham Wood, where the scoreline is Bristol Rovers nil, Boreham Wood two. So <laughs> that cheer, that that that'll put a few smiles on faces as Town break down the right hand side of Elena Diaz. Uh, Butcher, who forces a Swindon... Oh, well, he should have forced a Swindon Town frame, but it's been given the way of Plymouth Argyle. I must admit, I'm not overly impressed by the standard of officiating yeah. here today. Um, there have been at least three or four throw-ins that I think have gone the wrong way, quite obviously. Um, the yellow card for um, Sky Hole was, quite frankly, baffling. Um, as Plymouth bring it over halfway, and again, it's cut out in the midfield. Well cut out by Becky, but the ball was just given away a bit too easily there. Well, Ella Harris yeah. charges in. Uh, the referee lets play continue, and Plymouth play a high searching ball over to the right wing-back position in behind the full-back, which runs out of play for a Swindon Town goal kick, which Town are returning to Steph Bent. Um, with all due pace. So, um, yeah, we've got about five minutes left, Rianne. What, what do you think, um, what do you think, James, and indeed um, the girls have learned from today? Um, it's a hard one. I would find find it really tough to take today because it's, you've not been outclassed. You've done been undone by a couple of scrappy passages of play. Mm. Um, even more frustrating knowing it hasn't been our team's best performance. Um, I think the girls should be proud of the FA Cup run they've been on. It's been good and it is such a shame to bow out now, but um, hopefully they can learn to just put their foot on the ball when, and dictate the tempo of the play because that's what we could have done with today. Sped it up when we need to and slow it down as well. Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely bang on, Joe, isn't it, really? like The big difference between the two sides has been Plymouth's ability to put their foot on the ball keep the shape. I mean, really, the, all of their opportunities have come back through like smart passing as opposed to overrunning us. Yeah, um, I, I think Swindon have just we've been a bit disconnected in attack. Um, as Annie Carlson brings it over halfway, it's proving wrong. Uh, Attenborough, Diaz, but from the right-hand side into the box. It's clear well for a corner for Swindon, uh, for Swindon Town. But that was a good... That's, that's what we haven't seen enough of today from Swindon. 
Um, the attacking link-up or well, the attacking passages haven't been there. Um, it's just getting the ball into the final third and finding that that correct pass, um, whether that's putting the the right amount of power on the ball, uh, accuracy. It's just it's not been particularly connected. Yeah, Rian, you were saying that that's pretty much Town's party piece, isn't it? Megan Attenborough in that position, put um, sliding the through ball to yeah. Helena Diaz Butcher, cutting it back across for Annie Colston to apply the finishing touch. Yeah. Not a million miles off in that uh, in that instance, but. Um, and the corner of the town on the right-hand side is going to be taken by Annie Colston. Um, and he fizzes that uh, corner over. And there's a header for town, free header um, on the edge of the six-yard box where the ball's looped up and over for a Plymouth-Argyle goal kick. So let's just, um, we'll just solidify, we've a couple of minutes left. So we were talking about players that have caught the eye today. Um, Sky's obviously a big tactical call bringing Sky into the lineup today, but she's acquitted herself reasonably well. She's um, very assured, I think, very composed. Um, you've probably got the yin and yang between her and, and Alice in the yeah, back. Alice is all blood and thunder, and Sky brings that, that calmness. I think that's kind of what James was hoping would happen, and it, it has worked. You've got to give it to James. It, it's worked. There hasn't, it hasn't necessarily been a central defensive nightmare that's caused a 3 0 loss. Yeah. Sky's quite young, she's new to the team, and she's, she's made a good account for herself. You can't, she's, she's held herself against a tier three side, and Again, making a good clearance there. Yeah, no, she's done very well. I think her, between her herself, Alice, I think Meg, Gypsy Meg, as well. Meg, Megan Attenborough has looked good in, in fits and starts, and I think we've seen little glimpses from Elena Diaz Butcher um, on the right hand side. Um, they've been so destroyed again. But um, as you say, a little bit disjointed. The final ball's been sort of lacking for well for pretty much both sides today. Um, and there we have the man of the match announcement as I, I, I chosen love, I love by. The way we, we seem to have become the match day sponsors. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. We didn't even pay for that. No. no. <laughs> Hang on, well, we're live on air, yeah? Thank you for the promotion, we're loving it. We'll pretend we have. Um, so, yeah, man the match being announced there as Alice Bowden. I think we're all fairly together in that decision, are we not? Yeah. Alice being man the match. No, I think we are. I think, what would you say there, Andrew Hawes? Thumbs up? Yeah, we're getting, that. we're getting the BBC side of approval as well for our selection of man of the match. But no, I mean, listen... On, on the whole, um, as we get an update from the World Cup, by the way, as Morocco take a 2-0 lead over Belgium in the second minute of stoppage time. Um, there's been some upsets in the World Cup, hasn't there? Tell you what, no upsets. one's... If anyone's on the Akers this World Cup, not that we're... Again, we'll... We'll, uh, we'll discourage gambling as we do on the show, but if you've been on the Akers and you've won some money, then you, uh, you're you probably inclined to buy a lottery ticket. You've done all right there. Yeah, done all right. So, town have broken down the right-hand side. Um, Diaz Butcher looking to thread Attenborough in reverse rolls. Uh, but the ball, unfortunately, flicks off of Meg's toes for a Plymouth throwing in their left-back position. Plymouth working the ball up the line. Um, Ella Harris again battling for possession. Um, and is, um, I believe... Um, has he given a free kick or a foul there? Oh, he's given a throw. So, Ella Harris inside. Megan Attenborough plays it in. Uh, Ella Harris, who plays it deep to the back uh, stick. <coughs> ball drops down on the edge of the 18-yard box with, with Taylor. Uh, Tory Taylor, who's battling hard. Tory Taylor reminds me very much of Jill Scott. Yes. She's got a Jill Scott about her. She, does. she, she has got the, the touch of the Jill Scott. Uh, I wonder if she's. I wonder if she's got a the Jill Scott line of good quality shit housing as well uh, <laughs> up her uh, uh, in her armory. 
But um, anyway, Plymouth, Plymouth Argyle free kick on the uh, about 20 yards uh, outside the 18-yard box. Um, looking quite clearly, it's a long searching pass, punted forward. Um, Nat Goodright on the head. Who's that on the header? Yeah, Sky Hole with the header. Apologies. Um, our free kick to Swindon. Nat Goodright fouled. Just in line with the D directly in front of us. Plays it back to Sky Hole. Sky Hole looks up, plays it across the um, town back line. And that's a lovely threaded through ball. And town are breaking down the left hand side. They can keep that ball in possession. The town essentially in behind the centre half. Lovely run, but centre half just out muscles town. But Annie Colston is able to win the ball back, turns it back inside, looks to get across away, but that is blocked. So, um, we're, we're pretty much in. I kind of vision there'll be a lot of stoppage time. Ref's already looking at his watch, Joe. Yeah. Um, it's difficult for us because this is obviously only the second or third time we've seen seen the girls this play. Is, this is my first, personally. Um, what do you make of it? I can, I, I can tell that we're having a, a bad sort of day at the office. Um, the quality is there. We're just missing. Something's disconnected in, in, in some of the plays today. It's just not been our day. Um, but, you know, it's 3 0 is, is a flattering scoreline for Plymouth. I think the fact that our one and only goalkeeper got off injured and she was clearly injured for the two of the goals in the first half has maybe attributed to that. I think that's the thing. We've not, Rianne, we've not disgraced ourselves today, have we? Yeah. Given that we've got a makeshift goalkeeper, she's only conceded one. So in the goalkeepers' union stakes, I'm sure she'll be giving Emily McGrogan some stick in the, <laughs> in the dressing room about the fact that Emily's conceded two, whilst Steph's only conceded one. Um, as Town win a free kick just inside the Plymouth defensive half. But, um, yeah, they've not, we've not disgraced ourselves today, have we? It's just been a little bit of end products is, is missing today, really, Rian. Yeah, it's not been awful. And, and it hasn't. It's just I know personally how much better they can do. This, this is an awful game. You wouldn't look at this team and be like, what are they doing? It's just scrappy on, on our accounts. We, we know we can play fluid, link-up play. And it just hasn't come across... I was about to say just... Oh, that was a shot from a free kick from genuinely about 45 yards out from Taylor. Sorry, and the keepers had to deal with it. Yeah, it was dipping it was dipping and swirling. It was dropping just down into the top right-hand corner in front of the town end. Um, the goalkeeper's top left-hand corner. And she's had to dive full length and palm it away for what appears to be a Swindon Town corner. Um Hell of a dig that from Tory Taylor. Yeah, it was. I was going to say, I was going to say when she was lining up, saying he might as well have a pot shot there. <laughs> and she did. And it wasn't more than a pot shot. It was a so bloody good strike. Corner for town. Steph Bent has come right up to the halfway line. She quite clearly is a frustrated <laughs> fullback wanting to get involved. She's looking across to the dugout going, look, can I go? Can I? The smiles all round as the ball. I think that was our first shot on target, but indeed. The, the, the I think keeper it was. didn't look so sure with that save. It didn't, it didn't look too comfortable. Yeah, as Plymouth look to, to break away midway through their own half and um, Town give away a free kick. I believe it was um, Natalie. Natalie that uh, Natalie Goodright gave that free kick away, preventing Plymouth from breaking. I think the whistle's going to go any second now. The ref is glued to his watch, pretty much. Uh, whistle in hand as Plymouth break down the left-hand side and right on cue... Referee brings an end to the match and with it an end to Swindon Town Women's FA Cup hopes for 2022-23.
the Plymouth Argyle um, taking a 3-0 win away with them from the county ground today. So a real, uh, how do you summarise that really? Essentially, a goal midway through the first half, um, followed up just before half-time um, with a second goal for Plymouth. Emily McGrogan injured in the um, uh, build-up to the first goal, struggling with a um, injury when the second one hits the back of the net. Um, essentially, um, Town have, have continued to trundle nicely along in the second half where it was all kind of lots of huff and puff, uh, but not a lot of kind of tidy connected passing. And Plymouth have just turned the screw, managed to get the third goal and then shut up shot. Ultimately, scrappy game. Plymouth have got just that little bit more nous and streetwise about them in terms of their shape, um, in terms of their organisation, in terms of their overall quality. I don't think there can be any complaints that they're going to be returning to Devon um, with um, a 3-0 win. Emily McGrogan coming out, but um, with her teammates on the pitch with her leg heavily strapped. Um, does not look most comfortable. No, indeed. But... Um, Rianne Bourne Hallett, we thank you ever so much for joining us in the commentary box. I'm guessing that your teammates aren't going to be overly distraught about that. Probably more frustrated that they just couldn't quite get their game going and impose themselves on a on a on a fairly average Plymouth side. Let's be honest. Yeah, it will be. It'll just be frustration, but they they've had a good account of themselves in in hindsight against a tier three side. It wasn't. We haven't got wiped down, have we? It's not. It's it's not the worst result we could have got um, and it's, it's good for the girls to be here they've, they've put in a shift and next year maybe it will be the next round we can get to Right well what we're going to do now is um, if you just bear with us guys stay with us those of you that are interested we've got the post-match interviews with the girls going to make our way down the pitch side now where we hope to be speaking with um, both the players and management uh, where we can get a little bit more of a kind of pitch side view and insight players, fans etc alike um, so stick with us for post-match analysis and post-match interviews. We'll be back on very shortly, but just stay on this line um, while we relocate. All right, so those of you still listening in, you join us pitch side um, at the county grounds. 
where we uh, are hoping to speak to a few of the players. And I think the first person we would love to be speaking to, somewhat unfortunately, is Emily McGrogan. Emily, come and join us. What did you do? So wretched luck for you today. How are you? No, I'm right. Just a bit something in my knee. So What be... happened? Did you jar it in a turn? Really yeah. uncomfortable from up there. No, yeah, it got caught. So only should be a few minutes. No, should be back playing. Yeah, too serious. What was it? Studs in the turf, and you just turned your knee. No, my knee just got caught in the grass, and then obviously my whole body weight's gone over. Ouch. Yeah. How much did that inconvenience you on the second goal? She seemed to sort of dance through and finish low to your right. Was your movement affected at that stage? Yeah, I was a bit frustrated because if my knee was fine, I probably would have saved it. But it's just football, how it goes. Yeah. And Steph Ben, well, so Steph Ben's kind of beating you in the goals conceded stakes today, hasn't she? So I'm sure she's not going to let you forget that. More than happily have it, to be honest. I thought she did all right. She was an ample deputy for you today, wasn't she? No, fair play to her for stepping up and going in goal. She offered so. Well, a bit, bit of an unfortunate, bit of an unfortunate um, uh, sort of afternoon, but scrappy game. Lose themselves on you, on you, uh, you know, on the on the game itself. What what was your take, sort of pitch side? Are you do you finish that game very frustrated and irritated, or uh, how do you think the girls are going to be as they all sort of make their way back into the changing room? How do you think they're going to feel I about think all of that? Everyone was a bit frustrated. I think we had a slow first half. I think everyone's like happy to admit that but then obviously second half we come out thought we did a lot better so obviously it was a shame not to get a goal go through to the next round but you know they're a good team so we did go um, pound to pound with them so um, I think we do need at the end of the day yeah well there we are ladies and gentlemen Towns unfortunately injured goalkeeper Emily McGrogan who up until that stage was uh, repelling um, Plymouth with a plomb but you, you stuck in there Emily and um just couldn't quite, um, I'm guessing there was far too much discomfort to bring yourself out in the second half. So, um, hey-ho, we move onwards and upwards. Right, thanks for joining Thank us. You. We're going to see who else we, see yeah. who else we can grab because there are some reluctant faces <laughs> as the microphones are being produced and some very, very happy faces. We're going to see who we can get hold of. Oh, hello, Megan. Come and join yeah. us. Megan, welcome to the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge. Right. How are you? Not too bad. How was that for you? It was hard, tiring. Frust frustrating, frustrating game? Yeah, very frustrating game. It was frustrating to commentate on, let alone fight it. Was, it was, yeah, it was tough. But... What was the story of the game for you? Um, because they, they weren't that great. No, I think we just could our quality in the first half, just we couldn't get the touches down, we couldn't get our passes right. So normally how we would play, if we got those in the first half, then it would have been a different story. Yeah, I, I think both. I mean, from our perspective, it seemed like both sides seemed to struggle for rhythm. Yeah, um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of great kind of like passages of play, where there was loads of lovely attacking, passing football, which we saw here against. But yeah. your your trademark link up with Helena down the right hand side didn't quite didn't come quite, off. No, not as much there. I think yeah, my part in the first half wasn't great either. So just getting that back next time. The second half is a lot better. We've got, got a bit more like they usually would. And how, how big a blow was it losing Emily in those circumstances? Um, yeah, quite, quite an early always, one as it's well. It's always a blow losing them. Um, Steph did a good job stepping in though. Um, and did, like, they, they last thing they didn't even have much on goal, so it, it wasn't even like it really affected us as much as we thought it would. Um, but yeah, hopefully it ends up too long. So what, what do you feel you've learned from that, Meg, as a, as a, as a squad and indeed as a... As a I don't want to call it a club yeah. because we are obviously we're going for this one big club approach now, but what do, what do you think you've learned from that? I think just we need to start from the first kick-off, like, just get our quality right from the start, communicate better from the start, like we did in the second half. The first half was just not us, really, so we just need to come out fighting from the start again. 
Well, a, a fine performance from you all Thank in you. very, very sort of scrappy, <laughs> scrappy conditions. You've taken a team that were a tier above and you've given them a really good go in today. Yeah, so I that. hats off to you, Megan Attenborough. Thank, Thank you ever so much You're for joining welcome. us. <clears throat> a um, yeah, scrappy, bitty afternoon, gents. Would you not say Ellis, Joe, as we yeah. stand here pitch side? Um, that, uh, if, you, if you're if you're if you're a um, if you're one of the Swindon Town squad, you're not going to be stood there sort of like overly devastated, are you, about the the you know the kind of level of quality you've come up against and the showing that you you've put in against them? They're um, they were fairly ordinary, I thought, yeah, Plymouth. It's a funny one because if you watch that match, and you wouldn't really call it a three 0 game because. Oh, hello, Olivia. Well, we're joined by um, Annie. I'd love to call you Golston today, but it hasn't quite dropped for you today, has it, Annie? Hello, Olivia. Little Olivia as well. Hello. So, what did you make of that, Annie? It was frustrating. I mean, you you, you ploughed away up top, but you were feeding off scraps, weren't you, really? Pretty much. I just think we struggled to get a hold of the ball. Even just stringing some passes together. It, It looked really good when we did get in the final third and we sort of played it through, but it just wasn't paying off today. I just don't know. They weren't great, though, were they, they Plymouth, no, to be fair? they weren't. And, and on another day, there's no doubt that we would come here and we'd beat them. But today, it just wasn't our day. And unfortunately, it happened. We're going to have a fist fight, mate. Well, and, it was, and here we're joined by feisty Helena diaz Butcher. Yes. Very, very feisty stuff from you today. But didn't quite happen, did it, Lanes, today? Wasn't no. wasn't quite to be. It wasn't our day. I didn't feel like we were all on it. And the second half, we were a bit better. But... So uh, yeah, again, I mean, our, from our observations up in the lofty lofty press box, um, it was just it, it just seemed like there was almost like two two thirds of the build up play would be there, and then that final ball was just like lacking. So that must be really frustrating for you girls in the in your attacking position. It's the prime attacking threat. That must have been really frustrating for you. Yeah. It wasn't our day. Yeah. It's hard. It's like you change the formation, like you change the players, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Today, didn't. Today, unfortunately, didn't. But can you do? Come on, well, day, we'd have them. What can you That's do? What I said, another day, there's no we'd doubt we'd have them. And, and, and a, word, a word for um, our, our luminous friend Steph oh, over here. So Steph slotted in goal for the second half. So I'm sure she wasn't, wasn't expecting that at the, um, you know, when she made her way yeah, to the county offered. ground. She yeah, she did like, offer. Like, I'll do it. I'll like, do it. So fair play could never be me. Steph. <laughs> Hello, Steph. Nice to meet you in person. Of, of all the of all the performances that I was expecting from you today, I wasn't expecting to see you in a goalkeeper's shirt by the end of it. For a second, I stood there at the back and I was like, as if I'm in. I said it out loud. No, no, no. As if I'm in goal right now. How was that for you? Um, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. It was, I don't know. It just felt like... Wasn't clicking, but you know, it was all right. First half, I think I played all right. Oh, well, second half, probably could have made that save, but I just slapped it. But yeah, that's about it. At one point, I seen you stood right. I was like, Steph, get in the middle. Did you say that? Yeah, I knew I heard someone go, Steph, get in the middle. I'm like, yeah, Steph, Steph, on a positive, I'd almost like I'll do this bit by asking you a question How many goals did Emily concede? Oh, Emily, did you concede? Oh, well, there you are. So oh, I'm going to be a little bit mean. But <laughs> on the goal, you're, you're now officially a fully paid up member of the Goalkeepers yeah. Union and yeah. you've conceded less goals than Swindon's number oh. one. So congrats. Um, yeah, not, but uh, all, all banter aside, um, what, what do you think you girls have learned from, from today's game, really? I mean, I'm hoping you're encouraged because if that's what the next tier up's got to offer, you've not got a lot to be afraid of, have you? Yeah. You're, not, you're not a million miles off it. I don't think we are. And I think we could have won that game. 
uh, maybe on a different day, maybe with different circumstances, again, that I didn't have to go and go, like injuries-wise as well. Um, I know a few girls were feeling a bit under the weather before the game. I genuinely think we could have beat that side. Um, and I don't think we fired with that at all. And I guess we just focus on the league and the plate. And yeah, show what we are. and big and bigger picture stuff as well. Uh, today's another big step forward for Swindon Town Women's Football Club, isn't it? Massively. You know, it's it's a uh, you know again it's a it's a you know your best foot forward on this on this beautiful canvas which you've been you've been creating not creating on today. Yeah. Um, how did you feel? Do you feel at home? You feeling more and more at home here every time you come here? Yeah, you get goosebumps. And I guess, like I told you, when it comes to a big a big scene, I I get better. So to yeah. speak, um, it, yeah, so I absolutely love it, and I was buzzing for the game before it. Um, it was really good. We all met up before the game as well, which was amazing. And yeah, coming on to play here is amazing. Fresh kit, that was amazing. Yeah, a lot of step forward, which is amazing. Yeah, so it's <laughs> say that. Co co collectively again. I mean, again, if you glance around again, looking at the big picture, as much as this is all about you guys sort of advancing your own careers and getting further up the league. This is about kind of building a bit of a movement as well, right? And you glance yeah. around and you look at all the happy supporters, yep. you know, new generations of supporters, maybe people that don't come to football regularly, yeah. lots of engaged faces. A lot something, of families. You, you guys are creating that, right? Yeah. So you guys should be immensely proud of what you've delivered for the football club today. Um, you've obviously seen, you know, it's been, your, your game today has been overseen by the chief exec um, of the football club. Rob Angus has been here watching. Um, and Rob's got the biggest of smiles on his face Love as well, that. right? So from a business point of view, like I say, don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, fundamentally, girls making your way back into the dressing room. What's um, how are you how how are you feeling after that I after think, that ninety minute shift? I think we're gonna come away disappointed, yeah. but I'm happy that we're disappointed because we know that we could have and should have done. More. I think next time we go from the first whistle, I think the first ten minutes we were, we were so good. I thought, bloody hell, we've got this, and then we started to dip a little bit and consider the two. So I think next time we just bring the energy and continue it throughout the whole game and just be better and, and just try our best. And that's all we can really do. Yeah, I think the biggest disappointment is that we could have beat them, yeah. without a doubt. Um, if they absolutely like dominated us, then we'd walk away and be like, OK, fair enough. But the biggest disappointment for me is the fact that, look, we actually have the potential and the quality to beat them. And I don't like losing. But other than that, yeah, big step forward, and we've got different focuses. Now. I love being back here. Yeah, of course, back of the can, and, and a special little nod to you know a couple of new faces coming to a couple of couple of big selection calls before the game, mm -hmm. a couple of yeah. experienced heads dropping out, and the young girls coming in. Um, but um, both Elle and Sky acquitted themselves fantastically well. I think yeah, um, Sky particularly caught the eye from the commentary box. Was that did, did it feel like that pitch side? Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. you could see that they were both given their all and, and that they deserved to have their place out on the pitch and that they wanted to play for us as much as the people that would have been otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So they they done their job and, and they've done a shift in it. I mean, Sky was pretty solid at the back and Scotty looked like she was trying to get on everything and trying to play forward. And well, what, really both. And what, what a change for Sky as well. I mean, because obviously not that long ago, she's only just recently joined the club yeah. and now she's turning out in this kind, know, of, this yeah. kind of environment. Yes, that's quite mean. a culture shock, right? Yeah, it's got to be for her. I mean, you know, I can't really speak on her behalf, but if I was in her shoes, I'd be a bit like shell-shocked that you've come from a club and then you're coming here and you're playing in the stadium with like just under 400 fans, I think it was. So, yeah. And, and, a, and a mention for that as well, because obviously Porton, you had 700 odd, 750, yeah. 800 fans in the ground. I don't, don't, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth.
So clearly, that was off the back of a double header yeah. with you know the best part of ten thousand supporters in to watch the men's team yeah. earlier in the day. Today, you've got the best part of four hundred fans that have come here purely and simply for you. And that's that's quite that's quite a change yeah. from a few parents sort of you know dotted around in Fairford, isn't it? Oh yeah, massively. <laughs> I love it though, like hearing the crowd. And, yeah. Like when you do a tackle and that, or the ball goes out wide, they're like, come on! I thought, oh, I just love it. Like, it keeps yeah. you going, especially in those times where you are down and you just hear everyone getting on the yeah. back or like going to the goalkeeper. Ooh, it's funny. You get us going. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Listen, you, you've been an absolute credit to the football club today, guys. It's been an absolute treat being able to provide our dubious yeah. levels of commentary over your action <laughs> today. It. Thank you ever so much for having us. Um, we wish you all the very best for the rest of the season. Um, onwards and upwards. Um, we will catch up with you guys a little bit later. All right, take care of yourselves. Well, so. I guess in, in, in summary there, as we as we peel away um, from the players and we let them get on with their family duties and signing autographs and whatnot, I think I was... Um, main point, I was impressed. Andrew, Andrew Hawes, bring you in at this stage. I think I was just impressing on the two girls there. There's a much bigger picture. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, a 3-0 reverse. You'd be looking at that on the surface of things going well and truly outplayed by a team that are, you know, a, a standard above. But the, the, I don't really think that that's a fair reflection of the game. And interestingly, a much bigger picture for the women's football club per se today. It'd be easy to lose sight of the fact that big old supporter base for them here today. Um, you know, lots of happy faces, lots of new supporters in the stadium as well, I fancy today. Um, I think, you know, it's not hard to find the silver linings on a day like today, is it, if you're them? Yeah, no, I, th I think I think there's a little, there seems to be a certain feeling from St James Alley, the manager I just had a chat with, that they didn't really do themselves justice in and play to their sort of full potential. So while that's frustrating in one way, in another way that's quite encouraging that they're probably, as you said, it doesn't look to be that much of a gap between, you know, say the best of Swindon or, or Plymouth at the bottom of the bottom tier, Plymouth were a, you know, a bit more sort of mobile and slick in midfield. But it wasn't it wasn't a, it certainly wasn't a chasm in it. So you try and I guess you try and take that out of that. And I think James is quite critical because I my assumption was that the whole sort of injury to, to Emily McGrogan as well really kind of, I think it's, you know, I think it, affect, it looked to affect them immediately afterwards and you assume that, you know, she looked so comfortable on the ball, you would imagine how they rely on her kind of distribution to the back and authority in coming and claiming and they, they lost that as well. But, and, you know, to, to be clear, and they've, not, they've not made an excuse about that at all. Yeah. Um, well, as we put, so, so I, think, I think you take the big, you take the big picture. Yeah, yeah, it's not as bare. The cupboard's not as bare as the scoreline suggests. As we've just pointed out, the step in, in fairness, Emily's conceded a couple, Steph's yeah, conceded yeah. one. So, I'm, I'm you know. sure that'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think, you know, all in all, um, we have a, we've got a smiling chief exec of, of Swindon Town Football Club, per se. You've got 400 um, odd supporters that have come in the ground, thoroughly entertained. Um, I think they've put on a pretty good show. I think if it's the choice between sitting at home on a Sunday afternoon and, and watching songs of praise, as we said earlier, or stepping yeah. into the county ground and watching 90 minutes of good quality football, um, once again, this is another indication of something that I think quite a few people would much rather be doing on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they'll be willing to see if they can kind of push on in the, in the league campaigns. Is with all the postponements they've had, it's all been a bit, a bit stop-start. And, you know, we'll see how Melinda Brogan is as, as well. But it's... It does feel like there is there is a progress and the the integration is going to help that progress. Well, we're going to going to try and see if we can wrap up 
I don't know whether or not our, our skipper's available. Alice, are you available? We'll try and we'll, we'll have a final word word with our with our captain, um, Alice. And yes, and man of the match, um, Alice. How was that for you? Do you know what? It was great. Great to play at the county ground. Just gutted about the result. Didn't quite. It, a frustrating one for us to commentate on today because it, it was almost like two, from what we could see, there were two sides that struggled to get their passing rhythm going, but it just seemed that Plymouth had just that little bit extra in the attacking third and, and obviously um, they buried their chances, right? But there yeah. wasn't a lot between you the, as, as sides. No, that's the most annoying thing. There wasn't a lot between us. I think it was just they had the tenacity and just that little edge to get that ball. But I think in the first half, if we just managed to nick a goal, I think it would have been a completely different game. But I think first half, there was some of us on one page and then others, others on another page. And by the time we got the rhythm in the second half, it's a little bit too little, too late. But I can't fault the girls' effort. It Everyone seemed, put it to the end. It seemed like the second and the third goals came right off the back of a promising little burst of play where you just started getting your momentum going. It seemed to knock the stuff yeah. in. And of course, crucially, directly behind you, um, I know she's incredibly important to you. Emma, injury to Emily was particularly cruel, wasn't it? And the nature of it as well, very innocuous. Yeah, it was. And I know that's really sort of made her a little bit upset. And obviously the girl's upset, but I think Steph came in and did a fantastic job. So fair play to Steph. Well, as we keep reminding uh, Steph at the end of the day, Emily's conceded two. She's conceded well, one. That is yeah, what I said a, to her in There's the a new member of the goalkeepers' union. <laughs> she's in the GK union now. <laughs> we won't hear it. Steph loves to chat about her... Uh, glory time so we won't hear we'll hear about this for the next uh, two years I reckon we talked about the bigger picture Alice I won't keep you much longer but we talked about the bigger picture today I mean it's not hard to look for the silver linings on a day like today is there you know 400 fans that have come to watch a game of football today and there's no double header going on they've all come out of their you know all come from their home state to watch this football to watch you guys more importantly if ever you wanted to look for things like growth um, you've only got to look at that really yeah. to say it's a, it's a much bigger story that's unfolding special, right? that's the special thing I've had like young girls come up today who wanted to come today and I think I played at the county grounds numerous times before and it was just our friends and family that came up but today in the last time it was young girls and their parents wanting to see women's football and that's what it's all about to inspire the next generation so even though the result didn't go our way hopefully inspiring them so all attention now turns to the league and the plate um between now and the end of the season does you know is there, is there any anything you want to anyone that's listening is there anything you want to tell them or is there anything you'd want to leave us with as your kind of closing gambit for the day no but we're coming for anyone <laughs> <laughs> that'll do us thanks alice take good care Oh, well, there you are then, Joe, Ellis, Ash. I think that's, uh, I can't think of a better way to finish than uh, speaking to the captain, our chosen man of the match. Um, the sponsors, man, of the match. How about that? Yeah, the, uh, who's the unofficial us, official someone, sponsors. Yeah, someone's going to send us the invoice for that. Now I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> but, um, right, well, we're going we're gonna to start wrapping things up because I'm already starting to dream of, of, of pizza and, and, and lovely food. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, again, I, I, I don't mean to sound like a parrot here, just repeating myself, but, yeah, Plymouth, you know, obviously Plymouth ultimately were, you know, were worth their win. I don't think there can be too many complaints about that. But I think if you're growing a, you know, Swindon Town Women's Football Club um, and you've turned up at the county ground today and you've seen the best part of 400 people turn out to come and watch it, um, nice atmosphere around the ground. Um, I'm sure the, you know, the tills have been ringing. The girls haven't disgraced themselves out on the pitch. There wasn't that much between them and a team in a tier above that, yeah. Are big enough and resourced enough that they can attract 2,000 supporters to their home games. I think you know you've got to look at that and say actually it's progress, right? Yeah, absolutely. As um, as, as Alice sort of ended on in her post-match, um, you know, 
we're building we're building from the start here this is the the very beginning we're at the start of the race we're here to inspire the next generation of stsc women's players and fans um you know it's it's a starting point making the second round of the fa cup is no disgrace um obviously qualification through the first round it, it's a good starting point and the only way is up i guess all right well um some interesting news for you um Harry Parsons is just notched for Chippenham, Joe. So you uh, they were three 0 down, weren't they? Yeah, well he's just notched. So congrats, Harry Parsons. Well, listen, we're pitch side at the county ground. We have been with you for what feels like an eternity, um, and uh, it, it just goes for. A, I mean, we'll just close things off by saying, as we stroll onto this beautiful green pitch, that uh, the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge is an independent um, Swindon Town Twitter space. So obviously, our views do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or Sir Tom Broadbent. It's been our pleasure to be with you today. Uh, from what feels like a, a, an absolute lifetime ago. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, it's been our absolute pleasure. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Um, it should have another very, very, very busy show. Um, hopefully, um, special guests, etc., all lined up um, and um, plenty to reflect on um, with Town returning to action uh, against Crawley on Saturday. We'll, we'll send everyone all of our very, very best. Thanks for joining all those of you who listened in. It's been our pleasure. Um, we will catch up with you all very soon.